Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to part three of a five-part podcast. The other parts are available in your podcast feed right now. Time codes are in the description of this episode down below for when each film is discussed and when we are joined by each of our special guests. Enjoy. We got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie 2. But this time it's Scooby 2. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popture snack. So, I've got a fun anecdote. Oh, not, I hope it's I don't, J- Japanese related. <laughs> I don't want people to think I've forgotten about the other storylines we've set up and then mysteriously mm. vanished from. I'm still thinking about getting an eye exam. The whole I can't see without my glasses thing. That's mm-hmm. still... Um, oh, I can't I actually can't remember the other storylines. Uh, you had COVID. Oh, I didn't, but we resolved that. So, okay, good. Um, uh, I sweet. also... I Every time I watch one of these movies and they're referred to as meddling uh, in some way, I mm. think... I, I feel like I kind of put it to bed, but I was going to give like a meddling update in every film. I probably still could or should, but... The word meddling has been used in pretty much every film, but very infrequently is it meddling kids, it's meddling something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, now that we've got our admin done... Oh, no, sorry, you still had your anecdote. (laughs) I I had an anecdote. I um, was uh, scrolling through Hinge today, which is the the dating app where the way you... Scrounging around looking for ass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the dating app with a way that you connect with someone is you have to reply to something they've put in their yeah. profile and if they like what you've said they'll they'll allow you to continue the conversation so, so yeah i i've I, i've never been on hinge but i'm so hypothetically if you're a hot girl you just have like dozens and dozens mm, of I me- replies to your little the worst the worst things. replies you've ever read in your life as well yeah right i i will say i will say though that hinge tends to be um it, it tends to to at least in in christchurch it tends to represent like the fringes of society right <laughs> um, I, anyway i feel like that's where the worst people are though well <laughs> that, yeah that's that's probably true but from a from a um you're not you're like if if Tinder is Hollywood and mm. Bumble is like indie film, mm. uh, Hinge is like uh, outsider a art. Serbian film or Martyrs. No, not that bad. <laughs> just, just yeah. Anyway, Hinge is um, like a student. Hinge is one dollar genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, I fa- there was a girl on Hinge who's you can include little voice messages as one of your oh, yes. things which is very funny and i always love to to listen to them because it's like such a such a strange peek into someone else's yeah, yeah. life um but this hinge this hinge quote said um it was like you can't convince me that 
And mm. it was like, you can't convince me that Scooby-Doo Spooky Island is not a cinematic masterpiece. And then further down her list, it was like something, something else about Scooby-Doo Spooky mm. Island. And I responded to this, Richard, <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a nerdy male film buff on the internet. And I said, are you referring to scooby-doo zombie island or are you for referring to the scooby-doo movie where he goes to spooky island and she replied we matched and she said scooby-doo spooky island 100 percent." and i said it's not called that and she was like what it's not called spooky island i was like no it's just called scooby-doo and she said oh my god i've gaslit myself mm-hmm. and then i didn't reply because she's probably too young for me and i don't know why and even put her on my radar How old but i she? wanted How old are we talking AJ? 22 she's 22 oh, yeah. i i wanted to be like this i can mind this for content for the podcast normally i like to think i'm a little more self-aware than to correct women on dating apps i don't know yeah, but if they're I'm wrong gonna... it's like <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so funny that you mentioned that because yesterday i was having a discussion with people at work about the scooby-doo films and talking about how i've been watching them and and someone said scooby-doo spooky island is my favorite wow and i've, I've never heard anyone call it that i didn't know that there was maybe it was, it was up the for same debate. girl how old was how old was your workmate 22 oh my god is her name Bleep! it is and last name <gasps> and she's from christchurch well i think this woman was in christchurch so yes so was my workmate oh it could very well be the same person anywho we're here to talk about scooby-doo and the samurai sword the same way we've been here for the last about a dozen hours i don't know and <laughs> um what is scooby-doo and the samurai sword directed by christopher berkeley no ron tomato score as uh, expected but as what is this? tradition what is this about this one is about the gang go to japan and i know what you're thinking ah oh, They've, they've been hired to go to a mystery. No, they're just on holiday. Um, we're back. We're back into the globe. We thought we were out with um, the Goblin King, but we're back in with the Samurai Sword to their globetrotting adventures. Though I do think it is a combination of globetrotting and the whatever genre Goblin King mm. is, but we'll get to that soon. Um, there they meet um, a contact of theirs who's going to have, have fun in Japan with them. Um, and the whole thing is that like Daphne is is really good at martial arts, so mm. she's going to practice martial arts at this like real high up martial arts school in Japan. Uh, and they get there, and meanwhile, a ancient Japanese samurai sword is stolen from a museum, and it unleashes this undead samurai upon Japan. Uh, and Shaggy and Scooby find that they need to go and awaken the green dragon to become samurai themselves. Um, and that is the only way that they can then get the spirit of the green dragon to enter their samurai sword and they can defeat the evil samurai. And I guess I can bring this up now. I thought it would be, I would have, I wouldn't have teased it if I knew I'd be immediately talking about it, <laughs> but and, and the monsters are real in mm. this one. So it is a combination of the the monsters are real genre and the globetrotting genre um, there is like a couple of twists and turns i believe there are meddling kids to speak of Ooh. um but the that's that's basically it there's a dragon in it it's got a pretty interesting voice cast um and 
let, let's talk about that. I, we, we st- I started this movie and I was like, oh God, they're in Japan. Who are all, it's, it's going to be like, and Tom Kenny as the samurai or some yeah, shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> and then, then the voice cast came up at the end and it looks and I as couldn't if, pronounce any of their names. <laughs> it looks as if like all the Japanese characters were played by Japanese voice actors. There's the dragon is not played by a Japanese voice actor, mm. but is not voicing, is not doing a no, Japanese it's, accent. It's played by Brian Cox. Brian Cox, yeah, there you go. So uh, you've got Brian Cox, you've got George Takai has a brief appearance like in it. Like two lines there right at the end. Yeah, um, as the, the spirit behind the evil samurai. Yes, yeah, so, you know, this came out in 2009 and it has the good sense to cast, like, the, you know, the characters as the, the race of the actors they are, hmm. which is something that has only really just become, a, you know, ethical an ethical standard that a lot of cartoons yeah. aim to reach. That's not to say not that Scooby-Doo as a series, as a franchise, is wiped of any cultural appropriation or racism, because I'm st- sure it, it still shows up, and I'm sure this wasn't, um, you know, I don't know how much Japanese influence was on the storytelling here, mm. but they got actors who are of the country they are shining a light on, so good, good on them. <laughs> Well, thank God for that. So this is Casey, speaking of voice, voice cast, this is Casey Kasem's last performance as Shaggy oh. before he retired in 2010 and then passed away in 2014. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this is also the last film to use the animation style from What's New Scooby-Doo. And oh, so this, is, so this is the last What's New Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Basically. Um, yeah, it's uh, the 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 animation. I've started watching the some spoilers. The next one is a live action one. The one after that is animated again. I have started watching that, and the animation style does change slightly. Uh, and I believe this is also our last uh, animated film in SD. Go on widescreen after this, baby. Oh, thank God! Thank <laughs> God! <laughs> so, I by SD, I thought you meant Scooby Doo, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going into Hooby Doo. Yes. So I've come away from a few of these recording sessions. Uh, peek behind mm-hmm. the curtain. This hasn't been one long recording session, yeah. and I've thought, you know, I think I'm not putting my best self on this podcast. There's been a few Aww. segments where we've talked about how you know this is a, a, a inferior sequel to Barbie, and I was thinking about what I could do to sort of spice up or just get better sort of content into this. Mm podcast and so what i what i've decided i'm going to do because i think yeah. in, in, a, in a way i've been kind of a bad podcasty boy which no. is which is a little behind the scenes term that we've thrown around for years uh when one of us does something wrong uh aj you'll be looking at the edit and you'll say you know i think i was a bad podcasty boy here because i you know hit the mic or i sneezed into the mic or whatever but something that a lot of guests do when they come on their show but something that i haven't done for since maybe shrek if that um Mm. is i took handwritten notes during the film and i'm gonna start doing that for the rest of the films I should, I do want to say to those who are like, how do you not take notes way back when, well, first of all, there are notes. They're just not as not while watching the film. And the way, the way I sort of have adapted to film franchise fortnights over the years is that whatever I don't remember 
is fine it's because we will enough, yeah. We, we, yeah we'll be saying so much as we go through the episode that if i said everything i thought while watching said movie it'd be too much so i sort of let myself relinquish that amount of work but that's a good i've written a couple of notes during the scooby-doo <laughs> so like, um i'm like yeah like talking about this journey of self-discovery i've gone on to take notes now and you're like yeah i actually think it's kind of stupid it makes the podcast worse when i take notes <laughs> but also i've also done it <laughs> so um uh, let's just have a look because there are like important talking points in here that uh you know important to things were brought up before but this is a uh, it's a wooden notebook uh with wow. a dungeons and dragons honor among thieves logo on it which was gifted to me by paramount pictures and uh ah. thought, so this is now going to be we're my, such my bigger Scooby-Doo. boys than we were I when know. we did the barbie episode i know right um you've you're, you're a crew member on letterboxd i've got a crew badge on letterboxd who would have thought who yeah. would have thunk that yeah. this would be where we are not this guy so one thing that uh i is interesting and adds to the uh, discussion we've had earlier and so does the next film actually is that they arrive in japan they're at uh, shibuya station which i've been to and does it look like how it looks in the it movie it actually does yes wow yeah. that's so interesting um and yeah, my, my the next my next note as well ties into that but they they're looking around they're hungry and they look around and there's a scooby snacks vending machine and mm. it's the the same yes. box of scooby snacks we've seen before but obviously the logo in in japanese and yeah. this is a fascinating addition to the lore of scooby snacks that's something we've gone on about my theory that it was like a tie-in product made for the mystery gang and mm. then you know the, the scooby-doo and and the gang have just boxes and boxes of unsold product because who wants a cookie that has dog biscuits in it isn't 100 percent for dogs isn't 100 percent for humans i kind of think that you know this could potentially fit in that universe that you know that they, they they're, yeah. they're huge in japan it's like huge it's like in spam in hawaii yeah. or something like that these these things that people i mean i, I guess spam's not something that's like discontinued elsewhere but i i'm gonna add this to my head canon until proven otherwise that it was a tie-in product that took off in japan and and but, that's how they fund that's why none of them have fucking jobs yeah they all they all went in together on these horrible snacks mm. that only went off in Japan, and that's how they fund their mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> the um, then also at Shibuya Station, they um, they visit they, they see the statue of uh, Hachiko, the dog that waited for its owner, which you know very similar to the Jurassic Park episode of of Futurama. But yeah, I've I've seen that statue, and that's oh, uh, real as well. Yeah, so that's, that's a real statue. I've got a photo with that statue. And Scooby wishes that he one day will have a statue. He does at the end. That's his character arc. And as far and as I could tell... he says, Scooby Dooby Doo to celebrate. And that's <laughs> the end of the film. As far as I could tell, there isn't like a real life statue of Scooby-Doo right. somewhere. That would be a hell of a tie-in gimmick for a straight-to-video Well, it's just, just one of these things that, like, I, I was wondering if, you know, because there's statues of Godzilla in Japan as well. There's a statue of Chris Cornell at the uh, Seattle 
Um, right. Uh, well, I guess the question is, but it's is, like, yeah, is, is there anywhere in the world that's tied enough to Scooby-Doo that they would put a statue of him? Yeah. Is Scooby-Doo big in Japan? I'm going to guess, despite hmm. him being a cute animal, I reckon he's probably not big in Japan because mm. this is the first Japanese movie we've seen. You'd think if he was big in Japan, there would be a Scooby-Doo anime by now, you know, mm. like there would be mm. like, I reckon Scooby-Doo has no presence in Japan. Yeah, I wasn't specifically saying, is there a Scooby-Doo statue in Japan? Just, is there a Scooby-Doo statue anywhere in the world? And I couldn't find evidence of one. When you Google Scooby-Doo statue, it just, you know, shows you like little figurines. I'm going to Google, is Scooby-Doo big in Japan? Mm. And while you do that, it's, um, I'm interested in... The, the films are starting to get a little bit more meta. Have you noticed that? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's been that way for a wee while. It's been yeah. that way for a wee while. Uh, the two films from now is is quite noticeable. But there's a moment in this one where they all say their catchphrases. So it's like, Scooby-Doo-Doo, Zoinks, Jinkies. And Fred says, I still don't have a catchphrase. And mm. what, do you, what did you think of that? Apparently he... he later on says hold the phone becomes his his catchphrase a little bit i thought his catchphrase was well gang it looks like we've got another mystery on our hands but that's kind of interchangeable between he and velma i think Mm. and he also says uh let's all right okay let's get split up in search of clues i feel like that's the most iconic he has heaps of iconic catchphrases Mm. i feel like tv shows when they start drawing attention to their catchphrases there's always like some part of it that feels a bit insincere like they're looking they're navel gazing too much mm. and it can either be something like this where it's like oh and fred doesn't have a catchphrase when he ac- absolutely does like what's what's daphne's catchphrase help <laughs> i would sooner say fred has a catchphrase than daphne mm. so you got zoinks for shaggy scooby dooby doo for scooby mm. jinkies for velma all right gang let's split up and search for clues from fred what does Daphne ever say? I don't know. I feel like that's that's way more of a... What does she say in the movie when everyone says their catchphrase? Well, it says, according to Scooby-Doo Wiki, it says mm-hmm. when Shaggy, Scooby, Daphne and Velma each say their catchphrase. In my notes, I've just written down that he says it in response to Zoinks and Jinkies. So I think maybe Daphne doesn't actually say one. Right. I'm going to look up. What is Daphne Blake's catchphrase? um daphne getting into no um that's her danger prone daphne is stuck again is what the wiki says but i don't think that's her catchphrase (laughs) uh yeah i feel like she doesn't maybe like look maybe we need to go back and and reflect and maybe we'll find that she does have a catchphrase because this is a crazy way to try and do this (laughs) 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 on air try and figure it out She's got like a, a whole section on her Wikipedia page on her, sorry, her Scooby-Doo fandom page. Uh, maybe I'll check that out. Um, I have got answers. Re is Scooby-Doo big in Japan? Oh yes. Thank you. So someone uh, posted on, on our Scooby-Doo uh, four years ago. Scooby-Doo is a pop culture icon in the West, but does anyone know how much success Scooby-Doo and other Hanna-Barbera productions have enjoyed in Asian territories, specifically Japan? Was the series a hit in there or more of a niche thing? Um, the top reply, a quick Google search tells me that most people in Japan haven't seen or heard of Scooby-Doo before. Um, wow. When you Google is Scooby-Doo in Japan, there is also a TV parrot analytics article uh, that says... Um, 
Parrot Analytics has found that the audience demand for Scooby-Doo Where Are You, the TV series, is less than one-tenth of the demand of the average TV series in Japan in the last 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, 64.1% of all shows in this market have this level of demand. So I guess Scooby, Sco- Scooby-Doo... Oh, wait, here we go. Resetera has an article called... And so the names of Scooby-Doo's char- the characters in Japanese. You ready for this? Okay, yep. So in Japanese, Scooby-Doo is called, <laughs> is this true? Uh, Klooper. <laughs> Shaggy is Boropin. Fred is Handsome. Daphne is Jenny. And Velma is Megako, which literally means glasses girl. <laughs> uh, apparently these are the names of the Scooby-Doo characters in Japanese. Wow. Makes I'm watching... Think- the Japanese, I'm going to put this in, the, the Japanese Where Are You theme song. This is insane. I mean, like, it, I guess it's interesting to look at this and they, they've done a Japanese movie mm. and, like, there's no, there's no, like... Like, who's a who's a character who's massive in Japanese? It's a Crash Pokemon. Bandicoot, right? Crash, okay. Crash Bandicoot is, is an American property with a massive Japanese um, influence and because of that, so much of the, like, the culture that Japanese has put upon crash bandicoot seeps into actual crash bandicoot productions like the funky bandicoot dance was from Mm. japan you know and there's nothing like that in scooby-doo there's no there's no point where they like they they make reference to scooby-doo being big in japan that's so interesting maybe we're completely wrong if you're japanese and listening to this please let us know how big haven't found the podcast because they would have That's seen Scooby-Doo and they're like, thinking. I don't know what that is. Um, I'll just skip That's this. That's just what I was thinking. So now I'm going to Google, is Barbie big in Japan? Japan is now a thriving bu- market for Lika-chan, as Barbie is known in the market. So we might be missing a massive contingent of our audience mm. th- as a sequel to this to the Barbie episode because Barbie has a massive Japanese influence. Shall I go to Acast and see what our <laughs> Japanese audience looks like? Is that is this interesting? Yeah. This will be a good amount of dead air for for the denoiser to be able to pick up my um mm. my air conditioner playing in the background. Okay, let's see. Insights. Okay, we've got an audience tab. Let's look at listeners by group, by gender. No, I want listeners by location. There we go. Okay, location. This is not specific to um um let's see, Japan. Japan oh my god. Well, it probably won't matter. I'll say that much. (laughs) I don't know if we're losing a big contingent out of our audience. According to our downloads in the last 30 days, only 14 downloads have come from Japan. Wow. Um, Which, you know, I don't want to reveal all our... um, You know, how much we... How many... But uh, that's that's one of our biggest... uh... (laughs) Okay. Uh, there is we have had no listeners to barbie from japan wow well we don't need to leave this um, (laughs) something happened in this film that 
perked my attention. Has Fred ever offered a Scooby snack before? Um, like, was that? Did that just jump out at me randomly, or is that actually an uncommon thing? Does he give him one in this one? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I it does. I did because because in in the next film, mm. Shaggy offers one to Scooby. Yeah. And and that that got me thinking the same thing. That is it only ever the ladies who are offering mm. the Scooby snacks. Yeah. No, good question. It's does is this peeling back the curtain for peeling back the curtain, peeling <laughs> back the layers of Fred Jones as a character even more as we discover that like he's really not about the whole Scooby Snack thing. It kind of makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, that Shaggy's eating dog food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to encourage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. f- for a few movies as well, um, we've been seeing this like mix of. There's actually some really cool animation in this film. I will say as well. There's mm. a chase scene that um plays with color really well um yeah right and um but yeah there's we've been seeing this like the 2d 3d animation and it's still like it's at the stage now where it's it, like in, in this film i mean where it's not 100 percent perfect do you know what i'm talking about like you know when it's a 2d animated movie but there'll be a 3d yeah. object in it it's quite often yeah, yeah. like a car or some kind of object that's yeah yeah you know moving the Loch Ness monster and the Loch Ness monster movie was yeah 3D. i um i notice it in in family guy a lot like that was where i first discovered it and right. was like why does this look slightly different and now like when when watching family guy Stands out quite a bit, but yeah, it's this. It's a technique. So essentially, you know, if you're it's you're how doing Big digital, Planet Express and Futurama yeah, moves. As yeah, well. you're doing digital animation, uh, 2D animation, and you can create a 3D model that you know is painted with block colors and has 2D outlines. But then, you know, you could rotate that quite easily in a computer mm. in a 3D space rather than having to figure out what each frame from each angle looks like and yeah i know it's it's i I, sometimes i find it quite egregious sometimes i don't and yeah yeah and and scooby-doo i'm i'm finding it quite egregious okay yeah do you want to stop watching them (laughs) yeah 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 what what is 3d in this one is it the dragon yeah there there was there was just a few things that i noticed and and like because quite often as well it's it's knowing what it is and why it's used it's really interesting to see how it's used and they're like oh yeah like i guess you know like a door opening or something like that and it's like oh yeah i guess it would be like you know thinking about what each frame Mm. of that door opening would look like that it would be Mm. much easier to do just that oh nice right gear yeah 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 yeah. well i mean do you like do you think it's gotten better since it first started showing up in scooby-doo i think so I, i think you know maybe as we get to the some of the more recent films as well it might be more or less seamless but it might be great yeah might be the best thing we've ever seen yeah i mean the only now way... that we're done with these pitiful sd versions of scooby <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean if this is what they're they're doing with uh sd i hate to see their hd but <laughs> um the, just a, c- a couple of last little notes as we move on is that one that uh, brian cox does such a good performance in this mm-hmm. uh, I, as the green dragon i thought he was so good like yeah, yeah. yeah it is you one of the one of the best guest performances we've had i've written down that so he put too, his yeah. whole coxsy into it very funny i think as well um 
I like that this presumably adds to the permanent canon that technically Shaggy and Scooby are like these immortal samurai going mm, forward because yeah, yeah. they, they pass the test yeah. and become the samurai. So like, is that going to be like just something that's going to lay dormant in the background for mm. the rest of the year? It is interesting like as well that because there's the sequence here where they have to go through the, it, it's like a, um, elemental sort of things they go through like a water gate and a fire gate and a water gate yeah 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 they Uh go through a whole water gate scandal but they yeah so they have to go through all these different gates to pass the test and i was like this could have been your whole movie it's like it's a very quick montage (laughs) yeah yeah but it's you know if we're looking at more of the template of goblin king which is just you put the rest of the gang out of action and Scooby and Shaggy have to rise to the occasion that it's like, yeah, this whole quest of going through gates and becoming samurai instead. It's, it's a very quick montage, the last 15 minutes of the film. But yeah, it's like, there's a, there's a whole movie worth of content in there. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, I'm getting pretty over and have been for a number of years using elements as a plot device, mm. um, you know, for fire, water, air, earth. But I did come up with something similar today, actually. I was talking to my flatmates about including Pickle Darling, who we <gasps> were speaking to not but a few hours ago, uh, where I, I put forward the notion that um, perhaps if if the next like new fantasy world instead of like basing all the the locations on a different element what if they're based on a different um taste like of the, the oh, taste yeah. buds like what does the sour village look like mm, what does the 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 salty plains or the, the spicy forest look like mm. you know i and feel like I'm you would gonna... just use that as an excuse to be like all oh, the spicy forest that's just the fire one that's just the fire one, but not all of them have a direct analogy to, like, an element. Like, like I guess salt would be an ocean. I would mm, think. Yeah. I think sweet would be yeah. like a um cotton candy. No, nah, I the clouds I, would yeah, be cotton sw- candy. Su- sweet would be like Candyland, mm. and um, we decided sour would be like the carnival world. Interesting. Like a spooky carnival. Okay, yeah, and right. and and bitter is like an arid desert. Yeah, coffee. It made out of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like the Candyland board game, but for every flavor. Let's workshop <laughs> that. Let this is my continue the franchise. Just you, you, the only way I could get it off the ground is to make it a Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, as the I want to make the last thing we say on Scooby Doo and the Samurai uh, Sword is I actually I wrote down shaggy's last line in the film and therefore mm-hmm. casey Kasem's last line oh, yeah. as shaggy and i was i was you know thinking maybe Either? It's, yeah that wow. maybe it's only i'm like as far as i'm aware he you know he retired after this movie and this is his last performance as his character but you know that he might have done it on a radio show or something like that or for his grandkids i don't know but his last line in the film and i was hoping this would have some sort of you know robin williams in night of the museum three-esque sort of thing so let me set the scene for you they are standing at the new statue that has been unveiled of of scooby-doo and they're all having fun they're all laughing scooby-doo loves his statue and shaggy says this like we might just have to leave Scooby here and take the statue home. And with that, let's move on. We got a mystery to solve. The mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie too. But this time it's Scooby too. 
good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcha snack. Wow, powerful stuff. Anyway, AJ, we're now talking, we're back in the realm of live action. Scooby-Doo, the mystery begins. We finally mm. find out how the mystery began. We've been, we've been clamoring for an origin story for I don't know how many films now. And we finally <laughs> get one. And, you know, obviously it's not just an origin story. There's there's more to the plot than that. So, AJ, could you please tell me what that plot is? Yeah, sure. So this, for if, if we mentioned, this is the first live-action Scooby-Doo film since Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters mm-hmm. Unleashed. Uh, it, this Nowhere near the same budget or star power, but basically uh, we meet each of the individual mystery gang in high school um, and then uh, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo meet up uh, and they they are sort of a breakfast clubian gang of mm. riffraff who, who are forced to know each other through um, a communal detention that they get. Uh, but they, their, their friendship is thickened when uh, the, some ghosts start appearing in the school um, and they are, because you know no one believes in ghosts, the mystery gang themselves are blamed for the, this sort of prank um, and they so they're forced to work together to try and clear their name um, and prove that they didn't do it. The red herring of the film is the is Vice Principal Grimes, who you're led to believe is the man in the mask who seems to be commanding the ghosts. But uh, with anyone with any semblance of understanding mm. of story structure will be able to point out well before the movie's end that the real villain is actually pr- the principal Capitalism. who was the the <laughs> is it oh yeah because he wants to he's he's collecting stamps mm. and the whole thing the MacGuffin of the film is a time capsule um and i'll say it richard probably one of the weirdest and most straight to video-esque things mm. like qualities of this film is that the whole thing is like ghosts aren't real there's someone human at the center of this but then well early in the film they can see that like well no no Two of them are real ghosts, but yeah, we've yeah. got to find out who the the obvious the person who's clearly dressing up is. And I was, it's just so silly because it's like, no, you can pick one or the other. Either the ghosts are real or they're not real. It's yeah. very funny for them. They, they don't seem to care at all that ghosts are real. They're more interested in working out who's controlling the ghost, yeah. which I would think would be much less interesting <laughs> in real life. Yeah, it is. Um, as well, the whole the villain's whole plan about like, oh, I'm going to create all these ghosts because Coolsville was washed away by a dam and they just mm. built another town on top of it. So underneath the school, there's the old school and inside there is a time capsule with this rare misprinted stamp that he can collect and Mm. it's like you could have just gone down there and got it you don't need to do all this yeah yeah richard so much to talk about with scooby-doo the mystery begin the mystery begins is that what it's called yes it is it was originally called scooby-doo in the beginning apparently oh i don't i don't like that uh but i or what else i don't like uh is this movie richard i reckon 
Yeah. This is one of the worst ones we've seen so far. Uh, it absolutely is. I'm putting this. I'm putting this last <laughs> in my in my ranking. I've I've placed it only above the the like incessant boredom that was Reluctant Werewolf and a few yeah, of the other sure. uh, first ones we watch. This this sucks. This feels like now now these movies are speaking my particular language of bad movie. Um, yeah, you right. know, like I was kind of lost in the middle of all these like on par animated films, but this. This is like, oh, thank God we've been given something to talk about uh, this deep into the podcast. And I was I was looking forward to this one, and it is nice to have the animated ones broken up by these. And we've got a few more live-action ones mm-hmm. to go, but there are so many things to talk about with this one and why it's so bad. Where would you like to begin? What did you think of the casting? I thought the casting, Richard, was bad. I thought that, so, okay... First of all, um, and what Friends is like maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and maybe the only piece of like stardom this movie has, uh, Robbie Amell plays Fred, who who's the brother of Stephen Amell, who's uh, cousin, more famous, but cousin, um, uh, and not only has he got the like the movie version of fred's personality that is almost wholly absent from mm. the TV series, but he's yeah, as you say, he's also got dark hair, uh. And isn't wearing Fred's costume. Yeah. He is so far removed from the character that he's supposed to be portraying. It's insane. Why didn't it you just really give him blonde like hair? You were leading to something else there. Well, I guess. How I guess far my... removed is he? <laughs> I reckon. Here's my theory. This movie did not pay enough for Robbie Amell to bleach his hair. Yeah, probably. That's the only thing I can think of why you wouldn't make him blonde. Yeah, according to IMDb and Scoobypedia. Uh, it, apparently him being brunette is a reference to a deleted scene from scooby-doo 2002 where it's revealed that he dies as bullshit that's someone trying to like make yeah. an excuse yeah um one thing that's really funny about this though is so yeah you have all these like weird versions of the characters and we'll get to shaggy in a second but the frank welker voices scooby-doo and mm. So the characters look bad. Their acting is mm. bad. Mm. Uh, Sh- uh, Scooby looks like shit. <laughs> like uh, such so let me, bad let me, animation. So- but he sounds amazing. He just sounds like Scooby Doo. Right. It's like yeah, you hear it and you go, yeah, "That yeah, is yeah, yeah. the voice yeah. of Scooby Doo." Everything sure. else around him is wrong. Scooby, you need to look up if you're listening to this and you have access to the internet. You need to look up what does Scooby Doo look like because in in this movie specifically, because in the original and the original live action films, he's this like I don't want to say photorealistic, but they've kind of married photorealism with well, yeah, cartoon. it's as good as they could do in 2002. Yeah, whereas this is just a 3D render of the cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it is very scary looking. There's a bit where he sees ghosts come out of a grave and he augers his eyes and i had to take a photo of it because it is really really creepy looking um so and and like also he's used so sparingly in this movie it is well he would have been expensive expensive as fuck for this movie of course and this is such a cheap movie and they don't think about that when they green light it and then they Mm. go oh fuck with the 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 hero character the titular character has to be in this Mm. and so there are things like they will be taught he'll he'll say something looking up towards the gang and then the shot will be them looking down talking off screen so you won't actually Mm. see 
Scooby-Doo in the shot. And for the whole, like, climax, he's been kidnapped, so he's not involved mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. It's so cheap and so clear. Um, I don't have too many issues with the Velma and Daphne casting. It's maybe of note that uh, Velma is being played by an Asian woman, uh, which is kind of interesting. And they, because I, like, Velma's changed race a few times in modern yeah. I, I also want to point times. out that this was, this intrigued me when I was watching it, but um, the ages of the actors at the time, Daphne was 17, Velma was 18, and Fred and Shaggy were 21. That is interesting. Because they, they seem a lot older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The woman playing um, Daphne in the 340p version of this film that I had to watch mm. uh, looked enough like Bryce Dallas Howard yep. for me for me to be like, Bryce Dallas Howard would make a good Daphne. Yeah. No. Like a really good Daphne mm. in, like a, in, a, in a modern live action one if they ever do that yeah um yeah so so no not too much to say about them but let's talk let's about talk about norval norval bloody rogers norval bloody rogers <laughs> shaggy bloody rogers so he's played in this film by a guy called nick pilatus mm. and what, what a role to land what did you think of his portrayal I mean, I can only directly compare him to Matthew Lillard, maybe one of the most perfectly cast actors in a thing ever, right? Uh, And while Matthew Lillard's Shaggy felt soft and natural, it felt like that's just maybe what Matthew Lillard sounds like. And to be honest, he kind of does sound like that a little bit i think in real life you know matthew like lillard he's only yeah. matthew lillard does whereas this dude what's his name again nick pilatus nick pilatus is shoving a voice he is he is doing an impersonation and it's it's a it's it's an exhausting impersonation because everything he says sounds like this this is my impression okay. of this guy doing shaggy like scoob we gotta go solve this mystery (laughs) like it's so forced and so nasally and it's so grating but the thing that got me about it is so just then you were straining yourself you were visibly straining to do that voice he doesn't at all throughout the movie and it's not because it's an effortless performance for him and this is a theory i have and it's borderline impossible to verify because the behind the scenes for films like this aren't documented very well especially if there's something mm. that they would probably want to keep secret i think his entire performance is adr do you reckon it's not even him no, not necessarily that's not him i think that every single line he he does in this film was recorded later i wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't mastered the voice by yeah. the time they started filming. Because the thing you're shackled with when playing Shaggy, compared to the shackled rest of the mystery with, gang, if you will. shackled with, none of them, except maybe Velma, which even that changes movie to movie, none of them really have a distinctive voice. Mm. I would say, like, Frank Welker's Fred is distinctive, but that's only because he's played the character the so much. Time, and, yeah. and they seem to be perfectly happy to just not have Freddie Prince Jr. or Robbie Amell even attempt. It's it's just yeah. a normal guy's voice, yeah, whereas yeah, Shaggy's yeah. got the cartoon voice, right? And so so the woman playing Velma does do a, a little bit of the jinkies kind of <laughs> Can I voice. get a little bit of the... <laughs> <laughs> jinkies? Can I get a jinkies? A zoinks! Zoinks! 
Um, (laughs) She's doing a little bit of that, but that's also not a very hard voice to do. So I reckon like they probably started filming and they were just like, we're not putting this expectation on any of the other actors in this movie. So just do your normal voice. Just don't feel bad if you can't do it. Yeah. 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 And then afterwards they're like, Nah, we, this doesn't feel like Scooby Doo at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that—that's genuinely what I think happened. And then he had to go back through every scene and and ADR it. But mm. he, yeah, it's watching this movie was one of those times where I was like, I'm actually a better actor than these people. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and 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 also just thinking about like, yeah, I could make a better film than this. Like, mm. I'm a mm. better director than comedy horror. Sorry, that's it does genre. have a director. Uh, Brian Levant. <laughs> hey, what else has he done? That name did sound kind of familiar. Uh, he made... Oh, interesting. He did... Um... Oh, he wrote Beethoven's Big Break. Aha! <laughs> uh, a movie he, he... we loved, comparatively. Oh, he directed Beethoven as well. Oh, wow. Um, he directed... Well, he must be into dogs then. The Flintstones, uh, Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas, Jingle All the Way. Are we there wow. yet? So, so we've absolutely encountered this dude before. Yeah. Wow, interesting. What, what does this have a Rotten Tomato score by any chance? Uh, it does not. It has 49% um, uh, with mm. audiences, though. Mm. God, just just miserable. Just a miser- miserable time with a story I was so either like confused by mm. or not interested in. Like At the start, I was like, maybe the ghosts aren't real, and then they possessed some football mannequins and i was like okay so i guess the ghosts are real which draws to it like brings up another interesting point is this supposed to be a prequel to the live action movies specifically or just a scooby-doo prequel there's a funny that happens it, um, to be live action. it says on uh imdb trivia a lot of assumption is led to believe that this is a prequel to the live action scooby-doo theatrical movie from th- 2002 well i don't think it is because monsters aren't real in that one and um, and maybe this would be a good segue into what I know you you want to talk about. The treatment of Scooby Snacks yes. is very different in both films. In the live action one, they are this this name brand that you can buy and um, Shaggy sh- shares them with uh, Mary Jane, played by um, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher on the plane and she mentions that she loves them even though they're supposed to be dog food she says they're vegetarian um so vegetarian dog food is what that movie told us Scooby Snacks were and I think also implies that Scooby was named after the snacks because you're not going to meet someone who loves Scooby Snacks who you want to impress and you're not just going to not say oh I'm one fifth of the creative team behind Scooby Snacks (laughs) yeah yeah but and so so tell us in 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 scooby-doo the mystery begins what's the deal with scooby snacks so shaggy has them over to his house because he's a fucking dropkick and his parents don't give a shit about him and so he's able to just hang out in the basement um with them and he has them over and he says here's some snacks and they're just like in a in a tupperware container and he yeah they, they say oh these these are all right what are these and he explains that it's just a little something he made up and they don't have a name but uh mm. yeah he, he lists the ingredients of them he which lists are the ingredients which are you know flour sugar yada yada and ends it with and a little dog uh biscuit or kibble thrown in for, for texture mm. and the fred and val uh, daphne spit it out and mm. yeah 
Interesting. And despite not preferring this to the original live action film, I do enjoy the Scooby Snack origin more because what it tells us, Richard, is that there is this, the, yeah, there's this untold story that's happened somewhere outside of the Scooby Doo lore where this group of people sold these snacks and they got big enough and i reckon you're right i reckon that they got big in japan and i reckon that's how they fund that's the working theory that's how they can be on holiday all the time and just Mm. happen to run on all these mysteries yeah yeah was there anything you enjoyed about the film um i I have two things there was two (laughs) back-to-back gags that i enjoyed Um, tell me them. so one so scooby how Scooby and Shaggy meets is he sees the ghosts rise up and he awoogers himself, like you mentioned. But then he he's running just away from the thing and he runs through a fence, which leaves a, a Scooby-Doo cartoon-shaped cutout. That's a gag mm-hmm. used in, like, Roger Rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I find that very fun. Um, and then he runs into Shaggy's house and you know they, these two haven't met before they're they're just about it's gonna be hilarious he scooby jumps onto he's just seen ghosts he jumps onto shaggy's lap who's been who's been sleeping and he and he shaggy wakes up and he's got a white sheet over his head he looks like a ghost and shaggy and scooby's like oh my god ghost there's a ghost and then shaggy takes the sheet off throws it off himself which now puts it on to scooby and then now he sees this white sheet figure and thinks there's a ghost and then they flip it back and forth a couple of times and it's another one of those jokes that i'm like i can't believe i haven't seen this done somewhere like this feels like such an obvious like joke and it's like it's it's a good gag but it feels like something that just would have popped up in something else before and we talked about i talked about in um scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed how like it does a good job of translating the scooby-dooian jokes like visual gags and that feels like yeah a scooby-doo visual gag um there are a couple of them in in this um and it actually ends with like a silhouetted version of the mystery gang like walking along sort of imitating that Mm -hmm. famous like walk cycle that the whole gang does from the 60s cartoon um so yeah no i I like that joke i thought that was that was a good joke Mm. there's also um it looks like shit but i i I like it is there's when shaggy and scooby are hiding in the dark and it does completely pitch black screen except for the animated eyes yeah that's quite fun that did look like shit yeah (laughs) looked looked upsetting to be honest it looked scary (laughs) yeah there's also one joke in this film where shaggy's like huh keep off the grass i made a funny and i'm like what the Mm. fuck are you talking about not only did you not make a funny but like no so they're in the graveyard yeah they're in the graveyard and one of the character one of the, it's like valmore daphne reads the tombstone mm. of one of the ghosts and then the another character reads the tombstone of another ghost and then shaggy goes keep off the grass sorry keep off the grass <laughs> and then says like i that. made a funny uh, and it's like which ruins the joke yeah. it, it, shaggy should be unaware that he's yeah said something funny yeah that, that yeah that's why i wrote it down a, a complete misunderstanding of why that's funny and the yeah. character of shaggy yeah yeah it should it's supposed to be that they're each reading signs and if if shaggy had just said keep off the grass and then they moved on that would have been hilarious i would have been broken richard (laughs) i would have laughed but i didn't at all i don't think i laughed once watching this movie yeah also interesting so we 
in the last film we talked about how this was the end of the what's new scooby-doo era mm. but they mm. used the what's new scooby-doo pop punk theme song in this, yeah. in this film yeah it's used it's used at the end and i reckon not sung by simple i reckon it, not sung by no, simple plan no it's a um ah. I, I i i kept an eye out because I was, I was wondering if i'd heard is it sky cycle <laughs> <laughs> is that like a christian uh rock band or something sky cycle yeah what's sky cycle they did the music for scooby-doo on zombie island oh, yes. that oh, yeah, yeah. the only thing they were famous for was scooby-doo oh and island. the um the lead singer went on to something else. yeah to um yeah yeah the panic channel um ann arbor was the name of the right band. It, that's interesting because i thought it was simple plan well actually i didn't put too much thought into it but like i wonder if it's just like right we've made this movie for two hundred dollars mm. like what can, what what we but we have access to everything presumably scooby-doo mm. what can we add into it to the for free that can up its production value and it's like well we have a simple plan song that's we that they signed a contract mm. to us to to use so that's that's actually what i initially thought but but that's interesting of the the names speaking of the names of the scooby-doo shows the line scooby-doo where are you is also mm. yelled by shaggy in this lot more restraint than how they use it in the first live action film and i i kind of part of me part of me emotionally responded to wow. that being yelled out it's not like film. you to have emotional responses no agreed agreed did you feel any other emotions like maybe did you um there's like an oral sex joke did you notice this no there's when the ghosts are to borrow a word from scooby-doo to monsters unleashed when the ghosts are unleashed on coolsville there's a bit with like they're they're going crazy through all these cars and one of the ghosts like rises up from between a woman's leg in the car and goes like like licks their lips and she like freaks out yeah it's you reckon that feels like something that could accidentally be perceived as an oral sex joke yeah like that ghost was definitely doing a uh it's probably a ghostbusters reference really um like mm. you know the only other movie i can think of where a ghost performs oral sex on on she a mortal dad acroided him <laughs> yeah she did um, I did notice that the scene we we're talking about before, where the sheet is going over yeah. Shaggy and Scooby. I wasn't going to bring this up. There is a, there is an unfortunate framing where, for a moment, when the sheet is on top of Scooby, it looks like someone giving head while they're the yeah, sh- right. you know under the covers. Yeah, and I thought it looked. I actually thought it looked exactly like that, and I was like, Jesus Christ, what a what a screenshot this is. Remind me if you're listening this far. Remind me in our Culpopture Discord, and I'll try find a screenshot <laughs> of it. Yeah, and and post what what looks like. Um, young imitation shaggy getting a blowjob from a ghost scooby from a ghost dog <laughs> from ghost mutt <laughs> <laughs> uh is is there anything else you really want to talk about there's an interesting like forced love triangle with daphne and velma and fred that goes nowhere yeah. and nothing happens with it yeah so so there's a a initial sexual tension between fred and daphne um that is just sort of the same thing you would have seen in the original mm. Uh, live action films that sort of thing but then there's also also borrowing a scene from uh, monsters unleashed um daphne gives velma a a makeover Mm. um and gets her looking all hot she was played by an 18 year old you you couldn't say that about daphne though 
Okay, well, there we go. Daphne, I think, was actually very ugly. <laughs> I think anyone under 18 is ugly, mm. like revolting. <laughs> and and she's like, you, you know, with a little bit of style, 10 minutes a day. It's a real weird, like, pro-makeup thing, yeah, pro-patriarchy yeah, yeah. kind of message. She's like, a little 10 minutes a day, um, you can look pretty, and that will also get uh, boys looking at you. And she's like, oh, Boys? Jinky, that does boys. not compute. <laughs> And and she's like, yeah. Are there any boys that maybe we're gonna ask you to the prom that we never see in the film? <laughs> even though it feels set up. And then she's like, what about Fred? He's cute. And then Velma like plucks her eyebrow too hard or Daphne. something. And she's like, ow. Daf- yeah, yeah. Sorry, Daphne. She plucks um Velma's like eye. cuts one of her uh, uh, cuticles. Cuticles. Yeah. 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 Um. And as sort of like a you know vaguely it's aggressive yeah no she's like she's intentionally hurting velma yeah because she's shown interest in fruit yeah and then later on they're in disguise to sneak back into the school because they um they were expelled or suspended and this is a funny scene because velma's all dressed up looking hot um daphne is dressed as a goth fred's dressed as like a a a gangster like a skater boy and scabby scabby shaggy and and scooby are each in individual plastic rubbish bins um and then the principal the vice principal turns up and they're like oh quick do something to distract ourselves so um uh, velma jumps behind the bins that shaggy and scooby are disguised as and daphne and fred start making out and the vice principal tells them off and i was like oh here's how to write a screenplay um velma is gonna see this and be like oh weird that you would do that after i told you i liked him uh but she doesn't see it Mm. and that's the last that happens in the film this does have a sequel that we're going to be watching in a few movies time are you looking forward to that is it the entire cast returned yeah yeah wow it's very much a direct sequel yeah i'm i'm not i'm open to it it. (laughs) okay (laughs) no i i think it will be bad but i am interested to see it now that i'm uh a good podcasty boyman and mm. am taking notes listen that'll be this episode this you know how barbie like had that crazy thing happen where we talked about our woes and then the message of a following barbie movie like directly communicated with our insecurities during mm. the math that'll be this the this emotional storyline of the scooby-doo episode will be us going from like resigning ourselves to this being an inferior episode to putting in the mahi to become better podcasty boys yeah, yeah, by the yeah. end of it <laughs> yeah and then there'll be a scooby-doo movie about believing in yourself or something yeah some some what, really are, the, what are the chances of that broad like? theme <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcher snack. That was a sexy clip from me. <laughs> I uh, I woke my dog up <laughs> when I clapped, but it's okay. What's your dog's name? Is it perhaps Scooby Doo? <laughs> <laughs> Have we started yet? Yeah, we've we've started. That you you talking about your dog will be the official start of this the segment yeah because i did get a dog since we last recorded i got him about three weeks ago wow that is an incredibly cute dog (laughs) (laughs) i know i got him just in preparation for this um recording (laughs) you know i got him because kind of like a method 
yeah, reviewer, yeah. Pod, or me, I'm a method mm. podcaster, you know, exactly. just like Christian Bale is a method actor. So exactly. I got a dog and... Are you, are you feeding the dog like things dogs probably shouldn't eat, like giant Subway sandwiches and things like that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, oh, he's, great. He's very unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> he, will, he will be dead within a month, they say. Hooray! Um, well, well, we'll be done with the, the podcast episode. by then. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His name is Hobbs. Oh, oh nice. that's cute. I love it. It's from Kelvin and Hobbs, not from, not Hobbs, from and Hobbs and Shaw. And Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't you fuckers say it's Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, what, uh, what it's will Calvin become, and Hobbs? What will be the more culturally relevant Hobbs in ten years? You know, <laughs> oh, Kelvin and Hobbs is forever, baby. I hope so. It's, uh, I it's, certainly prefer it left that. in it left in ninety six, uh, and it's still it's still a staple of comics. So. Mm. I don't think Hobbs and Shaw, that, that crapped out after one movie so far. <laughs> mm, for now, for now. Uh, so, uh, you have, as we've alluded to, we have special guest Lily Hansen here with us. You've been on the podcast before, haven't you? Yeah, we talked about Sleepaway Camp. We mm. sure did. And now, f- I mean, it would have been great. The next film we're talking about is called Camp Scare which would have made a lot of sense to get you on. But no, we're talking about Scooby-Doo. Abracadabra-Doo. Um, mm. And, Lily, I want to ask, do you have any history of performing magic? No, but as a child, uh, I mean, what kid doesn't love magic? I mean, mm. I remember, like, watching David Copperfield specials on TV, and I remember, like, being a kid with cards, trying to, like, create a magic trick, and... And uh, it is still fun even as an adult. There's a place called the Magic Castle in L.A. And I went there for the first time uh, just before the pandemic. And it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. So, Did you ever go through a magic phase, AJ? Uh, Very briefly. There was a a joke book, like a thousand and one jokes that Mm. this guy wrote for kids that you'd find it in like lucky book clubs. And he also did a a thousand one magic tricks book which i read and i was like adamant that i was going to become a magician i don't think i, <laughs> I was going to a do single trick i don't think i learned a single trick i can mm. do the thumb thing i learned that a long whoa time ago, but, <laughs> whoa, but that's about down. the only magic trick i know <laughs> oh, in english doc <laughs> um yeah i went through a bit of a, I, I like i remember a similar sort of thing that i got a book i i went through a phase of uh i for christmas or a birthday or something i got like the balloon animal balloons the, the long balloons and a book of how to make those and so mm. i could if you want to provide me with one of those long balloons i can make you a dog uh, that's wow. or a giraffe which is just the same thing but with a longer neck so <laughs> sometimes you fuck it up and you go yeah it's a giraffe um nice that's that's actually how i believe god invented giraffes because <laughs> he fucked up a dog i was like ah it's a new thing <laughs> yeah i mean they, what they say uh, a camel is a horse designed by committee or something wow. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna do here is bring up like old aphorisms or you i know, like them <laughs> um but yeah uh yeah, I mean, magic is cool, right? Magic is cool, and I think people who perform magic are cool. <laughs> yeah, and I also remember when uh, there was, like, the masked magician who would reveal all the tricks while wearing a mask. That was a show mm. while I was younger, and that was fun to watch, uh, although probably not fun to watch for the magicians giving well, away all their secrets. That's why he was but, masked, yeah, presumably. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, on a on a similar vein, uh, speaking about personal histories, Lily, do you have much of a personal history with Scooby Doo? Were you a fan growing up or anything? I watched it. It, That's it wasn't everyone's like... response. <laughs> I don't think we've had a single diehard Scooby Doo fan as a guest yet. <laughs> yeah, like I sound like I'm I'm on like the witness stand right now in court. Like, what's your what's your history with Scooby Doo? That's my impression of you. Uh, I watched it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like what I loved growing up was I loved all the Warner Brothers stuff, like Looney Tunes and mm. Tiny Tunes Adventures and Tasmania. Mm and Animaniacs and then yeah. I moved on from that to Simpsons and before that I watched Flintstones and I did watch Scooby-Doo but it wasn't like one of my favorites oh and also like Ninja Turtles cartoons so like mm. it wasn't like one of my faves but I was aware of it and I'm, I watched some episodes and enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's, you hadn't seen any of the movies before then this is your first exposure? I mean definitely not like I mean, I don't remember what I saw. I mean, it was so long ago. Definitely like something with Halloween and mummies and stuff, but certainly not this movie from 2010. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this movie came out in 2010. As you said, this is the first one to feature Matthew Lillard taking over the voice of uh, Shaggy from Casey Kasem, who retired. And Matthew Lillard, of course, played him in the live action films we've been covering. And it's... It's funny, like, we've spoken about this a little bit, but just not, I knew that fact for a while that he eventually took over the role. It's crazy that it was, like, six years after playing mm. him that they said, yeah, like, like, Casey Case have retired, on. and they thought, yeah. fuck, who do we know that can do a shaggy? <laughs> mm. But, uh, you know, we've, we've been keeping the audience in suspense for long enough, I think. Can one of you please, or if you want to collaborate on it, that's fine. What is mm. Scooby-Doo Abracadabra do about? Hmm. Good question, Richard. Good question. What is one of a dozen Scooby-Doo movies I've watched in the last four days about? (laughs) (laughs) The main thing I remember is that this is distinctly the start of a new era for mm. the the animated movies we had our um our globe trotting era and now the art styles changed a little bit the presentations changed a little bit i believe scooby-doo mystery incorporated the show has started now and it is not this is not <laughs> this is going to be so confusing this is not a scooby-doo mystery incorporated movie because the art style is different but they they aired concurrently i guess so that's that's the the setting the premise of this one lily do you want to take the the story (laughs) sure so uh it turns out velma has a sister Mm. named madeline who's at Mm. a uh college for magicians uh, oh, that's why Richard was asking about <laughs> magic. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's called the Whirlin Merlin Magic Academy in this old castle. Mm-hmm. And then there's this cast of characters at the academy. Uh, uh, Marlin, the, wiz- the, the wizard, uh, the magician's <laughs> brother, uh, who's like the cook. And then Crystal, who's the assistant. And then uh, blah, blah, blah. There's kids there learning magic, but... There's a giant griffin, uh, not a a giant Peter Griffin, although that would have been a fun fun crossover. That would have been scarier, Uh, I think. (laughs) Hey, Lois, I'm out of magic. My impression of of Peter Griffin is shockingly close to AJ. Uh, (laughs) But so there's there's a giant griffin scaring away the kids, and... 
And then uh, Velma's mom, like the, the call to action, Velma's mom asked the, the Scooby-Doo gang to go check in on uh, Madeline. So they mm. arrive and like uh, there's a neighbor, Calvin Curdles, who's like, he makes crazy flavored ice cream, like with mm-hmm. gross flavors, like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, which I found quite funny. And uh, it's kind of like the every flavor jelly beans or whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah and, and so he wants to take it over and uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like like any Scooby-Doo mystery. There's, you know, there's the big thing of, of the Griffin. And then there's like, who's the who's the evil person here and who's, who's the red really herring. behind this king? Yeah. Mm. But like, I think like really, you know what every Scooby-Doo adventure is, is going to be. So it, it's more like the fun of it is what are, what's the premise and, and what are the fun in games? And so for here, yeah. it's, it's, it's magic. And so it's like, you get to see, uh, the gang, uh, you get to, uh, I keep saying the gang. Cause I don't know if I can name them all from memory. Cause I'm not <laughs> that familiar. Uh, Velma, Daphne, Velma, Daphne, Fred, and Shaggy, and yeah. so uh, you get to see them at the at the in a creepy castle. You get to see them try to learn magic tricks. You get to see them interact with a, a banshee and run away from a griffin. So I think hmm. like you know, just my I think like you know, it's it's definitely watchable as as an adult, and I think kids would get get a kick out of it. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought it was nice. all right. I think I think you you bring up a good point that it's like we know the structure. So because I was thinking about this earlier today, is like what am I in, if I am enjoying anything about Scooby Doo? Because this is what the twenty something. What mm. film is this, Richard? The twentieth one. Yeah, I think twenty or twenty one. Twenty. Oh, the this 21st, is, you're doing twenty one of these. We're, we're doing, doing forty seven of these. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. I thought it was. I thought it was less. Um, no, no, I thought I was special. It's 47. <laughs> and, and I was trying to think, like, what part of, you know, what is the appeal of Scooby-Doo? And it's not really who done it, is it? That's not really what anyone cares about. It's about, like, well, what fun setting and location will hmm. this one be? Because I've started to try and um, prove to our listeners that I've been paying attention, uh, sort of eloquently put out who, who did it and why for every Scooby-Doo movie. And so for mm-hmm. this one, it's Mar- Merlin Merlin, who's the ugly younger Merlin brother, um, mm. who was always second fiddle to the handsome other Merlin brother. Um, he is operating the Griffin, which is a puppet, and he's operating it via a blimp, a Zeppelin, uh, that emits its own fog. And like that's one thing I've started to notice is that these like smoke and mirrors that these villains do to make monsters look real, the more complicated the monster, the more impressive the fact that it's fake always. Is. <laughs> yeah. This guy got a fucking Zeppelin. He should be working in Hollywood. Like that stuff yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's like you know, the strings are suddenly visible when they yeah. need to be visible. <laughs> yeah. But I think like all of that, I was kind of like rolling my eyes at. But I will say, uh, I noticed the voice immediately. That character is voiced by Brian Posen. I think is I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. Maybe not. Mm. But he's a big, uh, he's big in the comedy world. He was on mm. Mr. Show, uh, uh, Bob right. Odenkirk and David Cross's show. And he was, nice. he's been on just the sitcom Just Shoot Me. He's had little parts in a lot of stuff and he's very funny and there were some character interactions. And is that Patrick Stewart doing Curdles? 
Um, uh, or is that that's Je- Jeffrey Tambor doing Curdles? Oh, whoops! I, I have them mixed up. Um, <laughs> there is yeah, interestingly so- though, there is a the guy who plays Whirlin Merlin, the good the good Merlin brother, is played by someone named James Patrick Stewart. So oh, that's got- not Patrick Stewart. Okay, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what that's what threw me. I was like, oh uh, wow, he's deciding to go really professional for this childish <laughs> movie. Uh, um, no, but uh, there's some funny interactions. Like you know, you have like the ugly brothers, so to speak, and the conventionally attractive Siegfried mm. mixed with Roy brother. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, the, the, the pretty brother at, at one point is like, oh, oh, you know, it's just all the luck. I got the looks, and mm. he got the brains. And he mm. goes, yeah, lucky me. And I mean, that's, that's just funny, you know? It that's is a funny, funny interaction there, you know? I think I really liked this one, too, and this next era, we've seen a few ahead of these. I This is so far the most promising era of Scooby-Doo movies, mm. I think. I think because mm. artistically they've they've rebooted everything, so there's sort of like more chunkier outlines to their classic uh, 60s depictions. It's a right, little Richard? bit closer to their original yeah. designs, but sort of updated for mm. HD. And also, yeah, fun thing about this one, uh, this was our first animated one in widescreen. And mm. ah. boy, do they show that off because I, you know, it just throws you into the deep. Like a lot of... Um, sort of procedural shows like cop shows and stuff you know they start with like an unrelated couple like stumbling upon the body or something like that and then you don't see them again some of these movies start like that and it's this attractive young couple and the woman of course and there's a lot of horny animators as we're about to discover on the Scooby-Doo Oh, yeah, team. the cold open. Yeah, like, that was the most Barbie-ish proportion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they show, there's the shot from behind the woman, and it is like just the fattest, juiciest ass you've seen in your life <laughs> taking up 60% of the screen. Mm. And it's like, you want widescreen? You got widescreen. <laughs> we were waiting for this. <laughs> If you want, I could I could stand up and turn around and show my ass, and maybe I could beat that and be <laughs> the fattest, juiciest ass. That's the best thing I think a guest has ever offered. <laughs> but then AJ would stand up and show his ass and beat me, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, Before Richard <laughs> taking the cake from all of us, literally, literally taking cake, the yeah. cake. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the widescreen, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought the animation had some cute things, like when scooby-doo eats this uh like his favorite dish it's like scooby snacks and cranberry sauce and mm-hmm. like he sticks his face in and there's a moment where he becomes santa like it, it's it's playful animation mm. and you know I, I i did like there were a couple horror references at the beginning in yeah. the first act like there was karloff chemicals yeah. Boris yeah, yeah. karloff and then they had like a, a shine a reference to the shining when the van was going down the roads, they played this like shining esque music, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like do 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 do. But then that was it. I was hoping there'd be other little sly references for the adults. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah, um, I would have liked to see see a little more of that because that w- that was that was neat. I thought. I think they they direct it they direct it to hook the adults in who have put it on for their kids, and then after ten minutes mm-hmm. they're like, we don't need any more adult references. Yeah, <laughs> I also remember at the start there's a bit where um when they get the call when Valmy gets the call from her mum and she they're just in the middle of having solved a mystery and she's like ah it's exposition time like (laughs) oh yeah yeah i did not like that (laughs) there's so many of those jokes in this sort of well yeah it's not something that 
works in real like i think for me meta jokes they have to work like like scream the scream franchise Mm -hmm. does this really well as you know like like to to me like a meta joke that works is when shaggy's like oh did you notice that uh, oh every adventure we have people go oh we would have gotten away with it too if not for you kids and Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna pull the mask off and then they do it to someone and it's not a mask you know Mm -hmm. like i think that's a meta joke that works but like there's no reason in the scene for the character to be like oh exposition like you know what i mean so it just i didn't it's... like that sort of meta joke but maybe you did because you've been g- watching so many <laughs> yeah movies, yeah in, any break from the reality of scooby-doo is welcome <laughs> to us now i guess i guess i agree in the sense that like breaking the fourth wall isn't necessarily part of the language of scooby-doo <laughs> mm. <laughs> what am i saying what sentence did i just say um i i want to talk about as well uh this this has quite a compelling will they won't they love story. I was going to say, do you guys ship? Mm. Do we ship? We have no uh, yeah. choice but to stand. Well, there's, there's there's three couples in this, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. There's there's a lot of love mm-hmm. in this a lot of love story. And a lot there's of you laughs. have um you have uh what is it Madeline? Okay, first cu- the first couple. So there's Madeline and Shaggy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. She has a crush on Shaggy. And then there's what's revealed. Uh, uh, it's Curdles and um, Rumblebun. Yeah, you're so good at remembering the character names. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it it's, is, yeah. It, I just watched it. So oh, okay. And then there's a then there's a B, a B plot that's barely there with Daphne and Fred, where Daphne's mm. trying not to be clumsy, and I don't. She says that she's clumsy. I haven't seen her be clumsy. Is that her thing? Like I didn't. No, she is good at everything. Yeah, the oh, okay. the 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 character attributes that get given to each character in each movie are often like unique to that movie, and it'll they'll try oh. and try and act like like there's there's the 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 general personalities, but like the Fred and Daphne love will they won't they that that gets like reset every couple of movies and you know mm. like that that's that's always happening or not happening and it's it's starting to become very unclear what the situation is because mm. it'll be like i can't remember specifically what it is in this movie but there'll be like there'll be one movie where they're definitely together and then there'll be another movie where uh they are cordial enough and still flirting but then one of them will start flirting with someone else and that annoys mm. the other. And so it's like, what is the situation here? I'm dying to know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting. Because I just assumed that they were already a couple, but it's like a children's show, so it's kept platonic. And mm. and I just assumed Velma's gay, uh, you know, um, mm. and Shaggy, who knows? Who knows what he does to that dog <laughs> when, when no one's looking? But yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I was kind of, but I did, I'd, I'd never, it wasn't in my head that Daphne was clumsy, and, and they, they didn't show it, they, like, they told it more than showed it, so that was kind of mm. odd to me. Like, the, the whole movie, it kind of was like, it could be an hour, not an hour and 20, or whatever it is, because mm. it's, it's a little, it's a little kind of draggy in spots, but overall I enjoyed it, but yeah, yeah, the, back to the character dynamics, that's, that's what I, assumed is that fred and daphne are a couple yeah 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 Yeah. i i I for one personally i so wanted shaggy and madeline to end up together Mm. that was a that was a bummer (laughs) 
Uh, he needs, yeah, a guy needs a win. <laughs> I, I guess, like, what yeah. I liked about it is that there's an implied history. They're like, Shaggy, we're going to see Velma's sister, and there's, you know, that resonates with them. And there's something so compelling about a, a past romance being the dynamic between two characters, mm-hmm. I think. Mm. That's why and people thought, listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so so refresh my memory richard they don't end up together at the end no i what i he sort of starts to don't they kiss i think you might be thinking of an upcoming film another movie um yeah Yeah, they don't kiss but i mean it is it's it's very well done though like like they have it in the story where shaggy ends up dressing up like a knight so he like his mm. story arc or whatever is to find his courage, and mm. maybe that's in several movies. But he actually is <laughs> yes. a knight, her knight in shining armor, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 well realized, you know, that that to, to bring that arc to a close. I, I I don't remember. I just watched it, and I don't remember if they actually. I think it was just like keeping it open or something. Yeah. I, I don't remember them kissing, but maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah, this is um apparently this is Madeline Dinkley's only before only appearance. But then on her oh. page she's got a section for Scooby Doo Frank and Creepy that she's she, insert details here. <laughs> uh, it's it's a yeah. flashback no lines apparently. Uh, okay. Oh, so. and uh John DiMaggio uh from mm-hmm. Futurama. He does I knew I recognized that voice. It was killing me and then when the credits came up i was like oh yeah that's why it yeah. sounded kind of familiar yeah him he and also, phil lamar and a bunch of a bunch mm, of these movies. oh i bet he also yeah. appears in uh, a post-credit scene did you guys see this no what mm. for this movie yeah there's a very brief post-credit scene uh where the mystery machine voiced by john dimaggio says you kids are still watching well the mystery's over now move on with your lives <laughs> <laughs> I need oil. Okay. <laughs> well, wait. I thought Dave Attell was the voice of the. Dave Attell uh, is the GPS. Machine. I think Richard. I think oh. they change it to. They do change um, it to John DiMaggio in another oh, film. in the next wow. film. Yeah. So that that's a thing as well. That's entered as like like now the GPS of the mystery machine talks, and it's almost it almost feels like they're trying to do another Scrappy Doo. They're trying to like sneak a Scrappy Doo character, mm. like mm. A, a a sixth yeah. member of. Mm. What's a character we can add that everyone will What's fucking hate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the yeah I mean, yeah. Shaggy's mm. favorite pizza is extra cheese, cheesy pizza mm. in that dinner sequence. Is mm. that like a staple of the... Is very, that what he likes? It's a very interesting question, actually, because he has fluctuated between being a devout vegetarian to not being a vegetarian. And I guess, like, now they're just hoping no one will notice. What I think is inconsistent, more inconsistent than that, is the types of things we're told Shaggy finds gross and the types of things he doesn't find gross. So, yeah. like, he'll... he'll eat anything and then like it'll be revealed like there was flies in that thing that you just ate and he'll be disgusted (laughs) but then in another thing he'll eat like some horrid combination of like you know chili dog ice cream or something well i think that the difference there is that chili dogs and ice cream are both food flies are not food yeah AJ, you've been eating flies on us (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah that's true because in this movie, uh, Shaggy and Scooby eat the ice cream 
uh, curdles ice ice cream mm, that yeah. tastes like gross things. It's like meat flavored ice cream, and well, not the vegetables are gross, but you know, but yeah, it's <laughs> kids, you listening? Sprouts flavor, and yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I thought that there's a point where <laughs> there's a point where Shaggy and Scooby eat it. And uh, it seems like they just love it. And I thought there'd be a point where they'd be like, ugh, because it's not like chocolate ice cream or cherry, yeah, yeah. Or, you know? Or even But fly maybe they ice were cream. like, we can't, we, we can't, we can't, what do you say? Or, or fly ice cream, which AJ, of course, would <laughs> yeah, love. Yeah, I would yeah. lap it up. <laughs> but maybe they, uh, oh, God. Uh, but yeah, maybe they, uh, yeah, now I'm imagining like a Scooby Doo crossover with uh, Cronenberg's The Fly, uh, mm. you know? <laughs> not um, outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> but yeah, they probably didn't want to have them be grossed out because they want kids to, you know, eat their veggies. So, mm. yeah. That's a good point. We've been doing a couple of fun little segments with our guests, haven't we, AJ? We sure have, Richard, and I'd love for Lily to participate in mm. these fun Ooh. little games. <laughs> okay. Um, first off, you have to stand up and turn around. and No, you don't. Um, <laughs> um, and show my fat, juicy ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, Lily, may I ask, you only have to give the date, not the year, but when is your birthday? February 23rd. Very soon. Wow, February 23rd. So we've got a spreadsheet, Lily, where we've collated every, the first appearance of every Scooby-Doo villain from any of the shows. And so we're doing <laughs> what we're calling a villain horoscope, where we're giving you the the, oh. vi- the villain that debuted on your birthday or closest to your birthday. Um, February okay. 23rd, you've got uh, the <laughs> enigmatically titled Morgan Le Fay from Scooby-Doo, The Sword and the Scoob from 2021, which I think might be one of the movies we're watching. It is a movie, yeah. Oh, wow. Is that the, is that the first guest who's, who's landed on a movie instead of a, so, yeah. a TV show? Morgan Le Fay is like a real historical creature or um person well according to google images they're a very sexy vampire lady yeah she's part of the legend of king arthur (laughs) oh i love that Mm. yeah so there you go that does that resonate with you we had we've had we struck out because our first guest was greek and got aphrodite as their villain horoscope so we were like it's gotta it's gotta match with everyone now so (laughs) does that speak to you in any in any way (laughs) yeah i mean i'm very pale Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I, I like to, uh, I, I can't be out in the sun. Mm. Um, I, I like to stay up at night and, uh, I, I bite people's necks and drink blood. Oh, great. So yeah, it works out great. I think there's something to this villain horoscope, Richard. I think it's working out. Oh, actually. Oh, and, uh, and I sparkle. All vampires sparkle. <laughs> nice. I, I think that, um, to, to, uh, to be completely... Uh, fear. I think I believe uh, Morgan Le Fay is a fairy rather than a vampire. But um, Morgan Le Fay is also uh, a Marvel Comics character who, in the 1978 television film Doctor Strange, was played by Jessica Walter. Oh, awesome! From Arrested Development. Oh, young mm. Jessica Walter. I love her. And then yeah. Elizabeth Hurley played her in oh. um, Runaways. This is a, a sexy hmm. character. It's very like, this sexy is, this character. Is, this oh, is someone yeah. who's been portrayed by some of the sexiest people alive. So I think that's <laughs> the best horoscope we've given out so far. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I love it. I love it. Morgan Le Fay. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a, maybe a good Halloween costume or something. Yeah, there you go. All right. And now, um, what's your what's your impression game like? 
Are you good at we've, impressions? We've heard you do fantastic AJ and Richard impressions on this record. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 a woman of three voices, but uh, I like to pretend that I can do more. <laughs> so I'm, I like I like to try, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, it's not a problematic impression. Mm. But yeah, let's, let's go for it. Alrighty, so we've got a leaderboard where we've asked all our guests to do. Um, An impression of Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, so, boy. So, All right. So what, what it is, is in a moment, we're going to ask you to do a Scooby-Doo impression, and we're going to score that out of three. And then if we think it's good enough, you can move on to a Shaggy impression, and and we'll score that out of three. And then if you rock that, you get to do an impression of any Hanna-Barbera or Scooby-Doo character. You can also, crucially, not do this if you don't want to. I think we should start can, giving that option you can dip up out at any point. Uh, AJ, I love anything that's a giant waste of time. So <laughs> well, then you'll love let's this do podcast. This. Yeah, you're on a 24-hour podcast about Scooby-Doo, so that makes sense. Alrighty, can you give us a Scooby-Doo impression? Yes, yes, I can. Oh, Ray Rove, Rot Rupture is my favorite podcast. Oh, Richard and Ray J. Oh, for the love of for the love of Ray J. I don't know. <laughs> amazing. I think I'm I'm willing to go. I think three to two point five. What do you think, Richard? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go two point five and the extra um. The extra point five for um, stroking our egos. Also, I like the um, Ray J. I mean, I guess I, Ray J was the person that um, Kim Kardashian made her sex tape with. I thought I, I'm thinking more like Rage. No, no, like, I was I'm the guy that, that had sex with Kim Kardashian. And filmed Let's it. Go yeah. Back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I can do a better Shaggy than Scooby. Well, let's, let's, shaggy. let's hear it. Like zoinks! Are we really gonna? Listen to this podcast instead of eat a pizza with, with, with extra cheese. Zoinks! I'm gonna give. I think we should give this three, Richard, because the 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 voice is on its way there, but the context, the stuff you were talking about, uh, felt distinctly Shaggyian. So I'm reckon, I think I think we're gonna go three for Shaggy there. Um, and lastly, any other character, it can be a Scooby-Doo character or a, a Hanna-Barbera character or something like that. Let us, let you, you, dealer's choice. Wait, no, I'm the dealer, so not dealer's choice. Uh, who are the possible characters? Uh, you can do any of the uh, Mystery Machine gang. You could do Yogi Bear. You could do m- Vanilla Gorilla or whatever. Oh, okay. You could do the Flintstones. The you, said, you said you watched Flintstones. They're a, they're a Hanna-Barbera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, um... <laughs> yeah, uh... Oh, Yogi. Uh, Yogi. Uh, Not just your average bear. That was excellent. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm, I reckon three for that That's as well, three, which yeah. puts you yeah. puts you at, um... Uh, where are we? Oh, if AJ can work Sorry. the fucking Google Doc. Oh my god, I'm yeah. actually so bad uh, at Google Docs. <laughs> I think that puts you Where's at uh... <laughs> 8.5, which puts you in the lead, Lily. Ooh, wow. Where's Boo Boo? Uh, Boo Boo is dead. <laughs> he uh, was killed in a California wildfire. <laughs> he ran outside burning. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Avenge Me Yogi. <laughs> now I'm haunted by Boo Boo's ghost, and he wa- and I'm feasting on some campers. Yeah, four. This is great. This could that we should have cracked out the impressions at the start of the record. Mm. This is awesome. And I'm putting their organs in a picnic basket. Wow. <laughs> Duh, what about their families, Yogi? <laughs> well, when they come to mourn them. We'll pop out at the funeral and eat them too. <laughs> oh my god, this is diabolical. Um, well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us about Abracadabra Do, uh, Lily. I hope you had a good time. Um, and thank you for your wonderful impressions. Uh, before we go, where can people find you on the internet? You're an internet celebrity. I, I proudly tell people that you are probably the most famous person who actively listens to the podcast. <laughs> because because we've, we've talked to, to a couple of like internet celebrities, but most of them don't listen. But you do. And I, I that is a very proud feather in my cap. <laughs> yeah, like I, I especially love when you guys go through a horror franchise. Mm. Um, or Scooby-Doo. Or, or, a comedy, or a comedy franchise. Well, yeah, Scooby-Doo is yeah, the perfect Scooby-Doo marriage is- of... <laughs> well no i think scooby-doo is horror i can't imagine like it would be horrifying if my dog could talk mm. you know mm. it, it's it's bad enough like i love my dog but like if he could talk i and be sentient you know and just be like uh you know uh lily why do you drink so many white claws every <laughs> you know it's like like like, like, I don't want to deal, I don't want, you know, I don't want in, you know, I don't want to be, I'd probably be criticized, you know? Well, that's the I thing mean, I think. That's the last thing I want. Every pet yeah. owner feels is that, like, what if my pet secretly hates me and can't communicate it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then in the morning, like, well, bitch, why do you set four alarms to wake yourself <laughs> up? You got, you got, it's, it's, you know, it would be, be just a nightmare. So, yeah, I think, like, having a dog that's fully conscious and... And uh, it could be a horror. Maybe that could be the next that, you know, they made Winnie the Pooh into a horror mm-hmm. movie. Maybe there's a take on Scooby Doo. There movie. actually already is. Terrifying. Yeah, there is. There um, is a it was, it's Scooby-Doo called um, uh, Saturday Morning Massacre. Yeah. Oh. Well, it looks cool. terrible. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We all learned something today. <laughs> and. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a, it's a thrill, and I like those games that we played. And awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, are you are you on Twitter and Instagram? Where can people find you? Oh, right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's Lily Hansen. Uh, yeah, and that, and then like, if you want to, I write copy for Gooder. That's just G O O D R. Um, on Instagram, cool. if you if you read the caption and it makes you laugh, I wrote it. If not, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and then um, back in the old days, uh, I made uh, videos on the YouTube channel, Joe Goes. And so that's just like person on the street comedy mm. videos at events and, and stuff. That, nice. So that's in the past. But yeah, check it out if you want. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll let you go, Lily. Thank you so much. I'm. I've been. My mind has been blown by your impressions. I think. I think you'll stay at the top of the leaderboard unless we get like a real go getter as one of our yeah. next We're gonna guests. get like our last guest will be Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Dimaggio or Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time, get ready for Barbie 2. 
with this time in Scooby-Doo. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popture snack. And we're back. Who directed Abracadabra Do? <laughs> Uh, uh, that was directed by Spike Brandt and Tony Schiavone. Oh, okay. I thought, because the next couple are all directed by uh, Ethan Spaulding, and I thought, no, ah, uh, wait. The next in the style are, so I thought maybe this was the Ethan Spaulding era. Mm. Guess not. Can't call it that. Scooby-Doo Camp Scare also came out in 2010. Uh, also directed by a guy named Ethan Spaulding, Richard. Oh, I don't what? know if That's you've heard cool. of him. I haven't heard that name. He's directed a couple of others. Uh, this has no critics who are on Rotten Tomatoes. What is Scooby-Doo Camp Scare about? And for those not with a Kiwi accent, it's Camp Scare. Not not scare. It's a hard word to pronounce in New Zealand. Well, Scooby do like camp scare or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Scooby Doo and the gang travel to Fred's old summer camp, Camp mm-hmm. Little Moose, and where they yes. they don't like those uh, camp. Big Those mooses. cunts at Big Moose. <laughs> Those Big Moose cunts. Um, which is actually a line from the film I was surprised to hear. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the so, you know, like, obviously I don't need to tell you. We all know how summer camp <laughs> like, works. Like, obviously I don't need to tell you how summer camp works. <laughs> um, so he's he used to be a uh, camper and now he's going back to be a counsellor and he's taking the whole mm. gang with him and they are all just being dragged along and he's a freaking little weenie about it but they they realise oh shit the whole thing's bloody empty oh. and yeah it's uh, and they think oh this will be those cunts at Big Moose and, Those Big Moose cunts. Yeah. And yeah, it turns out that there's like a whole town under Big Moose Lake, uh, much like in Scooby-Doo, the mystery begins. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, they, they end up having helping out, getting the help from some campers, one of whom yeah. is this little fucking little dweeb named Deacon who couldn't possibly be a villainous mastermind. Mm. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's actually... Babyface Spumoni, or whatever his name is. Um, what's his name? Babyface. <laughs> he's, a, he's an adult Brady. man. <laughs> mm. Voiced by Mark Hamill, who also plays Deacon, like the yeah, little, yeah. like Car- like a Carl Weezer <laughs> type character, yeah. and then transforms yeah. into Babyface Peretti. <laughs> and yeah. He, yeah. yeah, that's very fun. But yeah, the they're wanting to break a dam and f- yes. an empty camp, Big Lake. And big just moose. big moose, <laughs> camp, yeah, indie big moose lake, and flood little, camp little moose, which is why they made it deserted by pretending that there was some kind of ghoul and or goblin around. Mm. And yeah, there's something because what's at the bottom of the there's oh because the there's old town's treasure. down there and there's a treasure there. Yeah, there's a treasure there. The villain, for those wanting to know, uh, ends up being Rager Knudsen. Uh, he plays both the woodsman, who's one of the monsters, the fishman, who's another one of the monsters. Oh yes, it's the the idea is that all the the campfire stories are coming are true. true. Yeah, he plays the fishman and the spectre of Shadow Canyon. Babyface Beretti is uh, the mastermind behind it all, mm. um, and they want to steal the treasure of Ricky Larue from a town under Big Moose Lake. Richard, what did you think of Scooby Doo Camp Scare? I I quite enjoyed this one. Um, hmm. It's we get a lot of 
good character development. Mm. I feel like this mm. is the most important that Scooby and Shaggy have been to the Mystery Inc. gang. Right. It's, it's also very horny, this film. Yes. So I, I've written this down. <laughs> I, wrote in my, I, I wrote in my notes, Boner City. Wow. Camp Boner. Boner scare. Yeah, when you get a boner like, and you're like, ah! Camp Big Boner. Yeah. No, I, I really like this one as well. I dare say it had a broad churchian vibe to okay. like there's this there's this, you know, deserted town there's this lore for this old town yeah. that they're needing to learn more about. And I Have don't you know, seen I enjoyed it. No, I presume it's about a town under a lake. <laughs> I I, 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 I came to I, I just thought it was it's always fun to explore a town's dark Underlates, past. Yeah. Mm. Um, I thought the twists were turny, Richard. I thought the turns were twisty, and the babes hot as hell. Mm. The babes curvy. <laughs> we we blew our load early talking about how hot Daphne can be, mm. like ten movies ago. Yeah. This one, this is a whole. This would have blown my mind had I seen it when I was a little kid. The the maybe it's because we're twenty two films into a franchise and still not halfway, mm. or maybe it's just plum horniness, Richard. <laughs> but just I your feel like run of the mill horniness, similar to what you said about that juicy ass that we saw in Abracadabra mm. do. The women are depicted way sexier in this than need be for a kids movie. We got Daphne cleavage that had rivaled mm. the live action Daphne cleavage. Oh. We got frames from specific angles that emphasize curves we got a character who's like in the text this new this new camp counselor fred likes her and it's just like yeah because she's hot and he's mm. like it's because she's hot and you know what i'm here for it i've no problem with it i will take anything oh, of to course you don't bloody have a problem with your old horn dog <laughs> I, got the, I need to light my brain up when watching these movies i like they're they're uh, what are we talking about specifically give me time codes richard <laughs> 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 we've got you've got uh bikinis you got you got daphne yeah. and and this other woman um in a bikini and they like you've they, got- they freaking they jump off cliffs and they somersault and mm-hmm. give you like a full 360 view <laughs> <laughs> and look look I think I think what's so interesting about this is like you can draw cartoon characters in bikinis and sort of downplay mm. the boobage of it all. This is not downplaying the boob. These are these are like scenes are constructed around peering in. They start the first line they draw is the cleavage, and then the whole scene is constructed around yes. that. It is also I think important to note that these are high school characters. Hmm. The other thing that about Daphne is is that she's actually she's very drawn, mature for her age. <laughs> she's got she's got like the, another an outfit she wears for a lot of it are like these short denim short shorts mm. and like a a camp button up shirt that's tied revealing skin. And again, it's like you could have put her a, in a different outfit. This is a sexy outfit. Maybe I, I, I like the fact that they're high schoolers never comes up until the next film that we're or two films from now that we're going to talk about. Mm. Among a voice cast which guest stars uh, Tara Strong, Stephen Root, Mark Hamill, and Lauren Tom, we also in this film have Scott Menville who plays Luke, and Scott Menville plays Shaggy in Shaggy and Scooby Doo Get a Clue, that short-lived series that aired mm. between two of the other movies. Uh, and what do you do you think like 
do you think there is there is an element of animosity in a recording studio when you have to co-star in a film with the more famous guy that took your role like do you think scott menville doesn't like matthew lillard or anything like that if the um the documentary i know that voice is to be believed uh, which I watched, which is a very, it's a uh, John DiMaggio uh, executive producer and uh, boy, can you tell there's a whole, they talk about different, like it has different segments about like, oh, you know, th- this element of voice acting, this element. And then there's just a whole like three minute segment where they just praise um, John DiMaggio and to use a term that they talk, because they talk about how like he's the only white man who can pull off like doing a, a black guy's voice and they talk about okay. um how that's a weird thing to boast in a movie you're producing yeah the the the, the 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 term they use is that they say he's the most negro throated person i've ever heard what the fuck <laughs> yeah that's worse than what we were saying about sexy the, 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 anyway, the, the, the sort of end of that documentary is that they talk about how despite this sort of pull of, you know, I guess like name actors, it, it's one of the, they say it's one of the least competitive industries out there because right. they're so big on like, oh, well, I might not be right for this part, but oh my God, you should get John DiMaggio because, you know, the, the character is a black guy. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's very, apparently it's a very supportive industry, but of course this is a documentary made uh, to show you how great the industry is so well we know that when matthew lillard himself was not cast in scoop Mm. that there was a bit of upset there but i don't know if it was interpersonal i don't know if matthew lillard felt anything anything any anger toward will forte Forte. he probably did after he saw the film Mm, that's true Mm. or he didn't because he's like thank god i didn't have to yeah true put my name on that let's uh should we go to my notes for the film because there's one interesting scene in this film that i wanted to point out that there's a moment i think it's when the the sexy new girl is Mm. crossing a rope bridge and of course you know perilous perilous activity and as you would expect the rope bridge starts to collapse while she's on it and immediately scooby and shaggy dive Mm. off the cliff to rescue her without a, a moment's hesitation mm. and it's a really interesting moment and that, that was also sort of why i thought that they're starting to become more important they're starting to see their place in the mystery gang a little bit like the whole the night thing in the last film as well was part of this but yeah it's um i, th- I saw it described on like scooby pd or something like that as like these they're actually quite brave when there aren't monsters involved yeah 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 i saw that as well yeah and it's it's is are you so you saying their role in the in the gang is to be the like expendables to be the suicide squad? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's, like it's, they're, they're the they're the brawn, I guess. They're the muscle. Yeah. After all this time, we've worked out who they really are. They're the muscle. They're the bait. They're the live bait. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it is interesting that they yeah showed quite quite a lot mm. of bravery and dare I Very say proud of our boys in that. Wow. Moment. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I liked that moment. I also liked when they had to escape the dam breaking and the the, the creek flooding uh, in the mystery machine. Mm. I thought that was awesome. I thought that rocked. I thought Fred fighting the spectre. I thought that rocked, Richard. I thought when Scooby-Doo's driving the mystery machine and they're like, I didn't know you could drive, despite the fact that this has been a repeated plot point through several mm. movies. Uh, I thought that rocked. I thought the baby face, whatever his name, Already. that was funny. 
That mm. was a funny reveal. There is also a a sort of the the, the reason I like the this new era that we've entered into. Well, you've of explained it because definitely it, part of it is. <laughs> um, is the the both uh, Abracadabra do uh, Camp Scare and um, we'll, we'll talk about it in a couple of movies times the Legend of the Fantasaur. They all have these opening sequences which are done in a new an art mm. style you don't see anywhere else in the movies. Um, sort of this like almost like crate paper cutout kind of stuff. Um, that just shows like a a Scooby Doo story. Um, and it'll be accompanied by um, a piece of music. And from what I can tell, most of the music in this new era is is provided by a band called Just for Laughs. Mm. Uh, and it looks like band. they, yeah, it sounds like a comedy night mm. or something. And they uh, exclusively deal in uh, what we in the uh, uh, freelance video editing <laughs> world would call soundalikes, which is mm. basically think of a famous song and now buy a $15 legally distinct version um, of that. And um, like there's the opening song is called here comes summer, which sounds, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's like a beach boys do wop kind of thing. But the, the credits uh, song is called perfect world, Mm. uh, which is it's walking on sunshine, Mm. just almost identical. Yeah. 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 There was me singing perfect world. Right. Okay, it didn't sound like Walking on Sunshine, though. Well, I did. I was, I was seeing the verse, not the chorus. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. That was confusing. <laughs> well, the the chorus doesn't sound like that of Perfect World. I guess I guess the chorus is the different part. Yeah. I'll play some of it, maybe, in the, yeah, in the episode. Yeah, you fucking shit. You better. Richard, I absolutely hate it when Scooby steals food from Shaggy. It makes me so cross. <laughs> it makes me so livid. I get so furious and frustrated. In this movie, Shaggy makes the makes this like delicious, like ten foot long sandwich for himself, and he turns around and Scooby just eats it. It makes me so angry. Every I haven't brought this up yet because I keep forgetting about mm. it. But every time it happens, I'm just like, fuck. I'd be so fucking mad if my dog my dog you know if your dog did it whatever it's a dog this is a dog with somewhat of a human brain he should know <laughs> that's he a should really be able interesting does scooby have a human brain <laughs> they the, save the, scooby's like, brain the the scooblish actually has nothing to do with him being a dog it's actually just the like disconnected like neuro neurons and stuff and and that happened because of the brain transplant mm. So do you think that the in the world of Scooby Doo, there's been the the world's first successful brain transplant? Yes, I do, and I think it was to Scooby Doo. I think the second most successful one, Richard, was to Scrappy Doo, and that did a lot better. But oh everyone wow! Hated everyone hated the cunts, so they kicked him out. <laughs> that's why they that's why they took his brain out, and then they and then yeah. they they did it, and they were like, now we've just got an annoying dog. <laughs> yeah, we're never doing this again, and that's yeah. why there's never any other talk of animals. And that's why, it's, and they're like, let's never talk about this. <laughs> What do you think when when What do I think I think probably he's just a, a dog. No, I mean what do you think about Scooby Skit stealing Shaggy's I think food it's all the time? so funny. My face lights up every time he does it. How dare you? This is unfair on me. It's unfair on Shaggy. And you like Shaggy. Do I? You like Matthew Lillard? 
Do I? I reckon it. I reckon it hurts Matthew Lillard's feelings when Shaggy gets his sandwich stolen. <laughs> Jake is in the recording studio and he's like reading the script and it's like, oh, he makes a a ten foot sub and he's like, wow, I really look forward to making the eating sounds for that. Mm. And then he's like, wait a minute, I, I haven't got the. Uh, is there some pink pages coming? I'm supposed to be getting yeah, yeah. eating sounds. They go, no, the no, the dog eats it. That's and he's like, level. because he's a professional, he, he he smiles. He goes, "Oh, very funny," but inside he's enraged by it. Mm. Mm, mm. 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 Uh, mm. This one, this movie might take place on my birthday, uh, which is very interesting. <laughs> I mean, for me. any of them might take place on my birthday. <laughs> like, so <laughs> they they specifically mention that the way to find the treasure is that the spire from the underwater church. Uh, on the summer solstice, the glint oh, on yes. it will guide the way. Uh, and I think I'm born on the summer solstice. My birthday is 22nd of June, which is the winter solstice in New Zealand, and therefore the summer solstice in America. Wow. Are you looking this up? Yeah. I should have looked it up. Uh, Thursday, December 22nd. Well, that's my younger sibling's birthday. Oh, really? Well, that's um, the summer solstice in Auckland. Right. So that's the summer. So therefore, it'll be flipped, right? So this this movie takes place on my birthday. <laughs> uh, 20th or 21st of June in the Northern Hemisphere. Ah, okay. But, so the, but, but meanwhile, in New Zealand, because of the time difference, you would be celebrating your birthday. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, that means that I would have turned... When was this? 2010. I would have turned... 16 no 17 when this movie takes place if it takes place in 2010 which is which we have no evidence to support no and like how many people can say that richard how many people can say a scooby-doo movie takes place on or around my birthday at least 47 Mm, okay in a post-credit scene Mm. in this film it is revealed that the specter haunting the camp was not a disguise for some reason and is actually just a real specter and it's not really clarified because we saw a mask get taken off so i think it's actually just ranger knudson has put the costume back on and is having a having a fun time maybe he's he's discovered like that's his true self maybe he's like batman but for stealing that's gold ranger knudson is the actual mask yeah yeah fuck that's deep (laughs) fuck that's deep aj I've stumbled into common sense media again because Ooh. you t- you type in these movies to Google to look for some stuff to talk about, and after you cross through Wikipedia, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, uh, Scoobypedia, you eventually arrive at common sense media. There's only one left. <laughs> um, and common sense media uh, is a, is sort of a quasi religious rating group that tell you whether or not you should watch a movie and on um on this one uh it talks they talk a lot about the um how scary it is but then there's one review from someone named sarah e uh has one star and and the title of the review reads sexist and this is the review well are you sure it doesn't say sexiest because it is no well we'll talk about it Oh, it does say sexiest. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, this movie is horrifyingly sexist. It includes male characters telling female characters to go back to being pretty, and they help solve the mystery 
uh, after they help solve the mystery. It shows off women showing off to men in skimpy bikinis and them gawking at their bodies and includes a woman throwing open a trench coat to reveal very tight clothing. Mm. If it was real life, that woman can wear whatever she wants to. It's her choice. But that character is not real and does not have her own opinions. This movie was written and produced by middle-aged men. It's sexist and children are being influenced by it. And when I first read this review, well, first started reading it, I was like, this will be good content. And then mm. I got to the end and I was like, ah, I, maybe I agree. Mate, there is a point yeah. to this. There's, it it is funny, th- though, they, that it's like, in real life, like, she could wear whatever she wants, including a trench coat, which has sexy clothes under it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For example. Yeah. But, like, is, is there... Because, like, it's a difficult world to navigate, I think. Yeah, a as, world especially as a as like transplants have been successful. Sorry, hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a difficult world to navigate. Being the being being like a man who wants yeah. to be, do, we be doing so hard. who wants to be doing right in the world, and like there was a time where like feminism meant like not even talking about sex, feminism you know mean never having to say Are you gonna sorry. be silly i am okay I was silly. <laughs> you know what i mean like that felt like the feminist take was to not even acknowledge the sexuality of something mm. and then that kind of developed to like no we're sex positive we should be you're not allowed to talking. mention anything else <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like i guess like it's a, it's it's an interesting tightrope to walk between and I try to try to be good in in real life to like uh fuck I'm losing my fucking let mind. women like, be sexy. Well not let let is the wrong word. Mm. To engage in conversations about sex without being a creep about it, I mm. guess. That's my life. Is figuring out how much I can talk about sex without it upsetting the people in the room. Yeah. And this it? just got me thinking about it. But what is that? Some kind of thing backing up. Is someone trying to back that ass up? <laughs> There's See, like a bunch of cranes offensive? around and shit that like to move. There we go. Mm. I'm saying I'm saying this like it's something that I struggle with. I don't think I do struggle with it. I think I'm alright at like navigating that line. Um, but this is, I guess, like in this podcast, which is a piece of us, you know, this, whenever we put mm. out an episode, it's a piece of us on we the internet. Weaker. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and I want people to listen to it and get the fear, get, get an idea of who we are as people and our values and what we care mm. about. And I think we have pretty morally true north values a lot of the time. Mm. And then we watch 22 Scooby-Doo movies and we're talking about how fucking sexy daphne is yeah and and you, like you honey potted me is that okay is it okay to talk about how sexy daphne is well when when that about... depiction is drawn by, by as this man. review states by, <laughs> yeah. a, by a middle-aged man yeah that is that what makes it not okay this is what he wanted us to feel yeah but i don't want a man to be the person deciding that right. i guess well all right Jess isn't home at the moment, so I can't ask her. Hmm. Do you want? Is there any other? Do you know? Do you have any women at home that you can ask if you're allowed to find Daphne sexy? No. 
They won't Damn. reply. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk to me after I talked about sex too much. I, I, I did, I did br- like tell them about it when I was watching the film, mm. and both of the both of the women I live with responded with some variation of, "It's a cartoon character," which tells me that they didn't get it because cartoon characters can be sexy. That's that's the point of some cartoon characters. I'm not above that, you know. Yeah. Mm. Like, cause, cause if this, this review also, as we said, it says like, if this was real life, the woman can wear whatever she wants to, it's her choice. And that's what struck me where I was like, okay, this isn't just like a fuddy duddy mm. review. This is like someone who actually like mm, has values. Karma, yeah. yeah. That, that I agree with, you know? And so maybe I want to take back everything I said about how sexy Daphne is, Richard. Mm. Maybe it was the wrong thing to say. I'm going to leave what I said on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, should we move on to some less controversial reviews? I've got an IMDb review here uh, from uh, Snoopy Style 13 on August 2021. The, the review is called Good Freddy Adventure. Here's how it goes. Freddy returns to his childhood summer camp, Camp Little Moose, and brings along the gang. He's excited to be the new camp counsellor, but finds the camp vandalised and terrorised to shut down. Despite that, a few kids do arrive and Freddy intends to be the best camp counsellor ever. This is a fun Scooby-Doo mystery adventure. It has all the elements. Freddy is is a good being a tryhard. It's not being anything different. It is simply good. Now, I thought it was interesting how much he talks about Fred in this mm. <laughs> review specifically. And what are we learning about Fred? I feel like the ongoing exposure to Fred, the ongoing Fred development Fred has been one of the more interesting, yeah, more pa- interesting parts of this. I, I, I had this written down for a future film, but I guess maybe it's worth talking about here. Is that I think it's like Fred's characterization is that he's like a dweeb. Right. That like in this it's like, yeah, I used to love going to this camp when I was a kid, and then there's a future film where he talks about going to like a circus um mm. uh mm. training school and stuff like that. And yeah, I th- and everyone else is always just like, Oh, Fred, you fucking lame o. And I think that it's like Yeah, I, that that's I guess Fred's character is that he's just like this super you know, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, like he's um what's the word? Like he's super you know right and proper i I was going to say alt-right and then i was like no Mm. that's not the word sensible yeah he's just like a sensible but to a fault and then Mm. i think people think that he's a dweeb because of that Mm. okay it's it's funny how it's like until watching 22 scooby-doo movies i was like daphne the smart one well, no, Valma, wow. the smart one. D- Daphne, the resourceful, pretty one. Shaggy, the stoner. the d- dim-witted stoner. Scooby, the dog. Fred? Um, and it's taken me 22 movies to arrive at the sensible dweeb. <laughs> well, I, I think Fred's the leader. Is like With that kind of, before you watch it, what do you think of them? It's like Fred's obviously the leader as his sort of character. Mm-hmm. If you were to put the cast of Scooby-Doo on a Not Another Teen Movie style poster where it pointed mm-hmm. at all of them and said, the resourceful pretty one. I actually think every one. movie poster should be that for <laughs> Yeah, so that, it just be so much easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was that this is one of many film franchise, sorry, franchise films wow. to be at a at like a summer camp. 
this feels like a trope we've yet to um you know we talk about how one when we write the sequel encyclopedia one day we'll mm. talk about the the prince and the pauper sequel and things like that yeah. this is is camp the camp one the camp sequel or the camp movie as a yeah. genre i feel like we see a lot of them we've seen like camp fred camp fred we get sleepaway camp we get friday the 13th well these ones are all There's, the franchises set at a camp it's not a sequel where they go to a camp yeah maybe i'm not talking about sequels maybe i'm just talking about camp as a genre no. and and like what is it what is it about camp? like it, it i guess it's a universal experience and so films get made reflecting for americans that. yeah but that, that's maybe that's it maybe it's like not something that i went to camps though yeah not like summer camps how put, long are summer camps like summer six weeks yeah and, they, and they're like that? just random kids from all over. like we did camps that were like three days and it yeah. was just your class yeah or, or yeah, camp, those, was, several churches like. yeah i uh, yeah i the idea of going i'd love to hear anyone listening this deep into the scooby-doo episode please tell me like how long was your summer camps because the idea of being away from my bed for more than four days now mm. is like it requires a lot of mental preparation yeah and just like desperate to get like hand action uh, <laughs> under the shirt action that's what it seems like summer camp although i guess that's more of a counselor thing isn't it ah uh, depends how old uh, if the kids are teenagers then well i think the kids are young and then the the counselors are the teenagers but i think that a lot of the like a lot of the stuff we watch that's like camp related they're actually the counselors like mm. friday the 13th for example yeah and that must, that's probably so they can have them do hand having stuff. sex or not having sex as was the case with camp rock where they'd never heard of sex <laughs> no they've heard of sex they wear the purity rings do they well the jonas brothers famously did uh, yeah 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 i don't like yeah i guess i i guess it's interesting to see like this very specific thing that's popped up in so many franchises that doesn't actually feel all that familiar. Wow. I think that we should discuss this further over, um, Scooby-Doo curse of the lake monster. <laughs> we got a mystery to solve. And the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the Time. Get ready for Barbie too, but this time it's Scooby too. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcher snack. AJ, we've recorded the last three films in one block. We've been sitting here for about an hour already, and I feel like just on the whole, our like sort of mental state has been pretty good. I tell you what, in the ten seconds between recording about camp scare and curse of the lake monster i feel like i've gone insane <laughs> okay good good like knowing Tell that we've more. just talked about two scooby-doo movies i've still got um one two three four five in my head that i haven't spoken about yet i know i have to watch one more tomorrow because mm. our scheduling was so bad this time that we 
are having to do so many of these like back to back to back. Yeah, what the hell happened? Barbie, I don't remember a single glitch in the Barbie planning. That just went smooth. The closest we got to any kind of like emergency was um, left at London was kind of hard to contact, but that's it. Like, like well, and also they, we had she a still guest came... uh, drop out, but we ended up being did we? Yeah, the, the our mystery guests that we had to get in at the last second. Um, I uh, we also didn't. <laughs> I don't know. It was the last second. It was like a couple of days uh, yeah, in advance. Yeah. Um, uh, the we didn't start Barbie until the fifth of January. We started watching, so I think hmm. it just the Christmas New Year break just terrible. Idea. We, we were so optimistic about doing shit before christmas yeah. but of course when you reach out to people and say hey do you want to do a watch a scooby-doo movie and then talk about it they go well yeah not for a while though right and we were thinking no no mm. what about boxing day <laughs> yeah yeah can you can i call you up on christmas eve to talk to me about scooby-doo yeah no i agree we we made a critical error in starting earlier but there are 10 more films yeah exactly so maybe that that was why we wanted to do it yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I feel you. I feel you. I think I think we needed this, though. I think we needed this cram to happen in the middle of the franchise. Mm. The middle of the franchise in order we're to, not like... We're the middle of the franchise yet. We've got one more film yeah. till we're at the middle of the fa- franchise. Uh, well, I mean, we've watched the middle of the franchise. Yeah. yeah. That's the harder part. Yeah. The easy part, being funny. <laughs> yeah. It, like it, I, I believe it was uh, Charlie Chaplin said that anyone can watch, can make someone laugh. It takes a genius to watch forty-seven Scooby-Doo movies. Wow! I actually said that. Oh. Stop attributing my wisdom. Sorry, to I thought the toothbrush mustache was Charlie Chaplin, but I guess you were emulating someone else. That's right. Michael Jordan for when he tried to bring that back for a while. <laughs> Which is still going to get me in trouble because he's a black man. Well, I mean, if you want to bring race into it, that's fine. <laughs> I think bringing Hitler into it was... was I, yeah, racist, okay, you're the one who just said that name. Well, technically Charlie Chaplin was white and you brought him into it, so you did bring race into it. <laughs> technically he was white. <laughs> because he was actually black and white. Yes. <laughs> This is great. Shall I start reading my notes now? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I start recording? I'm so hungry. That's not because we've watched 23 Scooby-Doo That's movies. That's just the night you wrote down. Scooby-Doo Curse of the Lake Monster also came out in 2010. What feels like the 50th movie to come out in 2010. Um, Scooby-Doo movie specifically. This was once again directed by Brian Levant. We last saw him directing the live-action prequel... Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins and Scooby-Doo Curse of the Lake Monster Richard is a sequel to that prequel. We're back in live action. We've got the famous live action cast playing the characters. We've got Nick Pilatus is back. We've got um, uh, Robbie Amell is back as Fred. We've got got Frank Welker still going strong as Scooby-Doo. This has no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes does not want to give us anything to talk about for this 24-hour episode. What is Scooby-Doo Curse of the Lake Monster about? Uh, Let me just uh, pull open my... Let me just watch it on 12 times speed. (laughs) 
Uh, do you reckon that would work? No. The YouTube well, yeah, doesn't right. go up that far. So, um, it's Summer Vacation, a uh, very High School Musical 2 sort of sequel. They all get jobs together um, at a country club. Emphasis on cunt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they investigate this lake monster thing and there's this cloaked figure um, mm. and all this stuff sort of going on. Meanwhile, De- uh, Fred and Daphne explicitly become a, cu- a couple. Emphasis mm. on explicit because they do show full penetration. And there's also uh, Shaggy develops a crush on Velma. Mm. but uh things are thrown into into bloody whack when uh they they finally unveil the monster they rip off its fucking head and for the second time in the franchise the monster is revealed to be velma and that she's very interesting being this this witch um that the the spirit of this of yeah um this person has uh, possessed velma and Shaggy manages to get Velma, get through to Velma inside, and they share a kiss, and then they're just like, nah, didn't love that, and then they decide weird, to be friends. Weird beat in a movie. I mm. guess their like, insistence on sticking to mm. the status quo meant like, well, they got a kiss, but we can't keep them together yeah. because we're going to make more of these <laughs> and we don't want them to be a thing. And they don't make more uh, Yeah, this, this this film opens in media res with the villain getting their mask removed by a shocked Daphne, Fred, Shaggy and Scooby and it's like, who could it be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so poorly written. Like, they needed to do it in a way that not every character was there or yeah. something. It's just like, who? We, we know nothing else about this film. Mm. and what we're being told is it is shocking who is under the mask who could it be <laughs> yeah this is still a garbage bottom of the rung scooby-doo i prefer this one <laughs> i did too i thought this eked, eked ahead a bit from the other live action prequel i quite liked the lake monster the cgi isn't the worst we've seen yeah. um and it's like this slimy little frog thing it looks better than scooby who still looks terrifying in this movie. <laughs> uh, and I guess what we're left with here is that um, slippery, wet things are just easier yeah. to model and animate than a fuzzy dog. It's funny as well, speaking of the fuzzy dog, he he also awoogas in the first like minute of this <laughs> film as well, when it's revealed that, you know, it's not revealed to us yet who the the mm. person being unmasked is but yeah he does a full-on like even more insane than the last film does like a massive mm. awooga and it's yeah. like wow yeah the, like to me it struck me as it reminded me of the use of the f slur in uh, bill and ted that it was like this wasn't a great Why? this this <laughs> wasn't a great thing in your first film but it felt like you know it felt like a running gag <laughs> you know that let that like despite i think they just enjoyed animating that, that yeah but despite that you look. know probably their 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 better and um conscience they they put it in again mm. just like there you have it folks there you have it folks <laughs> 
The opening credits last forever into this film. The oh film God, is yes. 10 minutes. The plot is underway and you're still getting executive producer. And it says, <laughs> it says, uh, says special appearances by... And then lists a bunch of actors I've never heard of. Yeah. I have heard of it. Like, Michelle Nichols is in this, um, who was a okay. horror in Star Trek and just passed away last year. But also uh, mentioned is Ted McGinley, who is someone who mm. we've seen before on the podcast. Do you remember where we've seen him before? No. Where have we seen Ted McGinley before? Uh, he is uh, Stan Gable in Revenge of the Nerds, but he's also Thomas Ellsworth in God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness. Yes! What a connection. The, the This actor's got to have the worst films, like, cred in the, <laughs> yeah. in the podcast canon, right? Like, he's he's carrying the heaviest, like, weight mm. around. <laughs> he's also in his only, like, he's in Wayne's World 2 as well, if we're looking at other sequels mm. we might one day see him mm. in. He, he plays Uncle Thorny, who is Daphne's uncle. Mm-hmm. Who I thought was going to be some kind of villain, but ends up giving them a check at the end for ten thousand dollars, and they go, "We should call ourselves Mystery Incorporated." Yes, we're going to get and sued. it's like, oh, that's why they're called Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> that there's, was, is there any funny jokes in this one for you? Because there was one for me. So Shaggy's trying to get advice about talking to to Velma, and he's sort of, you know, doesn't want to say. He's talking about Velma. And there was a couple of good jokes that... So he says to Scooby, can I talk to you man-to-man? And Scooby goes, uh, sort of. And then later on he says to Fred, can I talk to you man-to-man? And Fred's like, uh, sort of. I thought that was a funny callback. And then Mm. when they're discussing, because he talks about like, are you and Daphne like official? And meanwhile, it's cut with Daphne saying yes they are official he's saying we're not it's not official and he's like come on man it's summer and Shaggy's like yeah who would want a girlfriend during daylight savings time <laughs> which that like that felt like a classic Shaggy line um yeah, right. and I was like that is that's actually generally a pretty a pretty funny joke nice. um there's so we mentioned that uh Frank Welker still plays Scooby-Doo on this he goes one of the strangest vocal performances we've seen from Scooby-Doo in a brief moment in this film. Is it when he's laughing? Yeah. I, I, I've written down his, Scooby's laugh, nay cackle, at Shaggy having a crush on Velma. It's insane. Like, we know what Scooby's laugh sounds like, though. <laughs> yeah. But what does it sound like in this? It's just a man laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it starts off the lane. Like- <laughs> and then he goes like... <laughs> And it's like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> well, there's a lot of weird kind of uh, stuff which I didn't think fit in this movie. This mm. it's a lot more cartoony than the mystery begins. Yeah. There's a lot more cartoon logic. There's a bit where Shaggy and Scooby get, get Scooby, Scooby. <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby get into like a fist fight, and the way it's depicted is a big tumble ball of smoke and dust, mm. like and, how it's depicted in cartoons. And he does the um, and then, the painted door on the wall thing. yeah and he then, paints a tunnel and then scooby and runs, runs through, through the, the tunnel. tunnel yeah that's not even from scooby-doo the cartoon yeah, yeah that, that is true but i i for me i loved when it oh, i love is a strong word but i liked when it you loved you loved this I film you did, thought this was the I best did. one um the i i like those moments of like cartoon physics that's to me is like yeah why are you doing a live it's action scooby-doo if you're not if you you know 
But there is one sort of cartoon reference in this, which I fucking hated. So there's a moment where they're hiding from the lake monster and they they hide behind something and then it cuts to like a different location and the lake monster's looking around and cut to inside Daphne and Velma. No, sorry, uh, Fred and Velma and Daphne. Fred and Daphne <laughs> have... Mm. Uh, are hiding in like a sporting goods store and they're, they're, I guess, pretending to be mannequins and um, they're wearing their original costumes, Fred complete with a blonde wig. And Mm. it's a very lazy joke. Uh, Like this is, this is a joke that had to be in here somewhere. Right. But I, well, they have to acknowledge that he's got brown hair. Yeah. Cause he's, and he sort of looks at the blonde hair and he's like, Oh, you know, doesn't look too bad. Mm. You know, I presumably, teasing that in a third film he might die as a blonde but the thing is so this happened I, I i saw them in there and i legit rewound the movie because i thought i must have zoned out or been looking down at my notes or something like that and missed why they were doing that or like missed a setup where they had to hide or anything like that it's not it just literally just cuts to them in this there's never a moment where they're like are they hiding from the lake well they're hiding from the, but there's never a moment where they're like quick, we have to hide in this building or anything like that. Like, it's never established right. why they're in that building. They're, they yeah. were just in a different building a second ago. And, yeah, it, it's it's such a weird, lazy... Like, mm. there aren't even other mannequins in the store, so it's not like... You know, if there were mannequins <laughs> of Shaggy and Velma or something like that, th- then you'd have, like, a funny image that, you know, they're, they're all there. But mm. instead, they're just standing still wearing their iconic outfits and you're like okay i guess it's a sporting goods store then because they're kind of sporty outfits Mm, yeah yeah i get you what are your thoughts on the shaggy and velma love story that ends up going nowhere? i i liked it and i was actually like yeah like make this one different you know have shaggy and velma get together I, i i like their dynamic i think that there was fun and i was disappointed at the end when because it's also mm. you're not as an audience we don't feel that there's no spark there's no there's no real way i mean there are ways to communicate it but it's not in this it's not communicated to the audience in this movie very well that there was no spark in their kiss mm. yeah yeah well what if i was to tell you richard that uh shaggy slash velma uh was not an unprecedented thing in the world, the larger world of Scooby Doo, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the two, the two of them hook up in Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, oh, which, as we yeah. said before, started airing in the same <laughs> year. Um, the, these are pretty visually distinct from the the movie, so they're not they're not uh, related to the movies at all. The scene is like Scooby's looking for Shaggy, and here's Shaggy whispering in a bush and thinks he's in trouble and he runs through and shaggy and velma are making out and scooby screeches to a halt and he's horrified and as shaggy tries to explain what's going on scooby says you're reading on me as in you're cheating on me and he's like what are you talking about scoob you're my dog um and then there's also another scene where shaggy and daphne make out but it it's supposed to be fred or something. It's very unclear. I don't know what was going on. I think he, it was some kind of like weird upside down logic where Shaggy 
Fred turns into Shaggy. Wow. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, they're like I watched an out of context scene from the show. Yeah. It looks like it takes itself a, l- a little bit more seriously, and there's almost some like Twin Peaksy style wow. like weirdness, like cosmic weirdness going on. Mm. Yeah, in Mystery Incorporated, they're secretly dating. Um, uh. and, like, and it predates the show. Apparently, yeah, he insisted they had to keep their relationship secret from Scooby Doo because it would hurt his feelings. Mm, very nice. Speaking of Shaggy, though, and uh, Matthew Lillard, uh, of course, voicing him in that um, that Mystery Incorporated show, uh, Nick Pilatus continues to be maybe one of the most grating performances we've ever watched for the podcast. Uh, and the, he's doing this in between Matthew Lillard movies. <laughs> so, like, the, the comparison has never been more pronounced, you know? And it's, uh, to remind you guys, it's like, like, Scoob, I think I'm in love with Velma! And it's just, he puts, like, his whole guttural throat he into hold, it. He puts and his whole policy into it. <laughs> and it's just horrible it's a horrible voice and i hated listening to it and interestingly this movie the version that we had um has 15 minutes at the end of eerily (laughs) silent behind the scenes footage uh which you didn't watch but i i found what i think were the same clips on youtube uh and watched a bunch of them um and it just made me think about like what it would be like to work on a movie like this like and every everyone knows the caliber of movie it is and they're sort of lying to themselves saying that you know they're like that was a great take well that was a great performance where they know that like nothing matters <laughs> anyway I, you hear I nick pilatus like feeling how i'm feeling on this podcast <laughs> you know sometimes we, we, we finish like a recording a segment like we'll be like oh you know i think chill out skibidoo that was a pretty good discussion doesn't matter think about the caliber of this podcast <laughs> you hear nick pilatus's real voice was what i was getting at yeah. and at you had a theory that he's adring the shaggy voice and it certainly it sounds like his voice is similar enough to this this horrible shaggy voice that i think it's definitely him doing it yeah no no i, I absolutely ADR. believe it's him doing it i just don't think it's him doing mm. it on set mm. Mm. you also get to see um it's the scooby-doo stand-in Oh, yeah. they use which is in one shot it was like the sort of mannequin with scooby-doo's face attached to it there's a there's a bit in this movie where scooby-doo is driving a golf cart and how they did that was they put someone in a brown morph suit and just had them driving the, wow. the golf cart which is funny that the color mattered hmm. i guess it's the way it interacts with or way it interacts with the light i would imagine yeah maybe yeah yeah yeah. Uh, according to IMDb, the gang first encountered a giant frog creature in the new Scooby Doo movies, The Haunted Horseman of Hagglethorn Hall, in 1972. Here it is called a lake monster. There it is called a moat monster. And Richard, a moat and a lake are both bodies of water. <laughs> does it say that? Yeah. Does it say Richard? It does. It says Richard pretty scary i feel like i'm in an episode of um (laughs) what did you call scooby-doo a second ago scooty (laughs) scooty (laughs) doo it also then says read this to to richard alex and it's a little weird that it called me alex instead of aj Mm. but that is still like it's not missing the mark Mm. hmm 
Uh, IMDb also tells us that this is one of the few times in a Scooby-Doo production that the villain was a real paranormal entity and not a person in a mask. And this is a piece of trivia written by someone who's only watched Curse of the Lake Monster and hasn't watched the other 22 Scooby-Doo movies. Because if they did, they would know that the monsters are real almost half the time! Mm. What a bullshit piece of trivia. What a bullshit piece of trivia. Didn't even name either of us. Speaking of uh, common sense media. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. I couldn't find much interesting, like, there weren't any really cool reviews. Probably not worth uh, bringing up then. No, no, I found something that is worth bringing up and is something we've never really explored on this on this show before. Common Sense Media has a talk to your kids about section oh, yeah. where it's like, watch this movie and here are probably some things you can talk to your kids about if you're wanting to squeeze mm. a life lesson out of every single thing your children Which watch. they love so, to do, those crizzos. So I thought we could discuss the questions that these ask. Okay, yep, yep. The first one, it says, families can talk about mysteries. How are mysteries solved in real life? What kinds of experts play a role in unraveling clues? And what way, in what ways does this movie oversimplify that process? Yeah, well, I think it's just our honourable boys in blue, um, you know, that, that solve mysteries in real life. I mean, that's what the police force are, are there for, and mm. I haven't heard of them doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's also got a question for tweens. Mm-hmm. Um, this says, what did you think about the relationships that were depicted in the story? Did the characters' worries resonate with you? How have your experiences with boys or girls compared to what they went through? To whom can you turn to for guidance on issues like these? The dog. What the dog doing? <laughs> what the dog doing? Uh, you can turn to your dog for expert, for expert advice when you've got a crush on a girl or a boy. Mm. And common sense media doesn't list any sort of diverse gender identity. Yeah, like it says um, for girls, if you're a boy or boys, if you're a girl. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Do who do you turn to? You were the last person I turned to for romantic advice. I admit that. Um, (laughs) So so does that mean you're my Scooby Doo, or are you my? You're more like my Fred, right? Because if I'm Shaggy, I guess. I um. I usually turn to my fiance and ask her for girl advice. Mm. There's this girl that I like, but she's being a fucking bitch. And I just <laughs> <laughs> you talk to talking to the girl about that. <laughs> uh, what about the, these questions, Richard? How well did the characters transfer from animation to live action and the CGI style of this movie? Is it actually common sense media? <laughs> Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> it's not very commonsensical, is it? No. Um, or it is. It is commonsensical. <laughs> what, if anything, was lost in the change? That's an interesting question. What do you think gets lost in the, and in general, in general live-action Scooby-Doo, mm. what gets lost in between the live-action Scooby-Doo and the, the cartoon Scooby-Doo? Well, I think that, like, the you, cartoon physics is one of the big things, and I like that this movie tried to include some of that. Right, so that's something that wasn't lost. That you're talking about the next question, which is, was anything about this movie improved over the, well, no, I guess not improved over the cartoon series. Yeah, no, well, yeah, it's that, that like, that's one of the things that I miss most when cartoons go live action and I, and I get a kick out of when they bring mm. cartoon physics into it. But, um, 
Is anything lost? I mean, I think that it is really interesting seeing the characters be like the actual age that the characters are supposed to be. Right. And I wonder if, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for the live action Scooby-Doo's, the, the two other ones, you know, like if these were the only live action Scooby-Doo's made, would I, when I watch Scooby-Doo, think of the characters as being younger because these are my only real life parables I have? Mm. Yeah. And like, would you have held your tongue talking about how sexy Daphne looked in yeah. Camp Scare, the thing that you did? <laughs> well if the if we go back and check the record it's wait a minute it's just me talking to myself <laughs> i think something that gets lost in the transition to live action is i can no longer freely watch like a vaguely pleasing great dane cartoon um just being a dog and now i have to watch like this monstrosity that has like these fucking geiger-esque <laughs> proportions and some some shots mm. and like does these dances or does these like looks to camera which like penetrate the scooby snack yeah. at the center of my soul <laughs> any awoogas yeah yeah uh have you seen any other movies that brought animated characters to life what did you think about them uh have i yeah cool they're pretty bad Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yep. The Flintstones. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm, More like Rocky and Bullshit. (laughs) 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 I got a five star review on Letterboxd for this film. I'm going to read it to you. I looked it up on Letterboxd and I was like. What are the five star reviews saying? Because mm. <laughs> who's giving us five stars? Uh, this is from FMA Blue on the 1st of January 2023. What? <laughs> <laughs> they watched this nine days ago? <laughs> I guess it was the most recent one. It says, This is totally a cinematic masterpiece. Then there's two 100 emojis. Then it says, First movie in the box office to make Scoo Billion Dollars. <laughs> Yeah, Letterbox has really just become that, hasn't it? What do you mean? I don't know, just the just dumb joke reviews. That, and then I feel like you can write it. I'm sorry, did you want a sincere five star Scooby Doo Curse of the Lake? I, did, monster you, I like, I don't know. I feel I like it does annoy me on Letterbox when I feel like people are just posting reviews to try go viral. Like, it to me is like ruining the sanctity of what like letterbox you know used to be this really underground thing that like you know really just for film people and now people will just go on there to be like i'm gonna give the worst fucking movies five stars and make the more billion dollars joke listen as someone who works for letterbox richard i <laughs> i disagree i think that what you're talking about is absolutely still there look at the like year in review that just oh worked. yeah like those aren't that there's no like silliness that hmm. rises up to the top of what you know what is front facing yeah i mean well you could talk about any platform and be like no there's still good stuff on there i'm just saying that it's like okay, you- what's still good on facebook dude i don't know my page events events Avenge, no one messenger. else is doing events messenger's like its own thing now though but yeah i, I don't know i just that, that it's just like i don't know letterboxd it was like it was one of the it's i'm being i'm being a um pretentious weenie that it's like one of those things that a bit hipster weenie like you know i used to feel like sort of my thing this like secret little club and now it's like the jocks are there and they're making fun of me for taking it seriously mm. 
This is how I feel whenever a Fast and Furious movie becomes one of the top grossing movies of all time. Hmm. Like, get out. This is my uh, Get Out's song. not a Fast and Furious movie, though. I don't think that joke was funnier than what I was, the point I was making. I think it was. This is a pet peeve. You know when you've got a, a killer knock-knock joke and the person just says who's there? I just don't want to tell them the joke anymore. That's you, no, that's no, the, the no, appropriate fucking response. When they, say, when they say, come in. Yeah. It's like, that's not funnier than my knock-knock yeah, joke. Yeah, hey, AJ, knock-knock. You've knock. ruined this for both of us. Who's there? Oh, you, and I now don't want to fucking tell you you've ruined it. <laughs> The onus was on you. What about knock knock? Who's there? Come in. Come in who? Oh, maybe don't tell that joke actually. We got a mystery to solve. The mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie too. But this time it's Scooby too. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popture snack. Welcome, everyone, to the next Scooby-Doo movie. This is the 24th Scooby-Doo movie uh, called Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Phantasaur. And as uh, eagle-eared listeners will have picked up every third movie, we've had a guest or two on and the pattern has kept up because I would love to uh, welcome to the Scooby-Doo episode David Correos and Hamish Parkinson. How are you guys? Did you want to go first? Uh, no, you, go, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go David, first. David's doing great. He's uh, he's doing amazing right now. Mm. And Hamish looks relaxed. Mm. And I heard that Dindins is looking good. Chickpeas? <laughs> How are the chickpeas, Hamish? Chickpeas are good. Chickpeas are good. Yes. Okay. Crispy ones good. sitting in the corner. Oh. With me. oh. Yeah. Crispy chickpeas. Oh. Did you air fry those? No, and I, I've got an oven. Okay. Right. Well, I've got a, <laughs> a faster oven. Oh, is that is that the benefit of an air fryer? I don't know. I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> they just make a. You just chuck them in, and they come out crispy. I don't question the science of it. You know, that sounds. Mm. Do they have a little little, little function on it? They have Are a lot of functions beef? on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not you could you know you could just uh, Google a recipe. That's what I'll, I I have it, the day I bought my air fryer from Costco. Yeah. I went out and bought a can of chickpeas. Being yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to make crispy chickpeas. Because I fucking love crispy chickpeas. Yeah. And then uh, they've just been, I haven't made them yet. They've just been sitting there. Dave, do you have a question? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was <laughs> loving this. I was loving this. Air fries are just conven- convection ovens with a basket. Yeah. That's, what, that's what all the air fry haters say on uh, say online. Yeah. On our, our anti-air fryer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our fucking air fryers. They hate it. <laughs> hate it. Yeah. Um, well, this is this is a unique setup for the podcast. We've got Dave in my uh, loft uh, and, and Hamish and Richard in separate Zoom call boxes. Has it ever been something like this before, I don't Richard? know that we've ever had someone recording out of Hamish's house apart from the one other time we've had Hamish on. Um, uh, we, we have, not in the Scooby-Doo episode, but I was thinking about this as well. I was like, this we've never done this before. Um, not with the extra person, but we have done two in one place and one somewhere else. Yeah. But this is, yeah. this is frankly silly. This is, hopefully, the chemistry remains intact. This wonderful chemistry everyone's heard so far. Hopefully, we can keep that going. Well, that's uh, the thing. Like, Hamish any- and I just cannot compete with, you know, the, the in-person <laughs> <laughs> chemistry that's going to be coming out of you two. 
I, I, I have a theory. I have a theory that that this, I I knew this was this was a new new thing for you guys because mm-hmm. um we're going off the same headphones, so I'm yeah. only hearing it from one ear and you're hearing it from one ear. Yeah, I feel like our ears should be kissing. Oh. The other one should be kissing the whole time wow. so we get the Dolby surround. <laughs> you sound can put your other headphone in your other ear. No, it, it's, I got no sound on this one. Oh, okay. I have both sounds on my headphones, oh. so I'm not having the exact same experience. This is the three legged race of uh, <laughs> ear, earphones. <laughs> I feel like that. Because you guys are in the same location, we can't see your faces, but all we can see yeah, is yeah. what looks like a crucifix. Yeah, a well, that's a um, that's a Freddy Krueger plushie. But I do have. Hold on, I'll go get something. Oh, I'm this, seeing it from a different angle. No, audio the, medium. Um, Hamish, I'm seeing this from a different angle. Yeah. Like you know, when you go to town, you see someone do a chalk painting, and they draw the X where you're supposed to see it from. Yeah, so yeah. where I see it from, it's dude. It's actually <laughs> two pieces of wood about two. Feet yeah, away. that's the thing. Yeah, there's actually nuts. a massive Same. gap between. Oh, I see wow, what yeah. you're saying. The, you tripped out my cross. mind when I saw you go behind it. Yeah. I do have Beaker from the Muppets on a crucifix. If oh, that's that what, feels sacrilegious to the Muppets. Yeah. 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 That feels sacrificial. Well, we're here to talk about not the Muppets, but another intellectual property, which is Scooby Doo. And before we get into the movie at hand, do you guys know what Scooby Doo is? Dave, do you know what Scooby Doo is? Yeah, I love Scooby Doo. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with uh, Saturn Telstra TV yeah. okay. uh, for the Kiwis out there. <laughs> yeah. And they, they would just play. Uh, we got budget. We got budget Cartoon Network, which is just boomerang over yeah, and boomerang. over again. Yeah. And so I'm well versed in the old school Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kid Scooby Doo, I remember. I remember that one too. A pup named Scooby Doo. Pup named Scooby Doo. Yep. Love that. Uh, love that Simple Plan. Did the theme song. What's for new Scooby Doo? What's new Scooby Doo? Shout out to Simple Plan. Wow. And then you also have the live action ones, which I I think I like this. I know people say the second one's better. Yeah. But I like the first one. I agree. Do you remember when we watched them together on Christmas Eve? The f- we watched the first one together on Christmas Eve, and we made a duck fat uh, smorgasbord and a tiramisu. Yeah, it was too much fat, eh? Hey? So, <laughs> so was fat, fat on fat on fat. We should have been sculling lemon juice in between. Yeah, really so we made. Up, you know? We went to the supermarket and we saw you can get just duck fat um, by itself. So we thought, oh, well, let's get this and then uh, we'll make duck fat. I think we couldn't be bothered making potatoes, so we made like duck fat fries. And then we were like, oh, what about duck fat bacon? And then we were like, oh, we'll get some duck fat chicken. So we made duck fat. Bacon's such an overpowering Yeah. <laughs> duck to fat. Another animal's duck fat. fat fries, duck fat bacon, duck fat pork belly, or pork chops, I think. Duck fat steak, duck fat chicken, and of course, <laughs> duck fat duck. And then wow. we also. Um, made a tiramisu that didn't have any duck fat in it but there was a discussion had about whether or not we should and they were like will this ruin the entire tiramisu this is what i love about being friends with richard even though i like even though like moments for me go through one ear and out the other <laughs> richard is there to remind me the yeah. fun that i had with duck yeah fat. yeah yeah well that's that's good what about you hamish do you have any either scooby-doo experiences or i guess duck fat um, uh, experiences i'll accept them too. If, you, if you have one that combines both would love to uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I did have a pet duck when I was watching Scooby Doo as a kid. I was a Scrappy fan. I like Scrappy more oh, than Scooby Doo. Oh, wow. Uh, that was the, thing. Did- the, the, the podcast's first Scrappy fan. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think so. I fucking ride with Scrappy, eh? I don't like the, <laughs> ride humans, the humans are the worst part of the show, and it's like, it pisses me off that it's always about them. Mm. <laughs> what I um, caught on, did you guys make tiramisu because you're watching Scooby Doo? And it rhymes. Oh, Scooby-Doo's tiramisu. Yeah, is that what you're doing? 
No, right. I I think we um I it, would that be funny? Let's do Scooby Doo. <laughs> We're making tiramisu. I also Let's do tiramisu with what? a Scooby Doo inside. There you it. go. Mm. The the one other Scooby thing snacks. I remember Scooby. about that um is that we bought um you know, like coffee tea bags. Do you remember that? <laughs> Dave, that yeah. It was like yeah. it was the, it was the, the tea bags, ones? but with coffee yeah. inside. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I remember like dragging the tea bag across our uh, sponge cake um, as we tried to. Because <laughs> we wanted to turn it into a, a pirate map at some point. Get mum to get a lighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, all right, well, now that that's out of the way, <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Phantasaur. So this came out in 2011, directed by Ethan Spaulding, who we've heard before because he directed one other, and he's who I've named this new era of Scooby-Doo after. It's the Spaulding era. Richard, wow. I don't know if you're okay with that, but uh, that's what I'm going with. I, the I wish era. you'd run this past me before we had two <laughs> guests, where I, ju- I have to be cool with it. <laughs> you don't have to be that's true that's, it's all content baby whatever you say whatever you do is content you just talked about tiramisu for 10 minutes I'll be on your I'll team Richard whatever your opinion is I'm on your team alright oh, cool. and, I go, and I'm on Richard's team too <laughs> oh no <laughs> um, so Ethan Spaulding the Spaulding era of no, course we can't, defined we're not by that. <laughs> by the the old school character designs, but with slightly updated features and things like that. Mm, so, um, Richard, what are we calling it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the, they're calling it the call? fuck AJ era. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ah, okay. Fuck AJ. AJ. <laughs> fuck AJ. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, uh, this starts with um, an opening song that's like a sound alike for some 60s Hit. It's called, you guys, uh, dig it, Scooby Doo. There you go. Does anybody want to take a guess at what the uh, band? I don't know. Beach Boys. But what b- Beach Boys? Because we've had we have had a few of the other ones had a Beach Boys sound like it, and it's real funny to hear something which I associate with like um, uh, making corporate video for yeah. some company social media. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I associate it with, and it's an, a Scooby Doo movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um. So the what what is it about? I guess is the big question. Who wants to? Let, shall we <laughs> crawl our way through what happens in the plot of Scooby Doo and the Legend of the Phantasaur? Okay, so I have like the first half nailed down. Oh, we've been rehearsing it on the way here. Okay, <laughs> maybe Hamish can pick up where you leave off. Okay, okay. So yo, gang is at the hospital, and they're wow. like. Shaggy's screwed up. <laughs> Shaggy, he, fuck. He's, he's he's messed up. He keeps screaming, and then the doc, and then they play through what the scene was or mm. where they went to, and it was the final scare of the ghosts in yeah. the haunted house, and that freaked Shaggy out. And then the doctor was like, "Yo, you have this condition mm. that's gonna screw you up." With the word "acute" in there, there's an it was an acute condition. Yeah, 
And then uh, they were like, "You can't do, uh, you can't do the screaming stuff anymore. You can't mm. do scary stuff anymore." And they're like, okay, we won't do that. Instead, we'll go eat. Uh, we'll go eat food, and they go eat a lot of food. And then they end up going into the desert. Uh, I don't know how they ended <laughs> yeah, up in the desert. Something happens. But they, yeah. And then they met. And then they met a guy. They met uh, a guy with a ponytail. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was like, "Hey, you can relax here." Uh, and then they gave him a tofu tofu chip cookies. Yeah. And then they went through. A little tiny lizard went out. First, first gag that hit with me kicks in okay. where Scooby gets scared by a massive dinosaur, glowing mm, yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. And then Scooby runs around the rock yeah. and then Shaggy goes, oh, oh, Scoob, are you scared of the dinosaur? And then they see the rhinosaur, the, the rhinosaur, which is, there was another gag there. And yeah. then they went back and and then it's the tiny little lizard. Yeah. And I was like, classic gag, buddy. Yeah. Classic gag. And then <laughs> you find out that the monster's for real. Uh, and then t- a Shaggy gets freaked out. Uh, don't worry. Don't put the time on no, me. No, no, I no. I just got a message. This. I promise. I, I got this. And then, <laughs> I and then, they, and then <laughs> I, I, can I just, <laughs> I, I, sorry to interrupt, Dave. I just, I love that listening to this that AJ's little, like, you know, listening noises are fluctuating between, like, entertaining a child and I'm terrified of you. <laughs> what I'm terrified of is like, um, there are so many cables at Dave's feet and he is sitting in the most precarious decision. decision. Yeah, like, and like at any moment, like something's going to pop out and we'll lose the record. <laughs> but yeah, you're just going, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. And this is the favorite way. I can hear the duct tape in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All then, right, so then, then what happens? Sorry, and, then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then the guy with the ponytail, who I thought was Fred Willard. It is, it is Fred Willard. Is it Fred Willard? It is Fred Willard. It was Fred Willard was the guy. I was like, oh, God, his uh, voice stuck in my head. Hmm. And then uh, he does hypnotism to show Shaggy that he can conquer his fears. Hmm. And then he get given a secret word, bad. Every time he says bad, he's going to get real confident. And then I was like, this seems familiar. Like, this seems like badass Shaggy. Like, hmm. you know how, like, there was a kind of like a like a thing where Shaggy was what like... What if I, I told you it was from this movie? <laughs> yeah. I, d- Yo, I do want to talk about that eyes. name. We'll we'll talk about it in a bit, but let's get through the rest of the movie. So <laughs> so Shaggy Shaggy um will turn into this like courageous character if he hears the Ultra word bad, but he Shaggy. doesn't he doesn't know that it, the word is bad, so they don't know what's triggering it. Yes. Yeah. Well it's yeah. like he doesn't have any fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. He loses all fear, which makes him badass because he's like he doesn't give a fuck about anything now. Can I yeah. swear? Yeah. Yeah, you can swear. Just, yeah. just once. Just oh, once. Oh, yeah, Zoinks. Jinkies. Yeah, so is there anything else you wanted to add, Dave? I know I know more, but yeah. I feel I feel the vibe is like Velma it's... falls in love with a guy that looks like her brother. Yeah, yeah. Velma falls in love with a, with a male uh Velma who is played by Matthew Gray Gubler. From Kurt. From Criminal Minds. Oh, yeah. wow. The, the, the skinny, nerdy dude in Criminal Minds oh. plays him. Literally, like... Um, he had real Riley vibes from National Treasure. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Within, like, his first word he spoke, I was watching this with Jess, and she was like, was that Matthew Gray Gubbler? 
she went, she's been going through a massive criminal minds phase. So. Wow. <laughs> so essentially, the monster at the base of the center of the story is the Phantasaur, which is like a ghost dinosaur, mm. Uh, mm. which may or may not be a guy in a suit. It might be real. Who knows? At this Do, point, is this is this where we talk about the problematic part of this movie? Or do Talent. We do that what is yo, the problematic part of yo, the movie? Hamish? Crazy. <laughs> The the Phantasaur is part of Native American lore. They don't say Native mm. American though. Mm. No. <laughs> From a tribe that I can only assume is made up. Mm. That's probably safe. <laughs> <laughs> Who could they be they, offending uh, if it's a made up tribe? <laughs> <laughs> that they then but then they're also exploiting this made-up tribe by using the Phantasaur as a tourism yeah. attraction, right? Mm. Yeah, so there's, there's like, two sets of villains in this one. There's the, like, capitalists who are wanting to use the Phantasaur legend to drive traffic to, like, tourism and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then there's the scientists, including Matthew Gray Gubler uh, and this other woman, who have found a real dinosaur, like frozen in crystal hmm. that they they quartz. they are tr- quartz sorry and that they are tr- i've got it I've, so guys we we started writing down the motivations of the villains because mm-hmm. we keep forgetting them so i can tell you i've written it down um that the um so professor Svankmeyer and windsor are projecting the fiery fantasy hologram which is a separate thing um mm. so that they can get locals to leave so that they can remove the crystallized allosaurus and miss deech and mr babbitt are running the other the 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 other fantasor uh so that they can dig up silver for yeah. the Thormatotrope Mining Company. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so, it's so <laughs> mind-numbing to try and remember all these like meticulous like motivations and culprits and, and things. But that is the um the plot of the movie. And this film contains something very significant uh, for the ongoing journey that we've been going on in the Scooby-Doo movies. Is that for the first time ever, Scooby-Doo not being able to pronounce words properly has an effect on the plot. Yeah. So. So every now and then Scooby will be like he'll try to say like uh sandwich and he'll say randwich and they'll be like what are you talking about but it, <laughs> it, it never it never has any like doesn't matter it's just a joke and, and we move on mm. but in this Scooby works out that Shaggy's trigger word is bad and he goes rad and they're like rad and he's like ro rad <laughs> not doing a, Sha- a Scooby voice but speaking like it. <laughs> he's like ro rad right raying rad and then they're like they just guess a bunch and they can't guess it so they can't control it and Shaggy has to who has been changed back to normal Shaggy has to believe in himself to jump over a big mm. chasm and what is a powerful Scene. How <laughs> gutting must that be for Scooby Doo? That he's been friends with these people for so long, mm, and they've mm. never like, they've never considered maybe we should make an effort to like understand what his speech is. Mm. Yeah, because it's not that what- hard. Like if he's going language and like oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I've learned from TikTok, they should have uh, put some little buttons in front of them, yes, and then they yeah. can actually properly communicate yes, with like Scooby. A little yeah. pig. And they can ha- and then on there it can have rad. Yeah. And yeah. it can have randwich. Yeah. And yeah. it can have. Wait. So <laughs> it still has a speech impediment. The machine still has a speech impediment. <laughs> no, because that's how Scooby talks. So you got to honor how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know if there's a need Doesn't for a machine if you've problem. got a, a talking dog then. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, okay. I, I just wanted to talk for a bit. No, sick, sick. I got my, I got my two minutes in. <laughs> um, 
There's a group of characters we haven't spoken about, the, like, bikers led by Tex. Mm. Oh, yeah. I fucking loved yeah. these guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> Shaggy goes when he's, um, you know, all ultra instinct Shaggy, goes into a bar and beats up all these bikers, and then one comes in, and he's the sort of the biggest, toughest one, and he challenges him to a ride from Dead Man's Peak down Dead Man's Curve, ending on Dead Man's Avenue. A joke I think <laughs> should have had one more. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. But they... Uh, yeah, then they end up going on this on this race, and Shaggy flip flops between being normal and and brave. At one point, he thinks the word "bad," and that triggers him yeah. back. And I was like, "That's cheap." Yeah. <laughs> um, but he ends up saving Tex's life, and then you know he's forever in in their debt. And so they the bikers end up helping out the mystery gang. And I was just like, "What mm. a cool like!" I feel like reformed bikers is such a fun trope. <laughs> I love that they. They knew the geography of like the landscape so well yeah. in order to help him. They're like, we know mm. where all the entrances to the caves are. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, punching rocks with our motorbikes. <laughs> we know where all the good like, caves are. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Richard, did you like this one? Was this a high point for you? Yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed this one. Um, I yeah. watched it with two other people who haven't been watching all of them with me and mm. they were like an important perspective to they have. just they, they just finished watching glass onion when i got home i was just it was the last couple of scenes and i was like oh are you guys in the mood for another mystery movie um <laughs> <laughs> and i put on uh, legend of the fantasaur and um mm. And then they were like, oh, no. And I was like, I have to watch so many of these in the next 24 <laughs> hours. I'm putting it on. <laughs> and yeah, no, I, I ended up like really enjoying it. I think the whole, the shaggy, just believe in yourself. Like, yeah, really. I, I that, that whole character arc really worked for me. Made you think. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It feels like it was made for people who have been marathoning this film. Yeah. That they're finally doing like a Shaggy's got some psyche problems. <laughs> like yeah. something's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's something that's even more effective when you've watched 23 other films of Shaggy freaking out to finally get one where it's like, hey guys, we actually need to be considerate and take some responsibility for our friend who we keep putting up as live bait for all these pterodactyls <laughs> and dragons <laughs> and lake monsters. Because yeah. this came out in 2011, eh? And that yes. was like, that was, was, was there, was there, was the movie thing, were they doing that? Were they like going inside the movie? Like going, and you know, when they like eat them, eat the movie and they're like, let's question everything about these characters. When they that, eat the movie. You know, when like, they, when go, they go, go introspective. Are you talking about, are you talking about it being meta? Uh, nah, because Meta's like referencing the movie. Well, this is like let's show the repercussions of what yeah, these it's characters expand- are It's 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 what happens when you've written these characters for forty five years, and you're <laughs> like, we've got to do something different. <laughs> but, I, I, but I feel like there, that was like the whole thing with like uh, you know when you got like. Um, I can't think of any movies. That, but all I can think of was like 21 Jump Street. I don't think that's even a thing. That's very meta though. But it's like... <laughs> Confusing it, your message a little bit. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> but wasn't like 2011... Spice Girls movie. Like the time when they were like trying to uh, do do that. Were, were they doing that with other films at the same time? Was that like a thing? Was that a... Well, that I a, guess like when, when, when did people start complaining that franchises had like taken over? Like there's too many sequels. Was that around 2011? Or was it much before then? Yes, I think, I think all the sequels yeah was it sequelitis was wasn't that yeah i would say that thing? like 2011 we were not long off the back of like avatar being the highest grossing film of all time and an original story i would say that 2012 when the avengers came out that was mm. the real turning point for when its Ooh. blockbuster became synonymous with franchise 
Mm. Oh. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. That that it is it is like it is a case of like trying to reinvent and find new stories to tell with characters and things that have been well this, told already. The question for you, for Richard and AJ, is this actually mm. the first time that they've gone? Yeah. Shaggy has severe acute anxiety. <laughs> I think so. We've well, we we haven't watched the. There are ten, or I think there's been ten TV shows by this point mm. as well. So Scooby Doo has existed since 1969. The movies we started watching started in 1988. I think oh so. There's a there's a whole other stream uh, mm. of Scooby Doo that we haven't watched. So maybe in those cartoons, there's a lot more of like Shaggy losing his mind. This but is this actually is very run one. of the mill for <laughs> yeah. if you watch the TV shows. <laughs> and this Scooby this Scooby Doo movie was attached to um, Mystery Incorporated, the, it, so the TV series. Th- I'm glad you brought that up. The Mystery Incorporated is its own separate thing. I think they kept the these animated left, movies. <laughs> he's, oh, he's had enough. <laughs> I think they kept the movies going as a way to represent the classic depictions of the characters because Mystery Incorporated they look a bit different. Their relationships are Velma and Shaggy, but, 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 but was. Yeah, wasn't the um what wasn't the voice the voice characters the voice the voice voice actors were the same across across the board yeah yeah Mm. that's a good point but yeah um so well I want to know David Hamish what did you guys think yeah yeah of (laughs) of duck fat (laughs) Sulaki duck fat Sulaki just like your experience on the podcast so far do you have any thoughts David (laughs) do you have any thoughts David. Oh man, every day I just, uh, I live in the moment, eh man? <laughs> I remember this movie. <laughs> um, I, I thought that the midpoint was the most intriguing part for me, where they solve the mystery and then the mystery keeps going. Mm. Yeah, right. That's a good point. I, it does it does end in the middle of it. Yeah. And Because I, I literally went like, oh, that's nice and short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like, they went back and it got real confusing after that point. I was like... Mm. Oh, I, I, part of me had left the story. Yeah, mm. right. <laughs> and so then I was like going like, why are they, why are they in this cave now? <laughs> I, I, I remember that point too, Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the point where I started clocking off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try to do that 47 times. <laughs> um, Dave, you, you told us that you'd written down some things that your your niece or something had said. Yeah, so I'd I'd uh, watch this movie because I was like, I can't I can't watch this by myself. Maybe yeah. if I have people to scary. hold me accountable, like <laughs> no, right. like seven year olds, yeah, maybe yeah, I yeah. could probably get this through. And also, I didn't want to shit my pants by myself, so yeah, yeah, I needed someone to not make it. <laughs> you needed scary. someone there while you shit. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is a nephew to go. Oh, Uncle David, you're oh, so stinky. Done it again. <laughs> Stop doing it. Uh, so I wrote down. I was like. Oh, maybe it'll be good to see like what my um what my seven year old niece mm. um because she was she was reviewing the movie yeah constantly cool which I think uh was why I clocked off a little bit because yeah, I kept yeah. hearing because <laughs> I'll just get her shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here here are some of the the the, the uh, memorable quotes that she said during mm-hmm. the movie uh near the and this is going from like throughout the movie yep. uh the start she said oh he's got so much energy uh that was related to Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she said, uh, "Can I have another lolly?" Oh, uh, followed by what was the answer? The answer was uh, yes, and I gave her three lollies. Yes, wow. yeah. uh, and then they were like time zone lollies, so they crap oh, yeah. lollies, but oh, yeah, no, yeah. I love it. Mm. Next one was, uh, "Can I have a nugget?" 
Mm. Uh, next quote was, "Oh right, I've got candy on my neck." Uh, <laughs> Candy necklace okay. on at the same time. Interesting. Uh, and then the next quote was, after eating the candy, I don't really like this candy. <laughs> uh, so then I wore it, and then she uh, quoted... <laughs> and then she uh, quoted, uh, where's the other lollies? Mm. And... Um, it and just then, goes on like that. I finally get to a movie quote yep. uh, where she goes, this was after the hypnosis bit when mm-hmm. they were trying to find it out. Wow, we're and, pretty early in. <laughs> 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 and she went, the word is scared. It's the word they're looking for mm. because he said it. But she was wrong. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to call her out. But, but, but I really put my pants. And... Mm. Um, um, that child's defense, that is the theme of the movie, right? Mm, like, right, yeah, yeah. The, like, she was picking up shaggy, on themes. Shaggy is, or Spanky is scared. Mm. I loved that. The, so, I so loved yeah, it. The, the, the prof- Spanky was so funny. Fred, Fred Willard keeps calling them the wrong names, including Spanky and and Stinky. Shuff- but is it what's Saggy. the character's what's Saggy. the character's <laughs> name? Richard, can you look up what Fred Willard's character's name is? Yeah, Shaggy. Um, Mr. Hubley. Okay. All right. Maybe that's a play on words for um, Hubble, Hubble Telescope. Probably. Yeah, because he sees Shaggy's true personality. For some reason, I thought he had Spank in his surname, and I was like, why would someone with Spank in their surname think someone else was called Spanky? um, What's the female doctor's name? Um, I feel like I misheard that every time. Dr. Goodbody? Professor. Oh, no, this is probably what I was thinking of. (laughs) Professor Svank Mayer. Yeah. Do so like I did it, hear did that you? right. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like, There's no way. I, <laughs> no way. I had a thought during this movie, and I'm wondering if everyone had the same thought. So it's when they decide they're going to the La Serena spa, and they're in a coffee shop, and the 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 guy working the coffee shop is a guy named Shaky Joe, who's mm. constantly shaking, and he gives Scooby some coffee and he goes fucking buck wild the thought i had while watching this was that if we made a live action version of this hamish would be perfect for shaky joe (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that is fair shaky joe was actually voiced by matthew millard as well wow during during that same scene, uh, my niece uh, gave a quote there, and she said, "He's got so much energy." <laughs> <laughs> that was the part. Yeah. That was uh, the, the part. So, was she talking about Scooby or Shaky Joe? Uh, uh, Scooby. <laughs> oh, when he goes crazy. Yeah, when he yeah. Goes, Whoa! and he and he like right, dances on top of Shaggy's head, which is a very funny moment. But imagine having a great Dane <laughs> dancing on your head. <laughs> Breaking necks. You would be a breaking neck. You would. <laughs> would be so heavy. Great Danes are heavy. That's why they're not called mini Danes mm. or um or small dishonorable Danes yeah. or, or or dishonorable Danes. Okay, all right. Or um good good Danes or good Danes. Yeah. Great Danes. Uh, there was a couple of. Did you guys pick up on the the film references in this movie? We had a, a raptors in the kitchen scene, a la Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there was uh, wild hogs with the- With the bikers. Um, with the bikers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of uh, Ray Liotta in that film. Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also get a game over, man. Yeah, from yeah. Aliens. Uh, th- th- that mm. was 
<laughs> that was weird and out of place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like picking up all these movie references, like they're fun things, and then being like, shouldn't have done them. I thought it was out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't fit the movie at all. Um, did you guys like that? At, so at the end, after Shaggy has learnt that he's, he can be courageous without hip being hypnotized, he gets the he gets Fred Willard to undo the trigger, right? And yeah. so he's he says, and there's a scene where Fred Willard's character is like, "From now on, you will only be Shaggy." And then it cuts to wide. The whole mystery gang's there. Yes. And then the last yeah. scene of the film is everyone driving away dressed as Shaggy, talking yeah. like Shaggy. Um yeah. and then there's even a post credit scene where the the <laughs> the mystery machine itself has grown Shaggy's hair and is speaking as Shaggy. What do we think of this? Because as someone, again, who has seen twenty three other Scooby Doo movies, fascinating. Fascinating to hear <laughs> <laughs> like the voice actors we've come to know as these other characters speaking like Shaggy. I couldn't be more interested in that scene. Yeah, I think I thought that was the best gag of the whole film. Yeah. I mm. thought that was the best part. And uh, my niece and nephew agreed that yeah. that was the funniest part of the whole film. <laughs> the, wait, the nephews. Was there a nephew there this whole time? <laughs> yeah, there was a niece and a nephew he's, and he's another a quiet brooding type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the niece had stuff to say. Like, I just feel so bored. <laughs> <laughs> So, the well, we talked about before, there is, uh, of course, a very famous meme was born from this obscure little uh, film uh, known as the Ultra Instinct Shaggy Meme. Now, I can... <laughs> I just copied the Wikipedia entry about the meme, but basically... Um, uh, the I think I can skip the first. So it was posted on something, and then it quickly went viral, becoming a wave, part of a wave of memes depicting Shaggy with superhuman abilities, often requiring only a small percentage of his power to perform inhuman tasks or defeat ostensibly more powerful opponents. Variations of the meme use frames from behind-the-scenes features of the 2002 film, uh, where Matthew Lillard's subtitles being like, yeah, I only was able to tap into it approximation of his power or something like that yeah. um this meme grew so much it's referenced in mortal Kombat 11 uh it's it is uh been seen and acknowledged by matthew lillard uh and the game uh, in, and injustice 2 also references it and of course the multiverses the mm. the party the brawler game that came out game, yeah. yeah that came out uh last year has and a, a sh- you can play a Shaggy in it in what looks like just a reference to this meme, uh, and I think the game was made because of the meme. <laughs> that's my that's my belief. I think theory confirmed. Yeah, yeah. What- <laughs> so what what do you guys think of the Ultra Instinct Shaggy meme? Because Richard and I, I know detest this meme i really loved it you love it <laughs> i was a re- i was a really big fan of that meme <laughs> I gotta, yeah I what did you like it about it, it. Give, <laughs> give it to me hamish what's the meme called ultra instinct ultra instinct shaggy, shaggy. i i don't know if i know this one the I, meme is just is basically the idea that shaggy is this like eldritch god deity, who's yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was um I liked it cuz it was like a mixture of the uh Dragon Ball Z and the uh in the Shaggy. Like it was it was it pretty was, much it's it very was pretty, Dragon Ball Z inspired. Yeah, Ultra Instinct is uh from Dragon oh, Ball Z. Yeah. So that's uh, Ultra Instinct Goku and so you went through all that kind of stuff. This- I, I, was I watch I think I was watching that on TikTok. I think that was most of my TikTok feed for a while and I was into it. I was like this is a real, this is a real dumb meme but it's, yeah, I don't know it just tickled me. Okay. This meme it for me taps into the kind of um 
the sexualization part of Scooby Doo. Okay, where everyone we've talked a bit about that on other segments because <laughs> this is like like he looks hot here, right? right. This is a hot version of he's a hot ball. This is this is fuckable Shaggy. <laughs> This is Shaggy with ultimate riz. Yeah, this is a snacky. Oh, <laughs> Scooby snacky. <laughs> Who's the real Scooby snack? Would you do it for a Scooby snack? The Scooby snack and it's Ultra Instinct Shaggy. I I don't like the meme because it's it's like updated Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah, and it felt oh. it felt oh, the yeah. best memes are the ones that get out of control. That like someone yeah. makes a joke, someone makes a joke on that joke, and before you know it, it's like a new brand of humor, right? Mm. You're famously ultra- a big fan of Pepe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pepe, a great example. <laughs> I got out of control. <laughs> That's the definition of getting out of control. The Ultra Instinct Shaggy meme felt like it was so designed to be a meme, and right. I think that's my problem with it. It doesn't feel pure. I thought that like the Shaggy meme was like because you can kind of see it now with a lot of like the edits on TikTok where mm. they um, cut cut things and put it on top of yeah you know it's like a uh, big fan big fan of the thanos the thanos stuff mm-hmm. where they just put in people from breaking bad on the thanos <laughs> <laughs> fight uh, i don't i don't but, quite know what you're talking about but i know you're talking about tiktok so i understand completely so like this one this like putting overlaying shaggy on like dragon ball z like mm. there were like p- parts where they were just editing right on top i feel like that was one of the first types of like right. that kind of like youtube poop right mm. right well i don't think i think youtube poop pre predates well yeah it's like that like, kind of yeah that, that, like this kind of specific i can YouTube get into these like- creative ones but when you just take a behind the scenes shot of matthew lillard and say yeah i only used one tenth of my power it's like that's the same joke everyone's been making you you built on it in any way there's no mm. i have gained nothing from seeing your version of the meme compared to the last 30 ones I've seen. Whereas, like, you know... You if you stood on a- the shoulders of giants and... <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> were so concerned to- about whether they could, <laughs> etc. Et it's just it's such a derivative meme, eh? Mm. Thank yeah, you, we've, Dave. We've I'm glad we've turned you, you around. <laughs> David, David is a, uh, people can't see it, but he's burning the picture of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck that meme, guys. God. God, I'm so glad. That so, fine, so glad I finally stepped away from the ultra instinct you know, when you, meme. When you take a step back and really look at it. You I was think, an idiot. What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> I'm a fucking chump. <laughs> Do you guys consider yourselves meme lords or no? Nah? <laughs> I'm a, I, I, I enjoy a meme. I enjoy memes. That's but... different, though. Are you a meme? <laughs> nah. You nah, sit there in a way like someone on the first date be like, so just going to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just say this now because if you're not, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a meme lord? I'm a meme pleb. Okay. But like saying okay, it like it's like. It, like if not, that's like it's cool. Like are you a meme yeah, lord yeah. or like no or like whatever. Oh, that's fine. So um, uh, should we get these coffees? Oh, God. You paying or am I paying? Oh, I made it. I made it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I am a meme lord anymore. I think I'm getting too old to be one. I used to be yeah. a meme. You guys remember? I used to be a meme lord. Oh my I God. Think I was an edge lord. <laughs> Ed- yeah, I, I was an edge lord as well, but thankfully I got out of that. Yeah, yeah, and I hate I hate that it exists inside me, and I feel like there are still moments- Facebook statuses that you wrote that are still online that'll be oh, like, delete a facebook baby okay, just blanket delete everything <laughs> yeah. but like even in like day-to-day life i can feel like there's a little bit of edgelordiness like deep inside me mm. um mm. but i try to not let it out and it's like and it's calmed down like a lot like mm. i don't you're a straight edgelord now I'm a straight, <laughs> I'm a straight edgelord. Yeah. yeah i get you 
There is. Uh, what about you, Hamish? Yeah, you're, you're, you're a mean lord. Oh no, I don't even know no. what that one was. I'm um, I'm a mean noob. I'm still, I'm still learning the ways of the internet. What? At, at you least you stop now because it doesn't yeah. get any better. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what the kids are into. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Hamish, Hamish, what kind of lord are you? Hmm. Of the Ooh, lords, cottage core lord, I'm, I'm like oh. cottage core lord. Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, I got a cat. I got some. I got some corn in the backyard. Nice. Yeah, you got boots. You got boots growing in your kitchen. I got some boots. I got some boots growing. Nice. Yeah. Got a good scoby on that. Thing. I'm a thirty. I'm a. Th- I'm. I'm exactly what you think of a thirty-five-year-old who listens <laughs> to a lot of indie music. When you're- <laughs> nice. Yeah, like the best. Well, um, Dave can attest to this being being in my house currently. I my house is quite cottage core. And yeah. aesthetic, is, is it yeah, not? we're in the we're in the attic of the cottage. Yeah, right yeah. now there's wow. uh, the support the support beam right there. Yeah, You've got sunlight yeah. to grow a lovely monstera. Yeah, or a swamp plant. Yeah, if you like caterpillars in your yeah, room, I, I love caterpillars. <laughs> 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 um, I would like to ask you each an individual question. I can uh, I can uh, for, well if this is what you I can think ask it. it. Is. I yeah, can, it is it's what you're thinking. I can answer it for one of them. Okay. Um, and I just want to ask Dave, do you feel any kinship with a character known as the shadow creature? <laughs> no. It sounds like something you could adapt into one of your comedy shows. Oh, <laughs> the really? shadow creature. In a good way. In what's a good a, way. What's a shadow creature? Oh, tell me. And if, if I, I like, because I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what the shadow creature is. Did Rip. I clock out too early in the No, no. We've surprised you with something. Here. Oh, I've, okay. I've sprung this upon you. Every other guest has had quite a nice little lead into this segment, segment but um, <laughs> not you, Dave. You are just getting <laughs> the shadow creature. And I'm asking you to please make content with that. <laughs> uh, so when I was, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I can talk about this. Well, you can like feel, you can feel free to get rid of this later on. But okay. when I was in high school, um, I went to an all boys Catholic school. Mm. Lots of white boys, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like a little bit slower than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so they adapted the name. They called me the Shadow because <laughs> <laughs> I was in the print group. Wait, I would always be a little bit behind. And someone pointed out, like, David, you're you're like you're always behind us. I think this does resonate brown. with you. Then I um, think this works. You're the shadow, and so they called me Shadow wow. for like oh, a couple of weeks in high school. It was my nickname. So it's not necessarily because you're a person of color that they no, called no. You they shadow. pointed out because I'm also. <laughs> okay, I was trying to. I was, no, trying, to, I was trying, trying to look for any semblance of like justification there. But no, no, they were racist. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got. Yeah, we're teenagers, you know. And I'm feral, dude. So I'm a creature. So I, I kind of relate to the die. You know, right. I got moments that in my life that. I could draw from to do all sorts of things. <laughs> well, what we've done oh, is uh, we have gone through and every catalogued the release date of every single episode of every single ep- uh, TV show that Scooby Doo has uh, based on, <gasps> and we have decided that based on people's birthdays, like you guys wow. were both on the Barbie episode, so you'll remember. We gave you the Barbie from the year you were born as kind of like a horoscope. How does it relate? We thought that giving you a the villain from the episode of Scooby Doo that debuted on your birthday, um, and wow. I happen to know your birthday, Dave, as wow. uh, the sixth of December. Um, no, it's that's not the eighth. I know. Um, <laughs> um, so the eighth, uh, you have the other uh, shadow creature from Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo, season one, episode twelve, the ghoul, the bat, and the ugly that came out in nineteen seventy nine. 
Wow. Um, and now can Hamish. Can you record a new intro into this so I can not have to talk about the shadow? I think shit. The, no, the I think shadow, the shadow shit. thing shit worked. I got, I got fucked. <laughs> no, I got fucked. So, so one thing we've we've liked to see is is how everyone's villain relates to them. I think yeah. that's a really interesting way that your villain relates to you. Oh. Is that it's literally yeah, that a nickname. And that nickname has yeah, been yeah. following you around all your life, much like a shadow. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Okay, you know what? You one guys, guys. So you just call me. me just me. call me Bendy Arms because you keep this thing and I keep going. Yeah, it's like Shaggy meme, and you're on board with the shadow creature. I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, Hamish, when is your birthday? Eleventh of December. Eleventh of December. So oh. not too long after. Yeah. <laughs> you get. Um, oh, this is the light creature. <laughs> um, the so- creature of pure light <laughs> The good creature I'm, I'm going to get um, Shaggy Joe <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be great. So in 1982 they did Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo shorts So it's like one episode would be made up of three shorts So you have several Wonga uh, oh, wow. and Pterodactyl in uh, One Million Years Before Lunch Werewolf Scooby-Doo in Where's the Werewolf And Salty and Flint in Upper Crazy River so that's all one episode all, yeah yeah i feel like all three do like combined make this <laughs> like the the angular kind of um bony kind of thing of a pterodactyl yep. you've got the mm. fuzziness of like um a werewolf love to come out at night uh love to be misunderstood <laughs> and um wow that's so beautiful salty and flint you know you've um i'm a salty guy you're a salty guy but you <laughs> can I'm still i'm a salty mother flipper you know still got that spark, um, from yeah a, like a, from a piece of flint mm. hey mitch how's your pterodactyl can you can can you can you give us a pterodactyl noise Pterodactyls just like aren't they well we don't yeah, actually know what they sounded there like um but <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you've actually provided an excellent segue without even realizing it. Um, because mm. our next little game we that we're going to make you guys play um, is... Pterodactyl noise! Name this dinosaur! We uh, want you guys to bust out some impressions. So we've got a leaderboard... Uh, we've gotten all our guests um, to do some impressions. But what we want to do is we're going to ask you individually in a moment to do your best Scooby-Doo impression. We will rank that out of mm-hmm. three. If it's good enough, you will then move on to doing a Shaggy impression, which will be marked out of three. If you then move on to the final round, you get any character in the Hanna-Barbera universe, dealer's choice wow. uh, to do an impression wow. of. So you can pick you know, your back pocket impression. Mm. That's can, the best. Can I uh, can I psych David out here? Yes. Just because mm-hmm. like I found it very funny when he first did the sh- his Shaggy impersonation, Fuck. and it sounded like an Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> um, also- I want to do the Scooby now. <laughs> Um, also important that we keep forgetting to point out you can absolutely not do this if you want I'm I'm happy to fail Dave are you happy to I love Sweet. All right. Yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen to. I'm keen to get. I'm keen to You're see my board. range. Yeah. Right. My range of Italian based. <laughs> um. All right. Who would like to go first? Then you pick it. You pick it. You pick it. All right. Um. Hamish, let's see what you've got. All right. There's a Scooby Doo first round. 
And then we'll hear. Oh, <laughs> 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 Uh, there's so much there's so much liquid in that impression. <laughs> Alright, we've been writing little notes. I've just written very wet Scooby. Mm. Very wet Scooby? Yeah. How many points right. should we give it, Richard? Uh what do you think, AJ? I reckon I think maybe two. Alright, two points, two points. Um, could you could you give us lines to say as well? Okay, yeah, we yeah, give us lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, your turn for a um for a Scooby. Scooby Doo. Can you say um, "Rot Row Raggy"? There's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rot Row Raggy! There's a monster. I reckon that's a three out of three. That's, that's probably the good. best. That's probably the best Scooby Doo we've had on the episode. I reckon. <sighs> oh, yo, what's up? That was that was, that was sick. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited right now. <laughs> All right, like it's still anybody's game. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very competitive. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm really not. I'm, I'm like trying to keep it in right now, and I hate that I'm competitive. But I'm very. Competitive. I don't give a, I don't. I don't care. I just want to see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor to watch him work. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, Hamish. Well, now we're going to turn uh, back to you for your shaggy impression. And AJ, I've got a prediction that Hamish. Can do a really good check. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking I the same. I can't thing. remember. I can't remember what he sounds like. So I'm excited to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, AJ, do you want to feed along? Yeah, let's do. Um, uh, Zoink Scoob, there's a ghost over there. Zoink Scoob, there's a ghost over there. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a gold. Hannah from American The key to a good shaggy. Maybe Dave should do yeah. this do his before I reveal the key to a good shaggy though. Yeah, oh. I reckon. All right. How how many points are we giving Hamish? I think another two. Shaggy? Sweet. All right, Dave. Oh, you're generous. <laughs> like objectively. No, the thing is, like, once you guys are gone, we we redo the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a wow. That was really three. good. <laughs> wow, that was really crap. Wow, cool. Um, yeah, maybe put down a two. <laughs> this is honestly what auditioning is. Like. Yeah, you know, like, except this, you, you don't like, get anything if you do it good. <laughs> either you don't get it in the audition either. <laughs> oi, oi, hey, Michelle. I don't know if you, who can relate to this, but yo, when you read the when you read the audition, and you're like, this isn't for me. Like, like, yeah. Why am I debasing myself with this? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. then you look at the the numbers and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done an audition, David, where you've gone in too strong and they just look at you and they go, oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> Are you asking, has David Kareos ever gone too strong in an audition? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gone full Kareos in the audition? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I, know, I, got, I know I went too hard when my throat really hurts mm. when I leave yeah. it. Cause, and I'm just like, man, I, yeah, just I screamed too much. Mm. Screamed too much for that one. That was one. a Shortland Street audition, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Dave, we're turning to you now for a shaggy. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, what was the sentence? So give us a, uh, you mean like there's a ghost right behind me? <gasps> you mean like, oh, fuck. No, I can't, I can't, no, I don't know where this one is. Okay. Okay. What was it again? You mean like there's a ghost right behind me? 
You mean like there's a ghost behind me? Uh, God, that <laughs> oh, was so bad. Actually, we're locking that, that one in though. Fucking <laughs> classic, classic me. I do, I do really. What I do, I do good at the beginning. Like, do, do the Italian the one bed. again. <laughs> do the Italian do, one. Yeah, it's do pretty- Italian shaggy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, no, Zoinks, eh? No, Italian accents. They've got like six years. They've got mm. six years, and then it's gonna. Everyone's gonna go back to the vault. Like, oh, he did an Italian. Italian <laughs> You can do Italian accents, I think. Um, the key to a good shaggy is to halfway through the sentence suddenly change your octave upwards. So you go, uh, you mean like there's a ghost right behind me? That, that sort of thing. Oh, Holy. Thank you so much. Holy. I'm not on the leaderboard, unfortunately. And he never will be. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you give us a zoinks? Zoinks! So so it's yeah. it's 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 a very squeaky voice, but it's like He'll get halfway yeah. through a sentence, and then it's like it's like they've done a new record of the line <laughs> and pushed him right up to the top octave. Wow! <laughs> give us, give us. Uh, okay, can I can I have can I have my fun? Yeah. Okay. okay I'm gonna need to get you to say zoinks, but I'm gonna give you different things that Shaggy zoinks sing to. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one, this one is um, the monster. You, he's he's heard. He's, he's trying to keep quiet. Yeah. But the, the doors just shut, and he doesn't know what's behind. Okay. Zoinks! I think that like door just shut on us. <laughs> this is this is very encouraging, Dave. I don't think I'm doing anywhere near as good of a job. No, this is so good. Can I get uh, Shaggy's just discovered his uh, wife wants a divorce? Okay, <clears throat> but like I thought, we were so happy. Can I? Is that good? Uh, can I do get one as Zoinks! I thought we were so happy. <laughs> um, God, that was terrifying to do that and have three people not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we were waiting for you to say zoinks. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, I was, I was <laughs> waiting for it. Welcome to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I didn't do comedy. Um, but I, I want one as well. So can you have um, Shaggy reacting to a child that has just run up to him and is retelling the plot of their favorite movie? Okay. <clears throat> zoinks. Wow. Like... That sounds like a fun movie. <laughs> that was very Ringo Starrish. <laughs> yeah, like, right. We're not here to judge my impressions. <laughs> no, Hamish, give us a. <laughs> Any character I reckon, from uh, uh, I reckon a one for Dave's Shaggy. All right. Fair call. Fair really? Call. You gave that a one and me a two. That seems. Nah, yours is well, we're gonna keep, You guys better. are tired now. <laughs> you, so. you, had the, you, had, you had the raspy. Right. You had the tightness in the throat of Shaggy. Mm-hmm. That's just me, baby. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys are now tied. So have a little think about who, which character from anywhere in Hanna Barbera you want to do an impression of. Any could be from Scooby Doo, Flintstones, um, fucking McGilla Gorilla, Yogi Bear, Captain Caveman. Um, Dino Mutt Dave you've got a, a killer Captain Caveman surely. <laughs> I, I can't remember No, no one can We're millennials We don't know who had No Captain America Caveman was, was great <laughs> right. Yeah yeah uh, Okay Captain I'm sorry I'm sorry Caveman <laughs> I remember Top Cat I yep. remember Wacky Races Yeah uh, Yeah I remember Yogi Bear Was he Hannah yep. Bear? Yeah correct Yeah yep. Alright Hamish are you ready <laughs> The fear is this part of the impression? Yeah, this is this is very abstract. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going through. A, I don't know which voice I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the dog that laughs all the time. Oh, okay, yeah. that great choice, Mutley, Mutley I believe. Yeah. Mutley, yeah. 
I was going to do Muttley too. I loved it. I loved the Muttley. I, I would give that a maybe a, a 2.5 or a 3, Richard. What do you think? I, give him the 3! Oh, let's go 2.5. Okay. Ooh. Wow, you guys Ooh. are generous. <laughs> All right, Dave. Okay. Was Pink Panther? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah? Let's just... What does Pink Panther sound like? Exit. Or was it Stage Top left, Cat? even. Yeah. That's, that that's Top Cat, though. That's Top Cat? Yeah. No, that's Pink yeah. Panther. Is yeah, it? they're both kind of similar. It's almost like there's like four voices in Hanna Barbera, and they just cycle through <laughs> oh, different characters. I can't. All I remembered was Muttley. Mm. What um, about Yogi Beer? Pardon? You can, a, you can do a Yogi Beer. What about what about a little Yogi? Uh, you can do a fucking Yogi Beer. <laughs> hey, boo boo. Oh, boo boo. Oh, boo 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 boo. All right, that was pretty good. That's a pretty good Yogi <laughs> pretty Beer. Good. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon? Hamish, what do you think I we think should that's give that? I think, that's a, I think that's pretty accurate. I think 2.5. Mm. Yes, uh, can Let's we just tie? Because we're friends. Like, <laughs> so, I'm friends with Hamish. <laughs> where does that put them on the leaderboard? Uh, you guys actually tied. So you both end up with 6.5, which puts you uh, tied for fifth uh, behind wow. Lily Hansen, oh, Alistair it. Tremblay, uh Virtual. <laughs> I didn't know the last half of his second name. Uh, Alexi. It wasn't that you didn't know how to pronounce it. It was that. It was that the Google sheet was uh, cutting it off. Yeah. That's so sick. Oh, thanks. I'm sure if he listens, he'll be glad to hear you say that. Oh, yo, I love that guy. Um, and you guys are just above James Mustapuk. Wow. What did he do? Um, uh, he gave up after Shaq. <laughs> No, Who's guys, not gonna do it. No, guys. <laughs> <laughs> three, three oh baby. That was a three I'm baby. Tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> what is this impeccable James Mustard impression? <laughs> okay, do people I hang out with? I can't do cartoon characters. Do, do, do me. Do, do Dave, me. Do Dave. <laughs> 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 I like how no information was communicated in that yeah. impression. Just you. you are so good <laughs> at just knowing what to do. <laughs> this is awesome. Wow. What's your impersonation on me, David? Oh. Oh! Oh! I love this. Yeah. Non-verbal yeah, yeah, impersonation. Yeah. yeah. Daddy wants a snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. It's like a jazz singer who like, forgot how to bebop. <laughs> For, like forgetting how to skit. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, Ghibli mama. Um, shall we uh, bring this to a close then? After the, the these wonderful yeah, impressions, finally, this this wonderful <laughs> journey we've been on. Dave and Hamish, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you online? Uh, at David Post Office. Sweet on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, on everything. That's my handles. Sweet. David Post Office. Hamish. You just Google me, baby. I'll be there. Mm. <laughs> can we plug? Can we plug a? Can we plug a horror show? Oh yeah, fuck yeah! yeah. Can we yeah. Plug some stuff? When, when's the when's the horror show? Um, it's going to be in uh, February and March. Okay, uh, February the twenty first in Christchurch. Okay, that, that's the uh, day oh, after out, this comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should be all good for that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then there's one at uh, in Wellington. Uh, that's going to be at Bats Theatre from the first to the fifth of March. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be at Basement Theatre. 
um, for on the from the seventh to the eleventh of March. That's I think I'm owed a ticket to your show. You're sick. Come along because beca- because I I bought one yeah. and then you had to cancel it because of COVID and then just nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. I didn't get refunded. I didn't go to any another one of your shows. So I think it's still. Uh, like, well, it's not our fault, is it? No, no, it's not. He just brought you guys on here to confront you about that. <laughs> awesome Sorry. so that's that's oh, a horror just, show you're just, that? tr- you're just trying to get money out of the arts aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we're suffering don't you know that aj i'm in the arts too hamish i'm, I'm not as All funny right, so as you but I, I, i'm in it just buy another ticket <laughs> um what's a horror show what is that what do you mean by that it's uh, it's called Ha Ha Horror, and it's just the most cook shit that <laughs> Hamish could come up with. <laughs> okay, I will Is be there. Is there any other description that you've got, Hamish? Yeah, it seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, we will uh, see you there. <laughs> we'll see you at Ha Ha Horror. Thank you very much for talking Scooby Doo. Thank you for doing the do. Until we'll next time. <laughs> do, 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 and do, let's, do, do. let's uh, walk forward, Richard, with this new re- revitalization into um, Scooby Doo and the music of the vampire. Which is the 25th fucking, 24th fucking <laughs> film that we've got to talk about. This, this was halfway, though. Yeah. This was halfway through the films. Yeah. You did this to yourself. <laughs> Hamish, zero sympathy, doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> A mystery to solve and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise how much more can we take this podcast was a fucking mistake every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering now aj tell me about your mood my life sucks richard oh yeah i where so first of all if it's not it's summer holidays right but if it's not a bloody kindergarten next door it's um me talking about Scooby Doo, <laughs> or or my neighbours operating some kind of heavy machinery, which I'm hoping the microphone isn't picking up. It's one or the other. God fucking damn it! It's just it's it's like oh the kids aren't playing today. Time to leaf blow into a microphone. I don't know. It's not by a lot of metrics early in the morning, but I was <laughs> up late. Uh. What were you watching. doing up so late? <laughs> I had to. I had work to do. I was busy yesterday, and after we finished recording with Dave and Hamish, I was like, "All right, I need a break from because we'd we'd recorded like four segments of the Scooby Doo podcast yeah. to yesterday." And I was like, "All right, I need a break." And I maybe took t- a too long of a break, and then I had to do some work, and then I had to watch. The not the movie we're talking about now, but the next movie we're gonna talk yeah, about. Yeah, you messaged me last night at two oh nine AM saying starting big top now, lol. Yeah, and now it's ten AM. I wouldn't have got to sleep till about four ish, maybe. Yeah. So you haven't had uh, your eight hours. I haven't had I haven't had anywhere near close my usual ten to twelve hours of sleep, Richard. <laughs> and I feel horrible and we have to do this now because we well, I, did we explain this we we had to because of guest scheduling and trying to trying to make uh make plans work how we planned them we had to cram about nine Scooby Doo movies mm. I gotta watch one still 
Yeah. I still got to watch one today. I forgot about that. I was going to go back to sleep. Yeah, I'm thankfully up to date. And then I think we get to slow down a little bit. But this is just what happens when you try to book people over Christmas and New Year's, which I think we've already explained. Anywho, the film we're talking about now is Scooby-Doo, Music of the Vampire. Mm. And as IMDb trivia describes this is the first full-on musical in the scooby-verse <laughs> that's true though <laughs> yeah it is the first full-on musical it's also like i don't know if i would consider this film part of the fuck aj era because mm. this this because the next one is big top scooby-doo fulfills all the same tropes and and feels like it's 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 a sequel to um uh fantasaur not sequel to fantasaur but in the same series as fantasaur but do you know the budget on music of the vampire compared to the other films because this feels like so much more like the animation is like five times better than it is in the other Mm. movies the Um, i don't know if things like the budget are (laughs) <laughs> publicly available for these yeah maybe but do you know like there's so much more texture to this one this mm. this is my i've put this third in my ranking wow it's it's behind uh zombie island and alien invaders and the only reason alien invaders beats it is because the groovy song from alien invaders is mm. better than any of the songs in this yeah. movie yeah, sure. but th- there's just this yeah this it like the first thing i noticed is that it's like scooby-doo music of the vampire and then it says original movie like in the right, yeah. in the title that appears in the film for some reason mm. like so i i do you know it was this made separate from the other movies being made um, at the time it's no it's not like damn notably part of anything different oh damn i thought that that was going to be a sure thing because it's just it feels like there's scooby-doo movies and then there's oh let's make a scooby-doo movie Mm. you know this feels almost like it could go to theaters this one wow bold bold call i mean it's directed by david block so Mm -hmm. maybe it's just maybe maybe ethan spaulding isn't the the uh hot shot director i hot, made him yeah. out to be <laughs> and uh, maybe david blocks who you're actually after do you, but, do you know what i'm talking about though or is this just no something i think I've be, i think it's the sleep deprivation no it's not you crazy. i've been thinking about this for two days since i saw the movie is this being, is, did it keep you up at uh, night no it's not a, it's something i'm worried about i'm just like oh interesting this this feels like a lot more love and care went into it than the other movies wow like it doesn't have the um the alternate animation opening title sequence like the other fuck aj era films mm. do it doesn't like have um the just for laughs band making music for <laughs> yeah. it i don't know, it just felt different it felt like this was like if the other ones are the tv show somehow this is the movie <laughs> that mm. doesn't make sense but that's that's what it felt like what is music of the vampire about though aj so interestingly as well we're returning to the creole swamps of louisiana and it's not specifically new orleans is it it's just louisiana but like this is where zombie island took place so it feels like there's that's somewhat of a 
intentional decision. They're going on holiday. The mystery gang are going on holiday, and um, this isn't very different from the other movies. Their holiday is interrupted by Whoa. real going goings on. <laughs> but the main the main crux of it is is that Valma has t- decided where they're going, and they're going to a vampire convention or a vampire Petite fair. Shell Sallyville. Mm, exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, and this, the um, the vampire f- at the vampire fair, uh, which is almost like a ren fair, but vampire themed. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a sort of forgotten author there named Van Helsing, not that Van Helsing, who's like a vampireologist, and they they sort of strike up a conversation with him and find out that he's like sad that no one is like reading proper vampire literature anymore they're all reading a uh, silverlight which is a at the time i'm sure very very uh you know yeah very it's a relevant parody Times, uh number one best-selling movie uh book which is described on the cover as being sappy and glittery yeah so it's a it's a twilight joke in mm. what 2000 uh 12 that's pretty late that's pretty late for a twilight no, that's like what Eclipse came. No, no, that was the same no. year as Breaking Dawn Part One, I think. Yeah, so it, it's pretty. Um, I just think it's too late to be done. Well, I think maybe with the amount of love and care they put into this film, it probably took a little bit longer. Mm, that's probably true. Mm. Uh, maybe that's why, actually. Maybe genuinely, maybe that's why it doesn't fit in with the other films surrounding it, is because mm. it was probably started, took this the production of the other two films to, for it to come yeah, out. Yeah, took so long to write all the bloody songs. Yeah, yeah. So they they find out that there's like a vampire musical happening. Um, and so they go to that, and the vampire musical the actors are performing like a dress rehearsal and they're a bunch of like goths and in their dress rehearsal they do a real what van helsing tells us is a real vampiric ritual which allegedly summons a real vampire that starts running amok in this little louisiana town um there's some uh lady as as well who's like a um what's she doing what's that she's not she's not um She's trying to sell something. She's trying to, like, capitalize. She's built up to be, like, the main suspect, but then ultimately yeah. has, like, nothing to do with, with anything. The uh, Valma gets kidnapped by the the drama guy, the guy from the musical who has, like, taken on board being, like, mm. an, a, a, an undead vampire and they want to make her a vampire bride. Um, Shaggy, for a lot of this, believes he's been bit by a vampire, but he was actually just sort of, like nicked by a wooden stake a stake yeah. yeah um and the uh in the end it turns out that the monstrous vampire is actually van helsing himself in a costume using very elaborate techniques to make it look like he's not in on it uh he's got this gas that hypnotizes people which is like kind of just as amazing as if vampires were real <laughs> you know i keep thinking about what um andy and alistair said that like there are so many things in Scooby-Doo that are more amazing than a monster being real. Mm. And we're like, don't worry, the monster's not real, kids. Magic's not real and we can go back to normal. And it's like, okay, but there's a talking dog. And yeah, this- there's, there's a hologram that can kill you. Yeah, yeah, there's somehow projectors are being used a lot and all over the place. Because mm. um, I was thinking about this, when was the invention of the projector? Because 
was it ma- was a projector mainstream by 1969 or what did the projector come to prominence during scooby-doo's lifetime and the writers of scooby-doo were like oh fuck yes this is so convenient we can just use this now <laughs> uh well i mean the projector because obviously we had movies yeah um so they've been around since pre-1900 Okay. But I, I feel like they really came into prominence in 1969 when Scooby-Doo debuted. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, there's like, because there's one thing that I was like, this is ridiculous, where uh, Van Helsing, before they know he's the bad guy, he gets pulled out of the boat in the bayou by a, mm. by some vampire hands and dragged away and he's just like go without me save Daphne and then it turns out the way he did that was he built like bionic arms and hid mm. them in the in the reeds and then had a like a trigger that he stopped on and it's like where was this thing you were in a boat a moving boat where this happened yeah, and Val was just like it, yeah. check it out and she stops and it comes out of the the bushes there right next to i was like what is going on this mm. this is such a far reach anyway he, he did it predictably because um he wanted to drive more traffic to the, yeah to so um yeah, Vincent Van Helsing wanted to become a uh, make the place a year-round tourist attraction and sell books, and also the Fangen Chance um, mm. wanted to become immortal actual vampires. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you quite liked this one, didn't you? So I think it's it's just objectively, I think a more well-made animation mm. and and structured film. I think. My my biggest issue with it is like I'm like I'm so stoked we've got a musical and I was mm. like oh fuck yes I'm so ready for a Scooby Doo musical a Scooby Doo if you will, mm. uh, but all of the songs are like really bad or or yeah. at least un- unnotable. I remember somewhat liking the opening and closing song, yeah. which is a, is about how they're going on holiday. Yeah, it's also there's no more monsters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they're going on holiday, and Daphne's like, "We're going to listen to show tunes on the way." Yeah, yeah, and she yes. pops, um, and then so they start singing. They're like, "You'll be singing along before you know it," and mm. that sort of sets up them singing and then it being a musical. Mm. Yeah, there's a line in that song where Fred says, "We don't want no spooks or kooks," and I was like, "This feels like, yeah, <laughs> like these feel like slurs <laughs> <laughs> in the world of Scooby Doo." Yeah, um, I mean, Fred's pretty Aryan, so you know, mm. <laughs> makes sense. I like the part where where they're all singing and they're the, the uh, what? Do you know what the song's called? Maybe I should look. Which up one? Some the lyrics. first song. The first one. Uh, the first song is called uh dumb with monsters because there is i think the lyrics are quite other than the possibly racist one mm. um so it's, it starts off shaggy i don't want no more ghouls or nothing scary no apparitions giving me a fright don't want nothing that i need to bury or creatures that go and bump in the night daphne goes no poltergeist and nothing supernatural no giant beast that sneaks up from behind Shaggy says, no ghosts that rattle chains, Daphne, or things that eat your brains. And Shaggy and Daphne both say, no banshee that scares me out of my mind. The chorus is, we're finally on vacation and we're going someplace new. And then Scooby-Doo says, rest and relaxation. And they all say, is all we're going to do. Which I thought was a brilliant lyric to give to Scooby. You can Mm. only begin words that start with R. So he says, rest and relaxation. I was like, ah. And it makes sense. It's like the only line he sings in the song. Uh, So I don't know. This was all right. This song, 
I also was, the only other one that stood out to me was called Scooby and Me. And on the Wikipedia I page, remember it. the Scoobypedia page, the only ones that actually have like their own pages are Scooby and Me and Dumb with Monsters. Mm. But yeah, Scooby because and the me others is just, are barely it, notable. There's like yeah. a waltz that just sounds like every waltz you've ever heard. Mm. and Yeah, it's just a song about how much you love Scooby and it's always <laughs> going to be Scooby and Me. So I looked at the songs were all written by a guy called Randy Rogel. Mm. And uh, he is known for, um, he wrote Yakko's World. No shit, that's such a classic. Yeah. I guess, but that's not, that's also not original, is it? Yakko's no, World's a parody. Dance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He he wrote like all the songs for Animaniacs and um, he wrote episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Right, so this is pretty good, this is a pretty effective man at, at what he does. Mm. That's interesting. Like... I don't know. I'm surprised to hear that because songs and 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 those shows and and just the writing in those shows are often like really good. But is it that there's only usually like one song per episode of Animaniacs? Is that mm. maybe the, the the thing? Or maybe the music in Animaniacs isn't any good. I don't remember. But it's no, it's Yako's more like world though. Oh, that is. Yeah, I, but he didn't create the melody to that, which is yeah, the whole but, thing. But um, it's apparently he no he was helping his daughter with homework and he noticed that United States, Canada, and Mexico and Panama rhymed and he was like hmm, i know i can do with this and um mm. yeah fun fact i know all the words to that song and it's helped me in many a pub quiz well do you want to crank it all i remember is new zealand is like second to last no the, um australia's second to last ah okay do you want to sing it New Zealand is New Guinea, Sumatra, New Zealand, then Borneo and Vietnam to New Zealand. Yeah. Anyway, it starts with United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, two, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guinea, still Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, Bermuda. Uh, the main thing is getting your, <laughs> like I know the words. It's just getting your mouth around it. Now was Tobago, Simon. You know. That's all the countries. Yeah. I don't need to do the whole song. <laughs> what did you think of this? You you haven't did you like it as much as well, I don't uh, know if I liked it. It was more just like it was fun. It'd feel in, insane to put this any lower than yeah. Whatever. So I um I mentioned I watched Fantasaur with a couple other people, and then I was like, "Oh, do you guys want to watch the next one?" And they were like, "No," and I was like, "Well, I." Like, I actually have to watch it. So. Um, and they were like, oh, okay, fine. Then you, you chuck it on. And then when this one started being a musical, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one thing to make people watch a Scooby-Doo film. It's mm. another thing to make people watch a full-on musical in the Scooby-verse. And then not even a good musical anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a good Man. film, just the songs aren't notable. If the songs were notable, this would be tied with Zombie Island. Zombie Island's a better story, but this has got... If this had songs, it would give this one its own little mm. Creole spice. The movie has a has a um, framing device where a, yeah. a an old man... Um, Voiced by Jim Cummings. With doing a doing a, I'm not sure if it's offensive or not. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Louisiana like Creole accent. accent, yeah, yeah, right. 
Is that offensive? Because the character's white. felt offensive. <laughs> I don't know enough about the Cajun um, story. Area, yeah. But he, he, he's like, ah, oh, let me, let me, oh, I probably shouldn't do the accent just in case. Yeah. He basically says, let me, let me tell you the story about the vampire, the music of the vampire. Uh, and then they, they, so it's he's telling the story, and then halfway through the movie, um, Shaggy and Scooby run into him, and they he gives he yeah, feeds yeah. them gumbo. But then he doesn't close the story. Mm. He doesn't end the story. You never see him again. I was like, no, no. When you when you open mm. a movie with a guy telling you a story, you are to go back to. He him. needs to finish the story. It just ends. You it's so owe funny. that to your audience. <laughs> I, I, I have a question. I want to ask you. Mm. Are you familiar with, like, the other stories that this movie referenced? And what would you say is, like, the appeal of vampires or musicals? What are the other stories it references? Yeah, like, vampires and stuff. Other stories? Mm. Like, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with vampires. I, I imagine I know maybe slightly more than your average person. Like, mm. I feel, I don't know how, like, you know, I know that um that you need to invite a vampire and I feel like that's not. That's becoming maybe common vampire knowledge, mm. but but not. I know. Are you that, just saying um, that because of the Renfield trailer? Yeah, yeah. I, do you know what I, the Renfield trailer came out the other day, and I was like, "Are people going to get that he that he, he was invited in, and that's the joke?" Mm. I wonder if that was that was. I mean, I only know this because I've seen a movie literally called "Let the Right One In," but oh, yeah. um, the I think. Um, I thanks to Fright Night, I also know that uh, traditional vampires can turn into mist and dogs, mm. uh, which is referenced in this. Yeah, the movie. misters. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, mm. That's the second thing I've ever seen that said vampires can turn into mist. The first being Fright Night. <laughs> mm. Well, okay. Another question for you then is that some readers have criticised other Scooby movies for their paranormal themes. Do you think that vampires, monsters, and ghosts? Belong in an animated movie geared towards young kids. Yeah, I think that's the best shit. Nice. Well, I think it makes you a better person. I mm. think it makes you a, a more equipped person, a more creative person. I think a little bit of non-threatening scariness is one of the best things you can give a, a growing child. Wow. As in, like, what showing them a scary movie, something that can't actually get them. I think mm. it. I think it gives a person a better personality. Wow. Are you reading off Common Sense Media? I am reading off Common Sense Media. <laughs> um, I, I was waiting for you to pick up on that. Um, turning to your old friend, mm. Common Sense Media, this is an incredible tool, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like for, for, for parents and their children or for the podcast? Uh, both. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, education of value, not present, apparently. <laughs> Positive yeah, role but- models. It's got three out of five, and it says, mm-hmm. uh, what's great about the Scooby gang is that they're all so different, yet manage to be close friends who work well together. They use yeah. their different skills to complement each other when working on a mystery. Sometimes, well, <laughs> a lot of the time. Shaggy and Scooby <laughs> are frightened, but eventually rise to the occasion and push through to act bravery. <laughs> Mm. It sounds like Scooby-Doo wrote the last word because <laughs> it should be bravely. Yeah. I think, um, I think, and I've said this before, I think something that I really like about the dynamic is there's never any doubt with any of the characters. Mm. Like in Fantasaur, Scooby's like, I saw a dinosaur and Shaggy's like, you saw a dinosaur, you know, mm. like they don't, they, there's never any like, I don't believe you. They they know better than that. And I think that imbues every like movie that we've seen. There's yeah. this deep trust and respect for each other that 
um, that I guess I like. Um, speaking of, uh, we're talking before about like vampire lore. Hmm. Did I ever tell you that um, when I was a kid and I saw Shrek and when Shrek is explaining that ogres are like onions because they have layers, Hmm. my interpretation of this was that traditionally ogres have layers, multiple layers of skin. Like that's part of ogre lore. Like like how a unicorn has a horn or how you need to invite a vampire in for Hmm. him to come in. I thought ogres had layers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because what else is, is like people don't know this about ogres i was like oh interesting and then like then like there's a line where donkey's like you're so wrapped up and then layers onion boy so it's like right yeah because he's got multiple layers of skin and the reason the dragon didn't burn him to a crisp is because he's got layers i don't know why his <laughs> his shirt stayed intact but you know well that's just one of the layers yeah okay there you go i mean we all have layers except when we're naked um i i this i love it there's so many stories of you interpreting things in just like the most literal sense and being but the thing is that you're always like oh yeah cool that makes sense i loved the like we talk about end game when mm. they're like why aren't they just firing down and he's like but sire the troops um and you heard it as but sire the truce and you were like oh they have they have a truce then that's why they're not doing it <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that <laughs> um but you're all, like <laughs> just these misheard things you're always just so happy to accept <laughs> <laughs> like how i thought that the twist of ace ventura was that this woman had a dick on her butt <laughs> <laughs> I thought that until we watched it for the podcast, I was like, it's some weird story about a woman who's grown a penis on her butt. (laughs) Spoilers and also problematic references to Ace Ventura. Yeah. Anywho, um, what do you say we move this discussion right along and talk about big top? Yeah, let's do it. Take off that small top and put on a big one, AJ. Hmm. AJ's wearing an L-fitting t-shirt for those. <laughs> I can't see what you're wearing. Where am I dressing gown? Mm. Stars on it. The biggest top. We got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. It's real sad that this, like, I'm sort of more woken up now and that the one I actually liked, I was grumpy and miserable for. And now the one that is responsible for me staying up late Mm. is, I'm like, ready to talk about. The the buzzsaw or whatever it is outside. I'm so sorry if that's getting picked up. It is quite loud, but Mm. I've often been surprised at how little this microphone will pick up outside of my voice. So hopefully, (laughs) like, like I've had my air conditioner on and it hasn't picked up, like, like five feet away from me. So, um, so this These is are great microphones. We have a great setup, Richard. Oh, we do. Our we, audio sounds great. We have great banter as well. I think is quite important. <laughs> it's good for a podcast. Yeah. 
So this is Big Top Scooby-Doo. This is directed by Ben Jones, came out in 2012 as well. And um, yet, do you know, this is the first Scooby-Doo film we've covered that doesn't start with the word Scooby-Doo. What about Aloha Scooby-Doo and Chill Out Scooby-Doo? No, yeah. That's the first oh, one. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is this. We're back in the fuck AJ era. Yeah. You know, like it's so weird. We dipped out for like this sort of more lavish, expensive movie, and and I was like, oh, did the did the fuck AJ era just last like three movies, and that was it? Mm. But it's like no, no. There was they just dipped out for one movie, and then we're back in it. Um, and I really liked Abracadabra Do and Camp Scare. Camp Scare. I really liked Camp Scare, and I really liked Fantasaur. <laughs> legend of the of the phantasaur i thought this one sucked this is like the one of the worst ones we've watched like mm. i i thought this was so i mean one of the worst ones we watched still places at probably like 15 movies before the end of the list but <laughs> yeah. like i like i i don't know i maybe i was it was because i had to watch it or i was in a bad mood i just thought the the stru- the plot structure and so much of it was just like seen it before boring um but yeah, mm. what did you think of it? Should I say what it's about? Yeah, I just realized I had another page of notes for um, Music of the Vampire. Damn. Do you want to go back? No. Fuck. Is there anything interesting? Fuck. Oh, God, so interesting. So interesting. And the world's never going to know them. What? You're going to deprive listeners this deep? Um, of well, actually, thoughts? there's there's one noteworthy thing that happened in... Um, in the last film we talked about that um it was I, I, as far as i can remember that's like the first time we've actually seen daphne be the damsel in distress when she gets taken by the um the vampires yeah yeah we're starting to see certain tropes that you take for granted actually being implemented i had a similar thought in um legend of the phantasaur where there's a big storyline about fred uh, needing to pass his science exam mm. and i was like Fred, you're 48 years old. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's like, no, no, they've always been teenagers, or at least they were rebooted back to teenagers at some point. Mm. They're like explicitly adults in the live action films and the Zombie Island ones. Mm. Yeah, but those are supposed jump. to take place yeah. take place later. Yeah. Also, I just, in that Scooby and Me song, there's an interesting line. I can't remember the exact line, but it's Shaggy implies that he thinks the rest of the mystery gang wouldn't care if he died. <laughs> that rhymed itself. Maybe that was the lyric. Yeah. Um, All right, anyway, the, sorry. So, so Big Top, we start with our, our alternatively animated sequence. It's not so much of a Beach Boys ripoff this time, though, I guess. The music. Um, I can't remember how it went, but it was not as bad yeah or not not it didn't feel like it's from the 60s which i don't know how i feel about but basically they're on holiday in atlantic city where quote nothing bad ever happens or something like that and then daphne's like what about like gang shootouts or something and i was like jesus christ bringing that up in your kids movie uh and they shaggy wants to go see his favorite swedish death metal band play which sounds awesome and it's like something i should be liking in this movie but they get distracted because because fred fred gets distracted by the circus being in town and fred loves the circus bro and he he's always loved the circus well yeah this yeah like that's fred's thing fred's a dweeb yeah 
yeah, true. I guess that came through here because he talks about how cool it is and then he just makes them go. Mm. Uh, but the circus numbers are, are bad because there is a, a werewolf on the loose that's maybe scaring customers or something. And anyway, they almost immediately run into the werewolf. There's no there's no graceful storytelling around it. They just run into a werewolf. Uh, and the, the story is sort of about the Mystery Inc. gang needing to step in for everyone who's gone missing in the circus and so you see them do a bunch of circus tricks shaggy gets really popular he meets the lead singer of his favorite swedish death metal band and um they fight the werewolves and it turns out that the werewolves are actually ba- baboons in in suits and also one of the one of the circus people who is still around and they think the mystery which need double day yeah they think that they think the mystery's solved but surprised there's still about 10 minutes left in the movie and then they realize that the like the strong man was also in on it because they're like no one called us meddling kids it doesn't feel like this is over mm. and so there's a there's admittedly a pretty great climax because scooby-doo's climax is a pretty good Hmm. sometimes where they it's like a train level (laughs) they the mystery machine drives up alongside the circus train and shaggy and scooby jump onto the train uh and manage to coerce the animals on board to attack the bad guy uh which was an interesting a couple of interesting moments of continuity here that scooby can speak to other animals (laughs) interesting we've long since established that the other the mystery gang can understand Scooby. yeah like there was a there was a brief flash we're like can they and no they definitely can but this yeah. is the first time we've seen Scooby able to like use his his transliterative powers for good. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's not speaking English to the baboons. He's speaking no. baboon to them. Yeah, but then all the animals come in, so presumably yeah. there's just an animal language, mm. uh, like in Wild Thornberries. Mm. And they win the Save the Day. They get called Meddling Kids, and the Swedish death metal band plays for the mystery gang alone if they do a whole concert concert in the stadium for five or six people and i was like this i wouldn't want this if i'm going to go to a concert for my favorite band i want it to be packed and like there'd be heaps of people there i don't need it to be exclusive for me it would feel stupid mm. they're like are you ready to rock and it's like i why are you talking to me like this? of course so i am yeah, yeah why else would i be here the other thing that that i thought was mildly interesting was shaggy has a nightmare where he imagines scooby gets bit by a werewolf mm. and turns into a human and we see a human rendition of scoobert do and he's he looks like shit he looks like a a, a stinky overweight version of shaggy <laughs> and he doesn't even have scooby-doo's voice is just like hey man yeah man (laughs) yeah and i thought and then he wakes up but i was like i was thinking a couple movies ago i would like to see a human version of of scooby-doo and here it happens so maybe i can make wishes and they'll come true in the scooby-doo episode wow what else would you is there anything else you want to wish um i want (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i want to see daphne and 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 more bikinis uh, but have the movie explicitly state that she's over 18 <laughs> like she gets a bikini for her 18th birthday no i gotta be older it gotta be no, like, she, 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 like oh bikini for her 18th birthday and then she puts on and you're like yes yes and then later on she's like 
well, I don't actually turn 18 till tomorrow. Like, <laughs> 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 like, what kind of fucked up movie would that be if it's like, like they go out of there? Like, because because Camp Scare, mm. I have been thinking about this a lot. And like, should I edit out the part where we're talking about how <laughs> old is? But like, Camp Scare is not one of the ones that establishes how old they are and i think mm. if it did it would be a weirder movie like on the movie makers part yeah it'd be like pervier and they're 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 playing off the fact that they haven't seen how old the characters are mm. in that one i think maybe or maybe i'm just desperate to come across as a good person yeah i just found out like just while i was waiting for you to um to come online that when the sugar babes released their first single that train coming, I know it's destination. They were mm-hmm. 15. That's weird. That's How old were they and push the button? <sighs> um, all right, when did push the button come out? 2006. 2000... It's 2006. 2005. Uh, they were 20. Ah! I remember my life when that song came yeah. out. And it was it got either going to be 05 or 06. Um. God, that music video, man. And I can say this because they were 20. Fuck, that was so <laughs> sexy. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it as a young as a young Christian 12-year-old. I was like, this is perverse. I was like a little old Republican. Yeah. But like, yeah, Mucha Buena in that song, how she's like just wearing these little booty shorts. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, it was insane. I like I it's and and I remember my mum really liked the song and I was like oh you got to see the music video mum and she didn't even care <laughs> and then, and I hated the song and then she made it her ringtone and I was like the song I will never escape the song now I kind of like the song mm. but I like round round yeah better. round around it was good um what year did that was that the same that was off the album that was that was pre that was pre uh, push the button yeah so that they were seventeen when that song came out. Well, I'm just saying I like the song. I'm not saying anything else about it. I think one of them was 18. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, there's a really interesting um, like ship of Theseus thing with the Sugar Babes as well. No kidding. Yeah. So it was like Sugar Babes, the original, I need to I'll get their actual names, but um, the original lineup was um, uh, Keisha, Siobhan, and Mucha and they left like one by one sort of thing until there was a band called sugar babes which had none of the original members in it but then the original lineup got back together but couldn't call themselves sugar babes so they formed a band wow. called mucha kesha shimon well yeah classic you've heard of them yeah but it's like that it's like they weren't allowed to use the name but it's like they're actually more sugar babes than this other band mm. and you know that happened to me with um aj's movie club <laughs> <laughs> i had a I had a facebook movie club for a couple of years and then um it was dying so i i retired it and then uh lent it gave it to uh listener ben close who may be the steep in the podcast i don't know uh and then it's like like i i retired the movie club maybe two to four months before we started the discord Mm. and i think about that all the time because if the movie club existed once we got our discord and once we actually started like learning there were quite a lot of people that listened to our show (laughs) like they i absolutely could have got them to join the movie club and now i don't have it and i think ben still runs it so ben this is me saying i want it back (laughs) (laughs) um 
I I want to ask you, AJ. Mm. Um, Is this a common sense media question? Um, Um, Do you think the violence in animated movies is less upsetting than in live action movies? Does the violence seem less threatening since it's a comedy? Yes, 1000%. What is this question? Mm. These are such leading questions. These are such loaded Mm. questions to turn children into little Republicans. Something (laughs) I am well versed in. AJ, why do you think the crime-solving pooch and his friends still appeal to audience? (laughs) That's actually a really good question. Mm. And something that we should talk about in the Scooby-Doo episode, particularly on a movie I have very little to say about other than you see a human version of Scooby-Doo. Because it is interesting, isn't it, that, like, these characters... Like, I had this thought when I saw someone dress up as the mystery gang for a party. And I was like, when was the last time you saw a Scooby-Doo thing? And it's like, these, these characters, people... It's it's underrated how how like Scooby Doo has has stuck in the pop culture consciousness. I would say on a similar track to characters like Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. Wow. Certainly not to that degree, but like you know you can you can just do you can just dress up as Mickey Mouse. You can just buy a Mickey Mouse toy Tail and, and it's stuff, such a- and people know who you are. um and and similar i guess with with bugs bunny um and the what's the most iconic part of a bunny the ears okay Uh, and like you can you can just do that and no one's gonna be like oh that's interesting that you've i didn't know you're into that because it's just kind of like these things that everyone's into but scooby-doo is like is kind of like that as well like People dress up and people... I think that the Mystery Gang is so, like... Their outfits are so iconic, but also so easy to replicate. And so, Mm. if you are doing... That's the key to their success. But, like, for things like costume parties, where you're like, oh, that's an odd thing to do. If you're looking for a group costume, you have two guys, Mm. two girls. That's, like, the easiest thing you can do. One of you just gets to wear, like, chinos and a green shirt. Mm. And look like shit. Yeah. The rest have to. I mean, yeah, the other ones are probably harder. The I, I reckon Daphne's the hardest one. Yeah, or, or, finding an orange turtleneck's probably hard. That's true. They're easy to make sexy as well. Yeah, fuck yeah. If, I if think you're that's, a, that's part of the appeal. Yeah. Well, how do, how would you even make something sexy if you're under eighteen? Yeah. I hate this joke. We should stop making this joke. Really, this is one of my favorite running jokes on the podcast. <laughs> it just feels so dicey because also, like as I established a couple episodes back, um, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I didn't continue a conversation with a twenty-two year old on mm. on Hinge, which is so much older than eighteen. So clearly, my standard is a little, a little more respectable than just mm. over eighteen. Okay. Mm. I'm a good person. Well, I'm not the one who said I liked Round Round by the Sugar Babes. <laughs> I was watching this on 1.5 speed last night. Wow. On my laptop. I had ordered Uber Eats for the third time in a day. Wow. Because my FPOS card, my debit card, I'm in between debit cards. I basically, my debit card was expiring in a couple of weeks. So I tried to get ahead of it and wound up accidentally like retiring the one I have and activating a new one that I don't have yet. Mm. And so I can only use Uber Eats with our PayPal to get food. Um, And 
So I was. What did you? What were your three Uber Eats? I had breakfast. I bought uh, I, it is horrible Uber Eats orders as well across the board. For breakfast, I bought pancakes from Theo Broma, mm. the chocolate lounge, uh, and it was just insane, like sil- tiny little silver dollar pancakes, <laughs> and then like chocolate syrup and ice cream. And I was like, this is too much for the morning. And then before Dave arrived at my house, I was like, I'm so hungry, but he's going to be here in like 10 minutes. So I really quickly ordered McDonald's. He wasn't there for about half an hour uh, in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he went to the wrong house. Um, And, uh, and then, so I had McDonald's, which isn't, is probably the the best meal, (laughs) but still not, you know, not great. And then um, as I was finishing up my work and it was 2 a.m. and I had to watch Big Top Scooby-Doo, I was like, all right, I'm going to get some food. So I ordered from the 24-7 bakery in Christchurch. Oh, wow. and I got a, a pepper steak pie, a cream donut, and a Fanta. And I didn't brush my teeth when I went to bed last night. And I woke up and my mouth tasted like old Fanta. And wow. I was like, ugh. Still haven't brushed my teeth to this day. Oh my god! So if you're smelling that, <laughs> that's mm. what that is. That's old phantom. Um, and so I was watching this, and my eyes just were like not focusing. They were they were going in and out of focus, and it reminded me, Richard, that I need to get some new glasses because I can't see without my glasses <laughs> or with my glasses. Um, that storyline is not forgotten. Uh, and it's it's if anything, it's becoming more and more pertinent because mm. as these movies start to glaze over me in the second half, you know we're on we're we're in the second half, but we're not on the home stretch. Yeah. If anything, the the idea that we still have to watch half as much as we already or no, and the exact same amount <laughs> as we already have is like feels life defining. It feels like <laughs> horrendous, you know, and and, yeah. and that's just something we have to live with. Are you, what are you thinking for your new glasses? I'm going round after wearing round for um for my short film mystery box. Mm. I, they were fake, but I thought I looked kind of cool. Right, so I'm Is always getting to glasses like for anything? you don't have round. You have like rounded triangular glasses. I'm talking like perfect circles. How dare you? <laughs> Do you have Bailey Nelson in Christchurch? No, I don't know. You should go there. You usually get like two what? for a couple hundred or something. Oh, dude, no, that's that's a scam. You, you what you do is you get an eye exam, then you email the eye exam to like one of many online retailers. You'll get like thirty five dollar glasses. That feels like a scam. That's everyone I know does this. And their glasses last. And even if they don't last as long as the expensive ones, it's like, okay, it's just another $35. Like, yeah, no, I get, um, I get my, these are made in New Zealand. They're, um, no, so. You're not, no, you're not, you're not, you're the chump. You're the one who's, 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 uh, falling to the, uh, the, the, like, the, what's it called? The monopoly that the glasses company has in the world there's like one glasses company and they own all the other mainstream glasses companies the reason no, glasses are bailey so nelson. expensive how much are bailey nelson uh it's like you get like two for 200 or something that's too much i'm not spending that much on glasses when i can get perfectly good ones well, are your glasses are something that i don't want to like skimp out on uh they they look great all my best friends do this and their glasses are so much cooler i don't mine. do this and i'm your best friend yeah that's true <laughs> well 
Lucas does it, and they're my other best friend. Um, I one thing that's interesting back to the film. So you mentioned how but like we're still talking about this. The how how Shaggy gets really popular, and I wrote in my notes that Shaggy gets mad Riz, which is funny because Dave <laughs> used that same term um two films ago, but it felt like it was again one of those things where I was like, did I? fall asleep and miss part of this movie because for just like 20 minutes it feels like a completely different film about shaggy just being surrounded by babes and scoob gets jealous mm, well that did happen in the movie i can't tell you if you fell asleep <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <what you're laughs> um yeah i don't know it just felt like it, it, it just felt so much of a departure from everything else that had happened up until that right. point I mean, I think this is like like we said, like what's the appeal of a Scooby Doo movie? And it's mm. it's not so much the mystery, it's the like what's the theming for this one. And so like I think I think it's a good argument to make that one of the flaws of this movie is that uh werewolves are not very organically a circus themed mm. villain and they probably could have done something with, I don't know, clowns, creepy clowns. Mm. Could have beat the creepy clown trend by a few years. They should have yeah. known they could have done that. Well, but these were just people dressed as clowns, though. Not real clowns. No, they weren't. Not real clowns. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I guess, like, you'd pull the mask off the scary clown and there'd just be another clown under it. That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. That, that that'd fit joke. into a Scooby-Doo. Yeah. There was a... Did you like the joke in this when um, Fred talks about how when he, to- when he did his um, circus course... He broke a few bones. They're like, "Oh, you've look, you look like you've healed all right." And he goes, "No, no, I dropped one of the other guys." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, yeah, "And they fell on someone else." And he's like, "Oh." And then they rolled into another group of people. And he's like, "Oh." And then they knocked over a grandstand, which was seating forty eight people. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That is a pretty funny joke." But at the same time, it's like, "Damn, Fred like probably killed some people." Yeah, and Fred's supposed to be this like fearless leader and the one that doesn't that doesn't do any 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 wrongdoing that i thought that when it happened i was like this feels like it should be more of a shaggy story than a fred story mm. Sh- shaggy's the dipshit <laughs> <laughs> well i think no that that's what we're seeing is that fred is might be more of a dipshit than he initially led on mm, that's probably true mm. well do you want me to let you go brush your teeth and get some uber eats or do you have anything else you want to oh. say about Big Top? I'm going to have to get Uber Eats, aren't I? Unless my FBOS card has arrived in the mail. I'll check that. And then I'll what will you do? Everyone. Get Uber Eats? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Scooby fucking do, man. Like, the amount, the, amount, the amount of stuff I've had to do in the last... The amount of stuff you've had to Scooby do... At the end of last year, start of this year, that would have already been stressful had I not also had to watch 47 Scooby-Doo movies. And we could have started this later. We did Barbie later. Why do we start this now? We could be we could be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed up to, like, probably Zombie Island by now if we'd started at the mm. same time, you know? And we'd be like, wow, the world is so bright and beautiful. But it's not. It's ugly. Mm. And wet. A mystery to solve and the mystery is why Did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? 
This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. Well, I have spent the last two days of my life either watching Scooby-Doo movies, talking to people about Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies, or editing this podcast, which is also maddening because I'm just re-listening to conversations I've already had. Mm. Uh, almost non-stop as well. Like, I, we got up, well, I got up, Oh, no, wait, sorry, I should I should phrase it as I went to bed at 4am after watching Scooby-Doo, got up at 10am to record Scooby-Doo, then went to watch another Scooby-Doo movie, and now I'm talking about the Scooby-Doo movie right now. You're scoobed out. <laughs> and what are you going to do after that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably going to watch another Scooby-Doo movie after this. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Now, eagle-eared listeners, um, a term we've already <laughs> used, um, might be able to hear a, a third voice uh, from what oh. they've heard for the last couple of movies. And that voice, as some of you may know, because that's probably this this might be the only part you've tuned into because you're such a big fan <laughs> oh, of, I guess, Brit Miggs. Hi, y'all. Hey, Brit. <laughs> Hey, how are you going? How is the... We were just talking before the record. We can hear some sirens. It's like someone who's only ever heard of New York City wrote a screenplay and was like, there's heaps of sirens mm. in New York City. Like, it felt like... Sound up, yeah. sirens. Hey, um, there, yeah. this, is, this is what it is. You hear the sirens. You hear a little pigeon squawking. Like, that's mm. just... That mm. is New York. Um, but yes, oh, nice. I, I live in an area where sirens go off quite a bit, which is, you know, amazing as someone who frequently records myself. So <laughs> incredible place to live. <laughs> I once had saw a um sort of a friend of a friend was at, at my friend's house and I he was he was up from another city. Uh and all I knew about this guy was that he was vegan and a musician. Mm. And when I walked in, he was holding a guitar and there was like some <laughs> vague root vegetable on the floor next to him. And I was like, it's like you're an action figure and you're <laughs> being sold with your accessories because these are the only two things I know about you. So hearing sirens from our yes. first uh, New York City guest mm. felt like a similar uh, similar thing. Am I the first New York City guest? I think, I you might think be. so, yeah. This is an honor. Most Americans we've had on the show are from la i think okay well this is i'm glad i get to represent yeah this is great (laughs) yeah cool yeah nice well to start us off if you guys were an action figure Mm. what two Mm. accessories would you have okay i feel like immediately Mm -hmm. a slice of pizza especially you know classic new york going into the new york thing but it it is a big part of me i have a pizza tattoo it's like a whole thing Nice. so definitely a slice of pizza and then maybe if I wanted to lean into the New York thing, a pigeon. I love pigeons. I'm all about them. Do you have a pigeon tattoo? No, but it's on my list. I'm going to do it. Get a pigeon, have it with a piece of pizza in its mouth. Yes. <laughs> Is it too personal to ask about your pizza tattoo? It's not at all. <laughs> it's not. It's a really dumb story that has a great ending. Um, my now husband, so it worked out. Uh, now husband and I, we, well, cause, cause when you hear it, you're like, you're an idiot. Um, we, (laughs) we were on our second date and it was this horrible game of chicken where we like passed a tattoo shop and I was like, you won't. And he was like, you won't. And then Mm. just got (laughs) 
pizza tattoos and I thought it was going to be, you know, a funny one-off fling like, oh yeah, it was just a crazy story and now we're married. So it's kind of weird that... Mm. <laughs> I-, I think it's better that you're married because you got the tattoo. If you never saw him again and you were stuck with that tattoo, mm. I feel like that would be uh, that would be worse. <laughs> right. Then, yeah, your future husband you know sees your naked body in all yeah. its glory for the first time <laughs> and is like oh what's the story behind that and like yeah, yeah this, this one guy <laughs> i think it, it makes me sound really mysterious and crazy like manic pixie dream girl but <laughs> mm. um if if that were the case but i no, think they yeah. only live in la i'm so yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it it worked out and uh yeah i married the guy but at the time my friends were like you're a dumbass so <laughs> mm. did he get a tattoo yeah, he got home? a pizza. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a whole, it's a couple of slices. couple of slices of pizza. Yes. Yeah. Um, my action figure, I think, at the moment would be a microphone and just a toy of Scooby-Doo yes. because that's what my life mm. feels like <laughs> at the moment. Mm. Mine would come with, like, a little miniature AJ. <laughs> <laughs> just a miniature version of him, yeah. Yeah. yeah or it's yeah, like yeah. You, you collect, like, the five different outfits of me and each of them has, like, a small part of AJ. <laughs> and if you buy them all, you get to build a little AJ figurine as well. Wow. That's really fun. That's adorable. I like that. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. All right, <laughs> <laughs> mm. so... We're 27 films in at this point, and we so the sorry. 27th film, I believe, <laughs> is uh, Scooby Doo: uh, The Mask of the B- Mask of the Blue Falcon. Yes, which uh, mm. we've all watched, I assume. And <laughs> wait, what? Um, no. <laughs> and we all enjoyed. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> yeah, Scooby Doo: Mask of the Blue Falcon. This came out in 2013, and it was directed by Michael Gogan. And uh, does one of you want to tell me what this is about? I'm going to. Th- I've heard AJ's voice enough over the last twelve hours of this podcast. So, Brett, if you don't mind, I'm going to throw over to you. If you want to give us a plot synopsis, absolutely. So, you know, we see the gang, and they're on their way to uh, what I interpret as Comic Con, but it's this kind of, you know, hyper. I forget what they call it, but it's a very mega mondo. Oh, you pop have it open. Comic Conic Palooza. <laughs> It's interesting because it sounds like they're trying to be legally distinct and be like, it's our universe's version of Comic-Con, but then Comic-Con is right. in the title still. It's it's <laughs> it's like they're almost getting it, but then not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you have like the wiki up or whatever, but yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so they go to this Comic-Con and, you know, Scoob and Shaggy are so excited to see their, their favorite superhero, the Blue Falcon, and... Dino dog? <laughs> Dino mutt. Dino mutt. Like dynamite. I'm so, yeah. so close. Okay, so no, <laughs> keep me good. honest. <laughs> You're doing better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, chaos ensues. There's this Hyde character who intends on ruining the entire Comic Con, and that's when they have mm. to start investigating and doing what, you know, they do best. Mm. Um, and I, wait, am I like I'm giving spoilers? I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, we we want people to go out and watch Forty Seven Scooby Doo movies. Listen, if you haven't seen it, turn away now. Yeah. No. <laughs> but essentially, there's this. Okay, and I don't know if you guys got this, and it, or it was just me. There's clearly this guy trying to be Adam West, right? Like, I'm so glad you've said this. Okay. I thought it was Adam West for the so whole did movie. I. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was him. I was going to be like, 
this is Adam West's Birdman yeah. because he's playing. It's like how Michael Keaton played Birdman, but it's Adam West playing a washed up superhero actor. But it's and it's meant to be an Adam West character. Right. I think the voice actor is doing an Adam yeah. West impression. The voice I actor is uh, Jeff be. Bennett, who. Um, I recognize as the narrator from Dave the Barbarian, if you guys are familiar with that short-lived Disney Channel show. Okay, the short-lived. <laughs> well, the entire t- same thing. The entire time I thought it was Adam West, and then afterwards when I saw it wasn't the same voice actor, I was like, oh, okay. They are trying to do an Adam West. So that is mm. the who is playing mm. the original Blue Falcon. Now he's been replaced by this like hot young guy. I think it was actually a pretty deep commentary on the state of superhero mm. movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, Coming out yeah. a year after the Avengers, this is the this is a commentary on the dark, gritty reboot of superhero movies. Yeah, it's it's yes. much more um, in line with Adam West's relationship with like the Dark Knight trilogy. No, yeah, it yeah. it really was, and I was like, okay, this is a lot deeper for like a. 2013 you know animated scooby-doo movie (laughs) but you know that's a layer this guy is replacing him and he's really upset he's washed up and then he shares his booth at comic-con with this other washed up robot fighting guy who spoiler destruction derby sort of thing he he ends up being mr hyde so that's the whole (laughs) i would have never guessed that it was him but um, (laughs) (laughs) you know they get into their typical hijinks there's you know a couple of different things that uh this mr hyde character does am i saying it right mr hyde is that him no yeah, yeah. it's like mr dr yeah. jekyll mr, mr. Hyde. hyde so i think i'm making a couple of assumptions here yeah. so blue falcon was a scooby-doo contemporary like in the 70s blue falcon was blue falcon's like another yeah it's, a, it's another hannah-barbera show, show. yeah yes. and i'm assuming mr hyde was a lead villain in that show that's what I'm pretty big and leap you're making there, AJ. <laughs> and and in this movie, in this movie, um, not only is it established that Blue Falcon is a TV show in the Scooby Doo universe, but at Comic Con, all the other posters are for like the Flintstones, Space mm. Ghost, yes. and stuff, Atom which Ant. leads us to the conclusion that Scooby Doo is the meta universe of all of Hanna Barbera, wow. which exists as TV within the Scooby Doo. Yes, it was. Universe. It's very meta. Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. This show exists in the universe, and then basically what is happening is is from within the Blue Falcon comics, it seems that Mr. Hyde is, like, copying all of the same uh, mm. tactics mm. and, you know, releasing bats and Schemes. then releasing the slime and doing all mm. of the same things. And um, in the end, it's so beautiful because the original Blue Falcon saves the day. Mm. So the Adam and West... Washed yeah. up guy, they, yeah. They make a sequel <laughs> yeah. to the yes. Dawn of the Return or whatever it's called, um, the Blue Falcon, the new one where it unites the old and the new generation of Blue yes. Falcon. Mm. And, uh, you know, everyone everyone wins. And 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 uh, Scooby-Doo plays the new and improved Dino Mutt. Yes, that, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, so, so there's a point where... Because Scooby-Doo, like... We, we're not 100% sure to what extent, but he's and the mystery gang are kind of celebrities in this world. And in yes. the world of the film, it's like, yes. here's Blue Falcon, the new one, and then Blue Falcon's father portrayed by the original Blue Falcon actor. And then they're like, yeah. wait a minute, that means Dynamite is, and he rips it off, rips his head off, and he's Scooby-Doo in the world of the film. So that's like, yeah, yeah if in <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises... 
you had <laughs> um, Christian Bale what, what playing Christian, Batman. Christian Bale. Yes. And then you had Adam West show up as his dad. And then Robin revealed himself to be like a real Joseph life Gordon minor Lever. celebrity. <laughs> it's <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson as, as Robin. Like, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Yeah. 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 I, th- it's, how would how are audience because the the crowd cheers at the end when yeah they're so this happy yeah and it's like yeah. how is this a satisfying payoff for this <laughs> actual audience and there's there's a couple of really fun implications here that are ripe for uh, uh, two men and who are nearly thirty to be podcasting about uh, and, and a one woman. of those things and a woman and a woman uh, one so of those say, things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those things is that it is established that the original Dino Mutt who played Dino Mutt in the Blue Falcon TV yeah. series is dead. I believe you see him taxidermy <laughs> at Comic Con, <laughs> which Im- tells us that in the world of Scooby Doo dogs have regular lifespans for dogs which means how old is fucking scooby-doo, Scooby-Doo the immortal. death of scooby-doo yeah. yeah yeah you're like well maybe or is scooby-doo going to die in the lifetime of the mystery gang and they're gonna still live on probably have full lives without scooby-doo or maybe i mean maybe there's been dozens of scooby-doos Oh my god! <laughs> just like, and they just keep replacing yeah. them. They just keep replacing them, oh, and Shaggy's too no fucking stoned to notice. Yeah, no one's told Shaggy. In um, Legend of the Fantasaur, there's at the mm. start when they're like, "Oh no, this is a service dog, and he has an ID that's was issued in 1969 and is valid mm. till 2011." Um, mm. Which was a very funny gag, I thought. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, maybe Scooby Doo is immortal. I don't know. They just no, they maybe just keep replacing him. him. Um, mm. I have a funny little story. When I was too young to understand death, or so my mother <laughs> thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's five years old. I had this white bunny, and she, you know, while I was at school, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she goes out, my my mother, the saint, goes out and gets a brown bunny, that's all they had left, and <laughs> brings it home and convinces me that she's given it special wow. food and it changed colors. Oh, <laughs> so wow. in theory, they could just be replacing Scooby and telling Shaggy, yes, this is mm. this is a mm. new dog. <laughs> I mean, this is the yeah. same dog, but this it's is a new dog. dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I it just the reminded me of um, <laughs> someone at work. I remember them telling me about this, the idea of like not knowing the concept of death. Yeah. When she was like a little girl and her, she had a new sister and her mum walked in and she was strangling her baby sister, like quite violently. And Jesus they, Christ. she was like, what are you, what are you doing? And she turned and she looked up at her mum and said, I wanted to know what dead is. <laughs> Which is like that could be in a horror movie. That's that terrifying is thing a to horror say. Movie. <laughs> and now that kid is not well known. As the senior producer. <laughs> to like, yeah. okay. The Prime Minister of New yeah. Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other the other thing that that Scooby playing Dino Mutt uh, called into my mind this other fascinating implication with everything we've seen in the previous mm. twenty seven movies uh, is <laughs> that before before he removes his mask he's like and yep it's me yeah. Dino <laughs> Mutt which means 
that Scooby-Doo, who cannot speak properly, <laughs> can when he's acting. Like usually, yeah. Scooby, we, we've 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 dubbed it Scooblish when he—that's how you talk when you have R's at the front whoa, of almost whoa. every word. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like this is this is definitive proof that he. He Doesn't chooses have to talk to do like that. that. <laughs> He's it on as an accent. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and the amount of havoc it's caused where people don't understand him, and it's like he could just choose not to because, and you're not supposed to think about it because in the right. the movie Scooby Doo and the Mask of the Blue Falcon, you're supposed to believe it is Dino Mutt mm. at that point. So they're hoping maybe you're forgetting that he just spoke in perfect. You're just <laughs> suspending your belief for a second. Yeah. 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 Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, mm. I, I have a talking point I want to bring up with you guys. Yes. Um, I think yes. we can talk about movies featuring talking animals. Why are they yeah. so funny? And how is Scooby similar <laughs> or different than other animal pop icons? What do you guys think? Richard, are you reading the, the prompts <laughs> of uh, Common Sense Media's review of this film? No. <laughs> Are you familiar with Common Sense Media, Britt? I'm not. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's great. It's like this, like conservative Christian mum IMDb. Incredible. Where like talk you to your kids about these it'll... things after the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they Ask don't them. grow up fucked up. <laughs> they don't grow yeah. up fucked up liberal <laughs> what are the, yeah what, what are the religious takeaways that we got from this film mm, exactly yeah mm, and how does yeah, one yeah. out of five stars of sex romance and nudity um, Love that. what was the one for something. oh wait no, um, that guy they make out at the end the the disgusting. the comic book seller guy oh, yes, yeah, yeah. and his new lady who i guess he met mm. at comic-con mm. and they make out in front of his nephew which i did think yeah. that's true inappropriate yeah oh, they'll probably give that two stars actually <laughs> they go they go to a hollywood party yeah. at one point in this film where there's a bunch of bikini bikini clad women and also just like I know what happens at those Hollywood parties. We all know. There's someone there's bikini doing cocaine. <laughs> there's, there's definitely coke, maybe ketamine. There's a lot going yeah. on there. there. It does say exactly. drinking dr- drugs and smoking and not present in the film, but you okay. do, you got it right. Those Wrong. are the two things that flags um, the bikini clad women walking around and swimming at a Hollywood party and a grown up couple swimming. kisses at the end of the movie. Not <laughs> swimming. <laughs> oh my god! They should be wearing... Full clothes to go swimming. Full, this is a children's movie. Full clothing. Um, okay, um, also, so- the, the one review, like community review, <laughs> the, the headline is Adam West as the Blue Falcon. Like, no, <laughs> it was clearly doing an Adam West. We all thought it was a, Adam West. A really good one. Yeah, it's mm. it's impeccable. Richard Richard didn't. <laughs> no, I knew better. Richard, <laughs> good on him. <laughs> yeah. So what what makes talking animal movies so funny, guys? <laughs> I think it's because in real life they can't. Get this. <laughs> they can't do it. Because <laughs> in real life they can't, and they're mm-hmm. never. Well, I guess no. They're they're always goofy, even if they're playing serious. Even like a Brian Griffin, mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. always a funny character. You know, they're never like a serious character. So they're they're yeah. made to be funny. They're supposed mm. to be funny. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. What's the most serious movie to feature a talking animal? <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, I have to, like, Google 
I really have to talking, think about this. There's, there's got to be a dream sequence in something that's like not a funny movie, but it has. So but the even the, then, the, yeah. the two the two I'm considering mm-hmm. are Jack. Homeward Bound. <gasps> no, <laughs> yeah, Homeward Bound is talking animals and mm. is not very funny and is quite sad. And I don't know if this counts because it's. I was thinking maybe Donnie Darko, the talking rabbit, but that's mm. a guy in a rabbit suit. So yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if that counts. Count. What about, I, I just saw Narnia, like that lion, he's Asgard. Yes, that's, that's a great that's answer. He's very yeah. serious. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nothing funny about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy religious undertones. It's a very religious exactly. movie. Yeah. I bet that is five stars on Common Sense Media. Yeah, or um, all adaptations of it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, the Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Is it a talking animal movie if it's nested in entirely talking animals, or do they need to be talking to people? Like, does it need to well, be? I think yeah, that's, that's when you, um, yeah, when because yeah, I mean, you can have serious animals, but it's, yeah. um, yeah, like Chicken Run or something, right? Well, yeah, Salem, Salem the cat talks in Hocus Pocus, and he's actually kind of like the straight man in that movie, you know, he's like. Mm. You guys he's dealing with some common sense. Yeah, he's like, you need to get your shit together. And there's trouble afoot. And he's, yeah, he's like being serious the whole time. So mm. I don't know. Mm. Mm. No, that's a good point. I've got a prediction. Okay. I've got a prediction for something that is in the IMDb goof section of this movie. Okay. Uh, I haven't looked. Richard's running this this ship, but I predict okay. that in the IMDb goof section for this film, it will point out that, uh, so the characters work out that the Mr. Hyde impersonator is replicating crimes that Mr. Hyde committed in the episodes of the TV show that he appeared right. in. And he appeared in episodes one, two, three, where they realize, oh, yep, all of these have happened. And then they're like he doesn't appear again until episode 22 and they use the information they learn from what he does in episode 22 to predict what he's going to do next and then the final thing he does they're like well we know what he can do next because we saw it in episode 17 and i don't know if you guys picked up on this but 17 comes before 22 <laughs> now, i don't know if you guys know much about numbers but... <laughs> i don't know if you can count but <laughs> uh, that is in there aj Yes! Wow! Slugs are getting way too good at predicting IMDb. <laughs> that is... What a useless skill to have. Stunning. Yeah, that's really good. That is very good. Thank you so much, Brett. Um, yeah. It's a, there's an interesting sort of, like, character thing in this. So, uh, Fred is like, oh, uh, cool, I want to see the new dark, gritty um, Blue Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, Shaggy, and Scooby. I like want to see the classic one. Daphne is a collector of these. They're called like the Littlest Fuzzies. Yes. Um, mm. Which I thought that was fun and cute. And then Velma's like, yeah. fuck this nerd shit. And <laughs> oh my God, Velma's such an asshole. She's in this the movie. Wor- I wanted to bring that up. I was like, the women <laughs> in this particular Scooby movie, they mm. did them dirty. Like, Daphne, mm. it comes off. I mean, she's kind of Daphne, but I'm like, she's mm. so obsessed with this doll thing. And then Mm. Velma is so, she's almost forgettable. Like, I keep forgetting she's there Mm. because she's so rude and unhelpful the entire (laughs) time. Just so mean to her best friends. Yeah, and also it's like, Velma, you're the nerdy one. Yeah. That's your defining characteristic. This is your Disney world. Like, what's up with Mm. it? Like, you would think that she would have some kind of fandom that she'd be into there. Mm. 
I guess she's that breed of nerd that is like not pop culturally right. nerdy, but is yeah, loser. You know, sciencey. Exactly. She's like, loser. ew, Funko Pops, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I like In her defense, read. though, yeah. fuck Funko Pops. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but do you collect anything like like littlest fuzzies? Imagine I, she collected Funko Pops after you just... And I was like, I, I gotta up. go. No. <laughs> <laughs> you walk over and trip and some Funko Pops... <laughs> the no, 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 no. I do not collect Funko Pops because I'm not a serial killer. Um, I, <laughs> I collect... Um, the only thing I really collect is every new place that I go, I'll get an ornament for the Christmas mm. tree. So that every December, oh, it's cute. like, oh, you know, oh, oh I nice. remember I went to that place mm. or whatever mm. but that's like- every every guy you go on a date with you get a tattoo <laughs> yes actually burying the lead i have all the good food all over my body <laughs> i eat fries with Shaggy this guy and scooby would love you oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah like, they, <laughs> they ate that entire banquet which i'm like that mm. is one of my favorite mm. parts of the scooby-doo universe is just that these are two guys they are stoned off their ass and they are eating mm. everything <laughs> like mm. Yeah. Every time yeah. they just they just finish off all the food. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Do you so have you seen a lot of Scooby Doo outside yes, of this movie? To ask. Well, I'm gonna be honest. Probably just more of like you know, like the mainstream ones, <laughs> the ones that are in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the and I wanted to say that um, I in my heart I'm like Matthew Lillard. Just he mm. is Shaggy. Like he is the mm. best Shaggy that there's ever been. I don't know if that's controversial mm-hmm. to say, but I was so glad that he was the Shaggy in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So the ones with him, like the live action ones, are really yeah. what I'm more familiar with. When I was a kid, I. I definitely watched it, but like I have no memory of. That any, is almost yeah. a universal experience. Yeah. yeah, it is fascinating. Every guest we've asked, "What's your relationship with Scooby Doo?" Everyone has not said anything overwhelmingly negative or positive. About like, it. Yeah, like, like, of course, I watched I'm it. Aware like, of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and including us as well. And like, I think that's really funny because when so this is our second. Uh, uh, blockbuster podcast mm-hmm. a few years ago we did barbie because there's 37 barbie movies at the time mm. and we would wow. ask our guests the same thing what was your relationship with barbie and we had way more like enthusiastic mm. answers about what their people's relationship with barbie was um whereas scooby-doo everyone's just be like oh yeah I, and maybe it's the like <laughs> age demographic of the guests that yeah. we've had on is like scooby-doo's kind of like a boomer gen x mm. thing and we've almost exclusively talk to millennials and and zoomers so Mm. maybe we needed to get some old school fans on yeah it's one of those things that it's similar to the flintstones i'm like i watched it my entire childhood couldn't name a single episode like it just Mm. falls into that same genre like i do i couldn't name a plot of an episode but i know that they're solving mysteries i know that Mm. Scooby and Shaggy are getting high and we're not we they don't really say it but they allude yeah, to it we know we know what they're doing and they're snacking and like I know the personalities of all the characters but other than that I don't really know anything except for you know the live action ones with uh mm. Linda Cardellini and um mm. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince yeah um based on your kind of knowledge then what would you say Fred's defining characteristic is you know, 
and not maybe not including this particular movie, but I kind of thought he was supposed to be a himbo, right? He's like hot, he's dumb, yeah. he wears a little ascot, and that's like his <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> That, yeah, this it. is this has been an ongoing um journey through this podcast is trying to define Fred Jones because yeah. I always felt uh and you know this was 20 movies ago now but I always felt in the live action films it's a new character invented mm. for the live action films like he's not really like his his um cartoon counterpart but then the post Freddie Prince Jr uh, Fred movies yeah I feel like he's slowly been meeting that version of him like and and and, Mm. yeah and i wonder if the big difference is that frank welker just has the most adult voice that i'm I'm completely disassociating him with Mm. being like any kind of himbo character and maybe they're actually more similar than i i once thought it's just frank welker it has sounded like a 48 year old man since he was in 1969 <laughs> he came out of the womb and he sounded like that like he just yeah, is yeah, an old yeah. man yeah wow. no. <laughs> that was pretty good yeah <laughs> Daphne the keto, the keto good impression is to do like one syllable just and that, that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's great I, yeah I'm curious, you're, you're kind of, people can't see this, but you're kind sure. of dressed like Shaggy, Brett. <laughs> uh, you've got a green top on. But above that, you're all Daphne. Um, mm, that's true. And Have you ever dressed up as Daphne? I feel like you'd make an amazing Daphne. Thank you so much. No, uh, I haven't. It's so funny. Like, until, uh, I guess, last fall, I was blonde. So my whole life, no. really, I was blonde, and then I went red, and I love it. And I was like, I should do Daphne one Halloween now that I'm a, mm. a redhead. It would be perfect. But she, I feel like, you know, I definitely associate more with Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, get that. <laughs> yeah, I like to eat and get high. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm Shaggy. When when you were when you were blonde, did you ever dress as Barbie? Um, I I definitely did for like a college party. I'm I'm not remembering yeah. yes. specifically, but I had the very typical American college experience. You know, mm-hmm. red sorority. solo cups. Yes, I'm like, <laughs> don't tell anyone I was in a sorority. I'm like, <laughs> 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 it is a shameful secret. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, this is pretty far into a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcast so i wouldn't worry too much about it what what's the the like the reality of living in a sorority like it is so because much it's, dumber. I, I, I only know this through movies it's not a culture we have in new zealand at all <laughs> imagine if you're like it's a lot like a scooby-doo mystery <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just tied it all back in just full circle would you know yeah, yeah. we're solving mysteries no it mm. it was so like <laughs> <laughs> there were there were things that i was wrong about and then there was things that i feel like i just were, was not prepared for but i went to a school that was very strict on hazing so there was no like you know all those hazing things you're like oh you have to be you know tied up and mm-hmm. do this and whatever like I didn't do any of that um but well then this, I don't really care then like. you're like actually <laughs> I don't give a shit <laughs> but you know lived in a house with like 30 other women and um 30 other people yeah. oh my god it was oh my god it was crazy and we had we had something called house boys um oh yes which, which is like 
we employed them basically and they would like make all of our food for us and live in our house. Wow. Like not live in our house. They lived off campus or whatever, but like come every day. So, and- what did they go to the college? Like- yes. And it was like right, okay, every okay. frat guy, it was like their dream to be a houseboy because then they just get to hang out in a sorority house all day. So yeah, it works well, out. Feels- kind of like, cause I, cause I, I imagine that in an ideal world, you would want like, um, like a, like essentially a eunuch, um, <laughs> you know, doing this, this job, but it's like, yeah, a is eunuch, there like yeah. a, some kind of sexual element? Um, it sounds to, to- sexy as hell, to be honest. I, and I, I didn't want to ask. I'm glad Richard <laughs> sacked up and asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so. That's the other thing. They were also very strict with like there were no boys allowed in the in the living quarters. It was just in the like wow. hangout living room section. But I would be lying if I said that you know a houseboy and I did not have a hookup. You know, outside of the wow. house, nice. it's a great what way to meet meet ladies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we got just my sorority house, like a little just outline of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> if um, um, yeah. if you did solve mysteries, the TV show could be called Kappa Do. <laughs> Kappa Do. <laughs> um, oh wait, so have you seen House Bunny? Yeah, with Anna Faris. Not, but I'm, yeah, it's exactly I'm, like I'm, that. I'm, <laughs> oh, it is just a, a feat of cinema. I love that movie so much. And I'm sorry, you won't totally know what I'm talking about, but Richard will like. When I, because I shouldn't have ever been a sorority, you know, I'm a comic now and I clearly am not in the right mindset, but I just like am packaged like one. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cursed to be a hot woman. (laughs) Damn this perfect body of mine. (laughs) In in here though, I am like a little gremlin. So I didn't, I shouldn't have been Mm. there. And uh, I would. I think that's hotter than just being a typical sorority girl, though, right? Well, mm. thank you. But you, you want you want a sorority girl on the outside who's a gremlin in the inside. I who's think that's not the other way around. That's ideal. <laughs> yes, who's shaggy on the inside? But I would go. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was rushing, I would go, you know, and meet people in the houses. And there's a thing that Anna Ferris does in that movie where she remembers names and she says it mm. like a gremlin. So she goes up to people and she's like. Maggie. <laughs> and I did it. And the people who didn't see House Bunny were like, okay, she's a fucking weirdo. And then one person <laughs> thankfully had seen it and was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, House Bunny. Yeah, I, I like it. Like, <laughs> oh, finally. And they're just like, oh, from the movie. Cool. From, from the movie. <laughs> cool. Anyway. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm, we got off on a tangent, but I can't believe I admitted that no, on, a, on a podcast. But yes. Mm. If it makes you feel any better, it's a podcast no one will listen to. Yeah, no one's going to listen to it. No, I hope they do. Deep, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I want them to know. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> but yeah, um, all right. Where where were we? Like, where did how did we get there? Well, I've yeah. got I've got some more um talking points. If, if yeah, we want them. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously, this movie talks about the popularity of comic books and the way old stories are remade and modernized. <laughs> You're just reading more um, me. What are your favorite movie series? <laughs> and um, would it be weird if they were remade someday? What comic book movies? Yeah. What are your favorite movie series? And would it uh, be weird if one day they remade them? 
Yeah, it would be. Thank you for asking <laughs> a yes or no question, Common Sense Media. <laughs> would it be weird if they, and it's like, what? No, I <laughs> guess not. Wouldn't it be crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What a weird question. Would it be weird? Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> it depends on the movie. <laughs> um. Okay, so a series is anything two movies or more, right? Arguably. Arguably, yeah, Arguably. according to our podcast. <laughs> okay, because I'm like, like I immediately think Wayne's World, and I, I know there's two of them, mm, and yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they remade them, it probably wouldn't be as good. And I do think that remakes, unfortunately, I don't know. Like I'm now, I'm struggling to think of a remake that did it right. There needs to be enough time, right? Like I think that yeah. if you remake something from like the 50s, whatever, but. Mm. What the movie industry is doing right now is remaking things that are not that old. And I think it's a problem. Well, they also, yeah. the thing is, they yeah. should be remaking things that were bad. Like, I, yeah. I, get, I get from, like, from a marketing standpoint, right. you want to be like, oh, we're remaking Wayne's World. And people will be like, oh, I loved Wayne's World. Like, you know, and that's what you want. But right. instead, it should be something like Jason and the Argonauts. That's like, it has, it's not a very good film. Right. And it still has a bit of like, and it could be modernized. I mean, obviously you wouldn't get the same sort of um, charm with the Yeah, old real interesting motion. movie to pick, Richard, because it's like this defining movie of stop motion animation. But, but that's the thing is that like, yeah, I mean, I, and that one, it's like you lose the only charm about it by remaking mm. it. But right. um, yeah, remake something that tanked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like something Why? that. It was a great idea, but wasn't executed well. But instead, Things- Hollywood just goes, well, I guess people don't want a movie about talking food products. Um, and it's like, no, that's a great <laughs> idea. Sausage party sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, there's a lot of rebooting of very recent tanks you know you got mm. like suicide squad and right um, i'm sure there's another example <laughs> other than yeah. that where it's like they just yeah. started again i mean look at the, they sort of did that with spider-man as well so mm. that i guess like would you rather <laughs> something be remade or something be like softly rebooted yeah so i guess you're I would saying rather AJ, reboot i would it wouldn't like, be weird yeah, it yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> so to answer the question, yeah. no, it wouldn't be weird if it was done right, but it's so often not done right. And I'm like, just, I I do, as we're talking about Scooby-Doo, I hate that like franchises are taking over. You know, we have no, have you heard, have you heard about the death of the mid-budget movie? Yes. Like, we're we're the sure. franchise podcast, Brett. <laughs> this is almost all we talk about. <laughs> but you know, like, I, I, I'm i like, we gotta, we gotta come up with some fresh ideas that we can then franchise. I'm all for it. Mm. As long yeah. as, you know, there's some, some new stuff too. Mm-hmm. What a what a terrifying prospect to come to halfway through the Scooby Doo franchise. Then that mm. the answer, the, the solution is newness, and we're like, all right, uh, twenty five more films 25 to go. Twenty five more. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. But I mean, that, that is good. We haven't covered Wayne's World on the podcast yet, so you know, maybe mm. there'll be a, a future uh, DM in your Instagram wondering if I you're would, free. Oh, <laughs> I would love, love, love that. I mean, there's so many, there's so many good sequels and it's just like it sucks <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna say something profound sucks when they're not mm. good <laughs> like, mm. yeah totally some are totally. good some are bad <laughs> yeah. some, an interesting thing because we've been doing this podcast for nearly seven years yeah. right so we've we've watched a lot of we franchises should be more popular. which <laughs> we should be more popular um, mm. we've watched a lot of franchises which i don't think 
I would have ever seen had I not done this yeah. podcast, right? And it's something I've discovered in this time is that the idea that sequels are always bad or that good sequels are rare or that even superior sequels are rare is not entirely true. I think what mm. people Ooh, pick up on yeah. is that it's it's rare for a sequel to be superior and also a great movie, right? Mm. So we've got something like Terminator 2 is like, it's famous because it's arguably better than the first one and it's so good. It's like, yeah, sure, but I think Shanghai Nights is better than Shanghai Noon, but who cares? <laughs> You know, yeah. neither yeah. of them are great. So so we're not like... It's, so I don't think it's that hard to surpass the original. I think it's harder to well, do. Especially when the original is Shanghai Noon. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, maybe that's what I'm saying, is that it's it's more a case of great a great original movie struggling to reach heights in a sequel as opposed to just that exercise mm. being impossible right. all the time. You have, you guys, have you guys been talking about Glass Onion and Knives Out and stuff? Yeah, yeah. In, a, in, our, yeah. in our private time, yeah. In, <laughs> in your home. Not so much um, on this on the Scooby Doo episode. But well, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for getting off on tangents. No, it's, like, this is a delight. <laughs> sorry, I haven't heard the last twelve hours. Um, so yeah, I have not heard the last twelve hours of this. But no, um, I think you know, so many people are are like, oh, you know, if if it was better or worse than the first one, and I'm like, they're both good, and we mm. can let that be. And I think it was a very good. I know that they're not necessarily like they don't follow the same through line. It's a completely different cast, and there's just one central character that they follow but i i love the second one like i enjoyed yeah, yeah, it yeah. yeah i agree with you i think it's it's um it's i feel like if the third knives out movie is like as good yeah that's gonna be like potentially one of the best franchises of all time absolutely purely because the conversation about which one's better feels a lot more fluid than some mm. other franchises we've covered where there's been a clear a clear winner um mm. yeah because so, yeah, i i haven't decided which one i prefer either i love them both so yeah mm. i really yeah i enjoyed them both i think i it's always just like oh your first you never forget your first and so mm. <laughs> i think it's like well, you've got it tattooed on your body <laughs> 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 Spoiler alert, that is not Chris Guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, Brit has a crush. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I just think because it was the first one, I like the first one better. But I, I'm like, they're both good and they're different. And so we don't need to. Mm. Why pin two queens against each other? Exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I keep saying to Richard whenever he insults me on podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> Why pin two queens? <laughs> That's what you say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you? Okay. What is your next question <laughs> from, <laughs> from, I, um, from that exact list? Uh, what are some other examples of other crime-solving kids or teens in movies, and how does this Scooby-Doo movie compare? That's what an asinine question. How are these like? I don't, I don't like these questions. These are not common sense. These are like, someone was like, oh God, I got to come up with 10 Some questions. talking points. No, there's only three. So that is the last one. Um, okay, okay. So if we could just get through this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like crime solving kids. Crime solving kids. Um, what, yeah, who are your favorite crime solving kids? Do the Narnia kids solve any crimes? Oh wait! I mean, do Stranger Things count? Like, is that? I was thinking Stranger Things as well. They technically, Mm. but they're solving a crime for their own crimes. Yeah, and it's Mm. like for so they don't die. Like, it's not for you know the the you know the team. These guys just do it for fun. These yeah, that's their thing. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, one of the first franchises we ever covered was Ace Ventura, which has Ace Ventura Jr. in it. So that, that's mm. my answer. That okay. is probably is talking animals somewhere in it as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> they talk to him but we can't hear it i think that's the mm, difference yeah that's true that's i also true. love ace ventura just you know mm, that's another nice. sequel have you seen that... ace ventura jr i haven't <laughs> i haven't wait i'm gonna now i'm gonna look it up crime solving kids yeah who, do you um who does this what do you also think about the um problematic elements of the first ace ventura <laughs> ask useless stuff <laughs> you're like hey Britt how do you feel about racial slurs <laughs> hey so um pretty transphobic uh, <laughs> without any preparation can you please eloquently state how you navigate uh, this this mm. thing that could get you cancelled <laughs> <laughs> what are your feelings um yeah I'm like uh that wasn't good <laughs> um, oh great answer <laughs> that's, my, that's my official statement that was not good uh, um, wow. do you think it would be Cool. weird if they remade Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite sequels? And do you think it'd be weird? Yeah, I don't... Mm. I There are certain things where I'm like, only one person can play that character. And... Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura, I think as well as like... I don't know if he could play him now either. I think that was no. a performance that was that is stuck in the nineties. That was yeah. just his. T- yeah, no one wants to see an. A- I'm so sorry. I mean, no offense, he's wonderful, but like, no one wants to see an aging <laughs> Jim Carrey doing yeah. that that whole thing. So I, yeah. I'm not finding any crime solving kids shows, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you just find like these like unsolved case files for oh. kids are <laughs> oh, boring Bo- and, and it's like yeah how to get your kids into the fun of forensics I'm like, no. <laughs> so you take your kids out to a local lake and just see if you find a dead body um, just leave no, them there just leave them there no so Harriet- stand by me as my favorite kid solving a crime <laughs> there you go um Immediately, it did bring up. I, I can't believe I didn't think of this, but Harriet the Spy, which I loved. Mm, nice, great. Nice. Yeah. I, I probably think great Harriet movie. Tubman's a better role model, though. <laughs> <laughs> Britt, could you explain your thoughts on Harriet Tubman in twelve hundred words or less? <laughs> Oh, and of course, Nancy Drew. But, I mean, I wasn't a big Nancy Drew gal. I don't know. Yeah, I'm more of a Nancy Pelosi kind of person. <laughs> Just keep thinking of... Oh, my gosh. Well, um, Scooby Scooby does... I, I forgot to say this. Scooby does. Scooby does. Scooby Scooby does. does. It's, it's Scooby. called Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. And Scooby does. Yeah, yeah. And Scooby yeah, yeah. did. Yes. <laughs> Scoo- Can you Scooby Dog? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know uh, if we've talked a lot about the movie, but I've had a lot of fun. So, um, oh, well, that's good. Yeah. That's 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 better. <laughs> that's good for your listeners. Um, no, no, but I, uh, I, I did write some. What were you going to say, as well. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say Sco- Scooby has made its way into my comedy. I totally forgot. I have a Scooby joke. Like oh. in oh. in light on us. No, no. <laughs> no. You're not going to tell us the joke? No, it's it's transphobic. I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it it does it's very racy. No, no, no. Um no, but I <laughs> When you were like, does he, how has the show impacted your life? I totally forgot. I, it's like, I do this joke a lot in my stand up, and it's a, it's mm-hmm. a Scooby joke, but basically, all right, I'm like, 
I was not doing this to be like, let me do some stand-up on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I, I talk about how, you know, um, my husband and I are both, like, wildly irresponsible and that being married to him is what I feel like uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy being married to each other feels like. You know, I, I'm I'm like, Zoink, Scoob, we got to do our taxes. And he's like, Robo Ruggy. <laughs> and then we both get high and eat a bunch of snacks and neither of us do our taxes. <laughs> oh, that sounds like yeah. a dream marriage. <laughs> I, hey, Brett, I don't think I'll ever be as happy as you are in my life. <laughs> you you got to get a pizza tattoo. That's the secret. Okay. That's the secret that's sauce. That's the first step. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm, mm. Well, you just sort of uh, gave us a taste there of your oh, nice. uh, your mm. your shaggy uh, impression, and we've actually got a game that we've been playing with our guests. <laughs> if you would like to participate, just full disclosure, you can say no. We need to keep telling guests they don't have to do it if they don't want. No, to. don't offer. Um, d- don't do this with consent. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so we have got a um a. Uh, leaderboard of every uh, Scooby of, of every uh, guest we've had on this podcast, and we've asked them each to do impressions, and we've been ranking them amongst this leaderboard. So, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do a Scooby Doo impression, Britt, and mm-hmm. Rich and I will rank it out of three. Um, and then if we think it's good enough, you'll move on to a shaggy impression, which you've already given us a taste of. Uh, and if we'll rank that out of three, and then if you if we think you're good enough for that, you can move on to the final round where you can do an impression of any Hanna Barbera, Scooby Doo, whatever character um, to try and to try and impress us. Maybe you've got one in your back pocket. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I've always got one of those laying around. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I can't yeah. wait for you guys to hear my atom and. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you give us a Scooby Doo impression? I just want to say that if I don't make the leaderboard, hmm. my blood is on your hands. Okay, <laughs> you'll make the leaderboard. You We've guys are getting named zero, in my so. suicide note. <laughs> <laughs> this is all on you. Okay, wait. Do do you give me something to say, or I just do it? I can do. Can you can you give us a um, an uh oh Shaggy? There's a monster behind you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That was pretty that good. That was good. I like that. You, that you had good. the gravel to, to scoop. It, it's not just starting every word with R. It's yeah, the no. gravelness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, All right, he I, I reckon off, we yeah. give that. What do you reckon, Richard? Like a, I, I could go like a two, two and a half. half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. I love that I'm giving oh. you my. I'm like two and a half. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Can you give us a. Um, sorry, just typing in the a score. Shaggy. Can you give us a shaggy? And you can say, Zoink Scoob, you mean like there's a monster right behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Zoink Scoob, you mean there's like a monster behind me? (laughs) That That was pretty good. Yeah. That was really good. That was not, yeah, one I'm of those no ones Matthew where it's Lillard. like, yeah. well, it's like your obviously like your starting voice isn't the same as Matthew Lillard, but it's like you're doing the same things with your throat that he would mm. do, and right. but you know obviously you're just cursed with your sorority girl voice. Uh, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you reckon? I reckon there's probably another two and a half. I reckon there's another two reckon? and a half. Yeah. Sweet. Is anyone right, now, getting threes? I need to know who's getting a three. <laughs> yep. Uh, who's got a three? Oh, um, Lily Hansen three. gave us a, th- a three-point Yogi beer. Um, All right. What's what's <laughs> so, their address? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. So, any any Hanna Barbera character? Who have you got for us? I'm I'm like, and I had to go look up a list. 
and make sure I mean I knew the Flintstones and I think that's probably the best shot I've got <laughs> is to do like a yabba dabba do. Give us a yabba dabba do. Okay, I'm gonna not be near the, the Okay. Mic. Okay. All right, all right. Oh wait, maybe I'll add in a little special something. Oh. Yabba dabba do Wilma <laughs> yes, that was so good. I reckon a three for that, Richard. I reckon yeah, we've got a, a, a if nothing else, just for, for the energy. <laughs> She's got a good spirit. <laughs> I just can't um, help cool. but root for her. So that gives us a total score of uh, what is that? What does that maths equal, Richard? Eight. Eight. Which puts you uh, second place. Oh my! You did it! Gosh, I'm pumped. You are um, one point behind, uh, Lil- or half a point behind Lily Hansen and uh, w- half a point above uh, Alistair Tremblay Birchall. So, okay. well done. You've you've made the leaderboard, uh, and uh, thank you for being game because there have been people who, who clearly did not want to do it, mm. and I feel bad oh. for asking them. To- <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm putting um, I'm putting this in my credits. This is like an exciting moment awesome. for me. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. We excellent. do have one more question for you. Yeah. Um and that is mm. do you think it would be weird if no um, <laughs> <laughs> um what is your birthday? Do you want the whole thing with the year? You don't have to say No, the year. just just the date is fine. Just okay. the day. Okay, it's September twenty fifth. September 25th. So we have also um, collated every Scooby-Doo TV show episode and documented the uh, villain that debuted in an episode that aired on your birthday. So I get um, a villain. So, mm. yeah, you, it's, it's sort of a horoscope thing. We're hoping it'll resonate yes. uh, with you in some way. It has with other guests bef- before. So what was it again? It was September 25th. 25th. All right, let's give you... Oh, it's a stacked day. Let's give you... Um, Uh, oh, there's multiple on this day. There's well, some yeah. You got three. Wow. I'll give you all three, and you can you can choose. How okay, that? that'll be a fun you, exercise. Yeah, you can either be the spirit of Fireball uh, McFane. AJ, AJ, I just want to oh, quickly interrupt you. You're on the wrong day here, uh, Brit. You get Gator oh, okay. Ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> I went from getting like you have the pick of the litter. And no, like, that's true. You, you are a spooky alligator. <laughs> <laughs> This is from the Scooby-Doo slash Dino Mutt Hour, uh, season one, episode three, the gruesome game of the Gator Ghoul in 1976. So it was somewhat relevant that that, uh, it was about the movie you watched with us. Do you have an affinity for alligators, undead or not, or anything like that? You know, this actually makes a lot of sense for me because Mm -hmm. the college I went to was in Florida. Oh, and wow. that is, I mean, they're, Very they're replete with gators there. Like yeah. there's, wow. there's alligators all over the place. So that yeah. makes a whole lot of sense. If you revealed to us that you, that you had a spooky alligator tattoo, I would have stopped recording. And oh, <laughs> I would have been like, holy shit. The that would have been amazing. Works. Mm. Shit. I should have lied. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's comedy, baby. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, comedy no, is just lies. Yeah. It's Comedy all, is yeah, lying. it's completely Comedy lies. is funny lies. I don't even have a husband. I made that up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Scooby-Doo and the Blue Falcon mask. Yeah. You just got the, this yeah. pizza tattoo and you're like, fuck. No, I'm like, what's... <laughs> I have a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Awesome. Well, hey, we will uh, probably hang 
the conversation. We'll probably hang up. Uh, see you. We'll probably hang up. <laughs> Brett, uh, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's Yay! been like awesome. We've been we've been off ear. We've been trying to get you on our show for a, a wee while. You um you got one of our video essays a lot of views about a year and a half ago when you retweeted it for us, and that was how uh, oh we gosh. came into contact. <laughs> it was, our, oh, wait, um, it was our, the signs one. The signs video. You 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 tweeted about the driveway yes. scene the day I posted the video essay. Say, and I was like, I gotta capitalize like, um, on this. Which is also famous crazy <laughs> that that quit, like that just came in into our brains at the same time. Like, I mm, mean, that's mm. that scene scared the crap out of me. Exactly, exactly. Imagine yeah. if, what would Scooby Doo think if he saw that? He'd be like, Roro. <laughs> <laughs> um, where where can people find you on the internet, Brit, if they would like to? Yes, everywhere: TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I am at Britty Migs across all of those platforms. So all awesome. the same. Nice. Well, check yeah. her out. She's very funny, and uh, very glad to have finally podcasted Yay. with you, Brit. Um, and let's move I was, on. Richard. I was let's, going to let's... end us like to you know to finish yeah. off the segment with uh, some common sense media questions from Signs. <laughs> But unfortunately, because I used the last three Scooby-Doo movies on Common Sense Media, it's now saying, we hope you enjoyed your three free reviews. Join us for unlimited reviews. And you know what? I'm thinking about it. You're going to join. You're going to put that email in there and join. Let's see how much it is. And how much do we have on our Patreon? Well, Um, I could probably... Common Sense Media. $3.99 US dollars per month. We both have three free articles because we have not used Mm, it yet. That is true. That is true. We'll get uh, this, you back off for the next three films. This has four stars. Science has four stars on Common Sense Media and a lot of positivity. And I've just remembered that, no shit, it's about like a, a, a priest mm. regaining his faith. So it's probably very popular with do, the, do you, do you have a question the religious to, right. To finish us off? All right, here's the question to finish okay. us off. Um, Would it be weird uh, if they <laughs> Or if aliens <laughs> came? <laughs> This was a movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan, a director with his own distinct style. What are some aspects of his style? Who are some other directors with distinct filmmaking styles? Mm. Uh, whoever made Scooby-Doo and... <laughs> yeah, Michael Goldwyn. The- <laughs> he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Wow. He doesn't? Tragic. That is Oh, no, he sad. does. It's just not linked to it. Oh, no, this oh. is a different Michael Guigan. <laughs> oh, Poor Michael. Yeah, no, they, so they want us to discuss different directors. Um... And I'm like, oh, um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan has a new movie coming out. Mm, Knock, Knock at the, the cabin. cabin. Knock at the Cabin, yes. I I go see all of them, even though they're hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of misses in those, that hit or miss ratio. I know, but it's like, and I hate that Signs is like one of my favorite movies. And oh, Mel, same. Mel yeah. Gibson's yeah. in it, and I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. And it's Christian. Oh my God, how mm. embarrassing. Yeah. It's, I've never, it's I've so never seen Signs. Let's wow. watch Signs. What are you doing right now? <laughs> it's too scary. I can't go back. Do you want a live stream you watching Signs? <laughs> well, we would love to, Brett, but we're unfortunately, we've got to go. Uh, you have more and guests. Watch. You have more guests. I, yeah. No, I, no, we've got I'm to watch. I'm not happy to watch Signs. I'm <laughs> We've got to watch um, Scooby Doo uh, and Adventures: The Mystery Map. Uh, so okay, yeah, it's a short do, though, maybe, we'll, Let's do a rain check on signs. Uh, that's what all the guys say. They're always like, "I have to go watch Scooby Doo and the Mystery." Let's machine. go get M Night. Get, let's go get Mel Gibson tattoos. Yes. <laughs> 
got a mystery to solve And the mystery's why did they make the monsters real And fuck up the franchise How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. 